is MRN's Throwback Thursday, brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength, and by Sunoco and Grunt Style. This is Ken Squire. Time now for MRN.com's Throwback Thursday, classic NASCAR races from the Motor Racing Network's Race Archives. NASCAR Racing, next on MRN Radio. They call it the Monster Mile, Dover Downs International Speedway in Delaware, a tough, high-banked one-mile speedway that many drivers call the most difficult on the circuit. Michael Waltrip has placed the Pennzoil Pontiac on the pole for today's race, but he knows that surviving 500 miles here is a major undertaking. The track is fast, and, and it's not that long, so you're constantly in a turn, it seems like. You get very little time to catch your breath. You fly back down into another turn, so... 500 miles, with, and it's also 500 laps, and, and that makes it difficult. And then on top of all that, you throw in the, the unbelievable heat that we have to put up with here in Dover. Uh, it makes for a heck of a day, you know. With temperatures approaching 90 degrees, MRN Radio and the NASCAR Winston Cup Series are set for the Budweiser 500. It's live next from Dover, Delaware. MRN Radio. Presents NASCAR Today. Sponsored by Goody's Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the South's number one headache powder. Good afternoon, everyone, from the Dover Downs International Speedway. Well, Eli Gold touched on the fact that it might be very, very hot here this afternoon, but, Eli, I think everybody's going to get a break because the, the television earlier this morning and the weather bureau in this area is now saying that a cool front may touch in this area and drop it down somewhere in the mid-80s, and that will be a blessing for everybody down on Pitt Road, so at least they'll get a break in that department. The story of this race could be a new face in Victory Lane. The potential is certainly there. Young Michael Waltrip has been knocking on the door to get to Victory Lane for more than a year and a half, and he had got his first bush pole here this weekend. You talked with him in the opening of the show, and I think the, the youngster is really pumped up. He's got the tools to do the job with, as they say, and I think he now has the experience, the enthusiasm, and certainly the team behind him to put himself in victory lane with a little luck. He's found himself at the top of the field in Bush Grand National Competition uh, here at Dover in years gone by, driving his brother Darrell Waltrip's Bush Grand National car. But this is also a racetrack where some fellas have some unfinished business to take care of. This was the only race a year ago that Dale Earnhardt failed to finish. And at the same time, this year, Rusty Wallace has not been around the finish of a race since winning at Bristol way back on April the 14th. And they need to shake themselves out of those doldrums because they have now dropped from 5th to 12th in the Winston Cup points. So a lot of stories to unfold and some personal battles that will be waged here throughout the afternoon. We'll be going down trackside in a couple of minutes to talk with some of the drivers about what they expect to look for in the Budweiser 500. We have a number of new radio stations joining us for the very first time on MRN today in Osceola, Iowa, serving the Des Moines, Iowa area. KJJC-FM is on board with us. The folks in South Haven, Mississippi are listening on WAVN Radio. And in Pulaski, Tennessee, WYBM-FM has joined MRN. 
in. Those stations are just three of the 294 stations in 29 states. That's a brand new record for coverage from here at Dover Downs International Speedway. Well, we're not too far away from the start of the Budweiser 500. Let's go trackside and get the thoughts of some of the drivers who will be out there for a little better than four hours in some really stiff competition this afternoon. Michael Waltrip, Owensboro, Kentucky, will be on the pole for the race this afternoon. And to get his thoughts right now from Newport, Tennessee, let's go down to Jim Phillips. Well, before today, 28-year-old Michael Waltrip had started 159 Winston Cup races. He hadn't had a pole position, nor does he have a win. In his 160th start, he's got one here at Dover, but it wasn't easy. Was changing the gear before you qualified, the big was that the big difference? Well, that had a big part of it, I would guess, and also the fact that we elected to go on sticker tires. No one else made that decision. Uh, Bill Engel and uh, all the boys that work on the car and Ken Wilson made those calls, and they worked out real well. I just had to go duplicate what I did in practice and run a good lap, and I, I, I did that somehow, and, and we were on the pole. Well, it's not like you've not been running good this year. At Darlington, you seem to have that one in the bag. It got away from you. You also ran well at Atlanta. You won the Winston Open. Is today the day you do it? Well, we've, we've done everything we can do. This car is as fine-tuned as, as anyone on the racetrack. Uh, the, the crew's given me a great car to drive, and I, I love this racetrack. I won my first Bush Grand National race here and won another since then. Uh, we're ready. We'll just go out here and see if we can't win this race. It's going to be hot, and uh, that's going to make things a little more difficult. But everybody that I'll have to beat today can cope with the heat. There isn't going to be anybody who don't win the race because they got hot, so it's going to be a heck of a battle. Well, so far this year, Pontiac's been on the pole twice. They've won both of them. At uh, Bristol, Rusty Wallace was a winner. Of course, at Rockingham, Kyle Petty was a winner. Mike Waltrip's on the pole today. They could make it three straight for the Pontiacs on the pole. But, of course, if Pontiac wins here at Dover Downs today, it will be only the second time in the entire history of this racetrack that a Pontiac has found its way to victory lane. But it is an all-Pontiac front row. Alongside Michael Waltrip is Rusty Wallace, the St. Louis, Missouri native. And standing with him is Dick Brooks from Woodruff, South Carolina. Well, Rusty's got himself all strapped in, got his air conditioner hooked up. <laughs> this, this really takes on something. These guys got these cars fixed now where they drive them until they're 70 years old, I expect. But Rusty, you guys got to, you know, everybody knows the new teams it takes a little time to go together. And you guys have done a pretty good job of sporadically doing stuff. You get qualified up front and then you fall out or you run good and then, you, then the next time you don't. Now you're up front and you've got a race under your belt this year. You guys think it's really coming together for you? Well, I think it's really coming together. I really do. You know, we won Bristol. We're on the pole there. We've only lost two engines. In the first engine at Rockingham, we are running good, and we dropped the valve. Now, last weekend, a paper bag blew over the inlet on the grill and burnt the motor down. I didn't have time to get in to get the thing fixed, but it seized the uh, lifters up and dropped the valve. But uh, these motors up here are running great. The car is handling perfect. This is the strongest and the best handling car I've had here at Dover. So I'm very confident today. All the practice sessions look good. I know racing's a lot of fun. I mean, there's a lot of money and stuff in it. It's a livelihood, but it's a lot of fun also. In a couple, three years, you got to run along with three or four other people, and you got to beat and bang a little bit. And then this, this year, or last part of last year, you didn't get to do that much. Are you really looking forward to that again? you darn right I'm looking forward to that. I'm tired of getting back in the back. I want to sit on a pole. I want to lead the races. I want to win the races. I want to be the key, the key cat out there again. I'm working at it. Uh, I think the guys at the shop have done an excellent job getting this many cars put together this quick for this new team. Uh, it's a new car owner and a new facility, but it's just still a lot of the same people. We're missing a couple of them, but they're doing a damn good job. Well, Key Cat, I guess, is probably the, uh, the utmost. That's, uh, that's what it's all about anyway, having fun, I think. Good luck to you, Rusty. Thank you very much. 
Rusty Wallace should run well this afternoon. He's been pumped up all week and long, and they do really think they have that team turned around. Rick Mast had one of his better qualifying runs over the years here. He'll be starting in third position this afternoon. Let's go back to Jim Phillips to get his thoughts. As a matter of fact, it's the best start ever for Rick Mast, 34 years old from Rockbridge, Bass, Virginia. Rick, you've won your first Bush Grand National race here at Dover. Can you make it your first Winston Cup race today? Believe it or not, Jim, uh, I started third that day also. <laughs> you know, I'm starting third today. Statistics show that third place is, start to, is a place to start at Dover. I don't know. We know we've been qualifying well and practicing real well and running real well the first part of a lot of these races. You know, we're, we're having a problem towards the last half doing just exactly what the car needs. And it, you know, as, as I get more experience, I get that figured out. But the car is working extremely well here, you know, and I feel like I've got a good shot at it. If we're around at the end, I think I have a shot at it. But, uh, again, we're, we're looking at a little bit of experience factor. But I think I can overcome that with desire, hopefully, today. That's Rick Mast. He's started off this season with a fourth-place finish at Daytona. Not hadn't done that well since then, but he's looking for a better than fourth today here in the Budweiser 500. And Rick knows his statistics because third place has yielded 10 winners. Third starting spot has yielded 10 winners here at Dover. No other starting position has gone double figures as far as race winners are concerned. The man starting back in 11th is coming off a $500,000 week just a week ago, and he nearly went to victory lane here yesterday. Davey Allison, let's get his thoughts. Well, Davey's sitting in a car. He's... Uh... Sure got a lot of money in his pocket, all right. And, uh, and it's a good racetrack for Ford. Davey, uh, is the car feeling pretty good for you? Feel like it did in Charlotte? Well, we ran good in practice yesterday. Uh, we had to make a couple adjustments this morning. We're trying to take into consideration what's going on with the weather. It's a little bit cooler today than it was yesterday, and uh, maybe we'll hit it. And if not, we'll make some adjustments during the race. But Larry and all the guys have been working hard, and uh, they're making my job easy. Well, you got to be pumped. You guys had an awful good week. Does it make you feel good? It does, you know, especially coming off of two wins in a row at Charlotte, uh, you know, and, and just the way we've been working together. It's just a great group of, group of guys, and uh, I'm tickled to death to be a part of it. All right. Well, that's Davey Allison. I'll tell you, he's, uh, we can't say enough. He's got his pocket full of money. All right. Let's take a look at the 35 car starting lineup for today's Budweiser 500. Shotgun on the field is the man who won the pole for this event back in 1977. J.D. McDuffie of Sanford, North Carolina. His Pontiac is 35th. 34th is Chad Little of Spokane, Washington and the Labatt's Beer Ford. 33rd, Bobby Labonte in his first Winston Cup start from Corpus Christi, Texas. 32nd is Bobby Hamilton out of Nashville, Tennessee. 31st starter, Richard Petty of Randleman, North Carolina. And an interesting story in 30th starter spot. That's Bobby Hillen, who has rented for this week and next week the Jimmy Means car. Bobby Hillen, who is 14th in Winston Cup points, will drive that car before he takes over as the new replacement driver for Kyle Petty, effective in Pocono. 29th starter Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin. 28th is Mickey Gibbs of Glencoe, Alabama. 27th, Joe Rutman of Upland, California. 26th position, Tommy Ellis of Richmond, Virginia. Starting 25th, Ted Musgrave of Franklin, Wisconsin. 24th will be Derek Cope of Spanaway, Washington. He's the defending champion of this race, and we'll talk a little bit about Derek Cope's efforts as the afternoon goes by. Starting 23rd is Lake Speed of Jackson, Mississippi. 22nd, Sterling Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee. And 21st, Morgan Shepard of Conover, North Carolina. 20th will be Dale Jackson. Howard of Conover, North Carolina. 19th, Ken Schrader of Fenton, Missouri. The 18th starter is Daryl Waltrip of Franklin, Tennessee. 17th will be Bill Elliott of Dawsonville, Georgia. Brent Come on, start your engine. 
As you hear the command to fire the engines, Brett Bodine from Chemung, New York, with start 16th. 15th is Kenny Wallace driving in relief of Kyle Petty. Kenny from St. Louis, Missouri. 14th starter is Jimmy Spencer of Berwick, Pennsylvania. Ricky Rudd from Chesapeake, Virginia, will start 13th. 12th is Hutch Strickland of Calera, Alabama. That team bound to win a race shortly. And 11th, Davey Allison of Hueytown, Alabama. Quick look at the top 10. Dale Earnhardt from Kannapolis, North Carolina, starts 10th. Rick Wilson of Bartow, Florida, will be 9th, 8th starter. Terry Labonte from Corpus Christi, Texas. Seventh position, Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina. Ernie Irvin of Modesto, California will go from sixth starting spot. Fifth is Mark Martin of Batesville, uh, Arkansas. Fourth starter, Alan Kowicki of Greenfield, Wisconsin. Starting third, Rick Mast of Rockbridge, Bass, Virginia. On the front row, Rusty Wallace out of St. Louis, Missouri. Starts outside pole. And Michael Walter of Owensboro, Kentucky has the number one starting spot this afternoon. So the field is set 35 strong to go racing in the Budweiser 500. It is live from Dover Downs in Delaware. NASCAR Today is produced by MRN Radio and sponsored by Goody's Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. From the Dover Downs International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Hey guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they can work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code RACING. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code RACING to try it free. Blue Chew, it's the better, cheaper, faster choice. Defend your vehicle from harmful elements and restore shine with Armor All Original Protectant. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today and pick up a bottle of Armor All Original Protectant for $5.99. Renew, revitalize, and protect your vehicle with Armor All Original Protectant. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. M. R.N. Radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the Budweiser 500. We're back at the Dover Downs International Speedway. The cars you heard fire up there just a moment ago in the background have now pulled onto the racetrack, and the preliminary indication is what? Three laps? Right. It'll be three laps in total, and they'll have two remaining now as they have completed the first warm-up lap behind the Oldsmobile pace car being driven by Elmo Langley. Always interesting to look over the racing fans here at Dover, Delaware. It's not all that often that the Winston Cup Series runs north of the Mason-Dixon line, and these fans have turned out. One of the stories they're watching is Richard Petty today. Richard is the only driver to have run in every Winston Cup race here at Dover, and appropriately, this is his 
Cruz's 43rd start for car number 43 at the Monster Mile. And as the field comes off the number two corner right now and works down the back straightaway, some 1,076 feet long, they are in front of Joe Moore from Hampton, Virginia. He'll be covering the action on the back straightaway for us today. Thank you, Eli. Good afternoon, everyone. Certainly a spectacular view from the backstretch looking back towards the front grandstands. They're completely packed. The infield filled as well as everyone's ready for the start of the Budweiser 500. This back straightaway, one of the trouble spots for the drivers, particularly when they first come off turn two. The banking some 24 degrees high at both ends of the speedway. The racetrack is about 58 feet wide through the turns. Now it narrows down to 48 feet here on the back straightaway, and it really causes some concern because even though it's only 10 feet, it really seems when you're up to speed to be really narrow coming off that corner. So a lot of trouble we've seen throughout the early part of the week in practice and qualifying there. At the end of this back stretch, back up 24 degree banking into turn number three and four and back around to the start finish line. So that's the story on the scene set here at Dover Downs. A very unusual speed plant in that the one-mile super speedway, which, by the way, is one of the few truly certified miles in all of America. It is exactly one mile. That track surrounds a horse racing track, the harness racing action that does not coincide with this event, obviously, but there's a full harness racing track on the infield side of Dover Downs International Speedway. On the front row, a couple of Pontiacs. It is Michael Waltrip and Rusty Wallace sharing that front row. A white Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra is pacing the field with Elmo Langley driving. Atop the flag stand is Staff Sergeant Lawrence Kirby. He represents the men and women of the Dover Air Force Base and all of those who participated in Operation Desert Storm. And as he gets set to wave the green flag, we are set for the first of 500 laps, 500 miles here at Dover. Here's Barney Hall. Pace car in behind the pit wall. They're out of turn four, and they waste no time. And coming up through that gearbox as a green flag is in the air. Rusty Wallace on the outside. They go off into turn number one, and Michael Waltrip gets a jump on him as they hit the corner. Waltrip scoots in front, taking the low line. Rusty Wallace falls in line behind him in single file. Then Rick Mass third in line. Fourth is Alan Kowicki. Fifth now on the move is Mark Martin. Harry Gant is sixth. The battle's for seventh. Rick Wilson there on the inside of Ernie Irvin. Ernie Irvin takes the outside groove. The other cars going backwards are Terry Labonte and Darrell Waltrip. Both men lost a number of spots on the start, but that battle for seventh still a good one as Michael Waltrip leads the race, but Irvin and Wilson battle in the corner. Irvin will have to give going into turn number one. He went a little bit high. Rick Wilson able to get by. Now down to the inside of Wilson as Dale Earnhardt tries to pull alongside Wilson as he head to turn three. Davey Allison did cut just a little slack to let Rick Wilson get back in single file. Otherwise, he would have lost another four or five spots. Here they are, back at the line. Michael Walker is still the leader as they work back into turn number one. Rusty Wallace turns up the wick, trying to get underneath him going to the corner. He won't be able to do it. One car broke loose on the front straightaway. Jimmy Spencer tagged the wall and scrubbed along there for a while. He now falls back in the packaways, but it's still under speed. Michael Waltrip leads the way back to turn three. As they work back into the corner, Michael Waltrip working as low on the racetrack as he can. No chance for Rusty Wallace to make a pass to his inside. Jimmy Spencer, meanwhile, has yet to get back in line. The Mr. Peanut car is still caught to the outside and extensive right rear damage we can see where the sheet metal has caved in darn close to those good years and now still he can't get back in line joe jimmy spencer's going backwards spencer's working to try to get down in front of the morgan shepherd car that will not work he's still battling on the outside shepherd gets by down on the inside also lake speed next Derek cope pulls by so spencer continues going backwards there's just absolutely nothing you can do if you get caught in that high line unless somebody will cut you a little breathing room you're just going to keep losing position 
positions until the entire field gets by, and that's exactly what's happening to Jimmy Spencer. They're out of turn two and up the back chute with Michael Waltrip holding on to the lead. Rusty Wallace rides the number two spot. Still, it is Rick Mass third, fourth right now. That's Alan Kowicki as they come out of turn number four and head back into turn number one. There's a good, strong battle going on for third place. Down on the inside goes Kowicki. He puts the move on in turn one. Kowicki put the four down on the inside of Rick Mast. Wasn't quite able to make the move. They'll go back into single file. Further back behind them, Harry Gant gets out of line. Almost loses a spot to Davy Allison, but Gant regains control, holds his position as they go back to three. As they work off the number four corner, back to the stripe. We have five, now six miles complete. 494 remain on what is a lengthy afternoon here at Dover Downs International Speedway. Only once has there been a race here that was running under four hours, and that was the fall event a year ago, the Peak 500, which completed in three hours and 58 minutes. So, Dick Brooks, in many regards, you can't lay back and afford to get lapped here, but can you pace yourself to some degree? Well, you certainly can. Uh, Eli, but you have to do it. You have to get yourself positioned where you want to be in the early stages of the race, like the first 50 or 75 laps. Uh, you can go down. A car can get uh, a half a second and a lap off, or a quarter of a second and a lap off here, and uh, and get lapped off a quick. This racetrack is a mile racetrack, all right, but it's going extremely fast because of the corners, the way they're built. And uh, if you're off just, uh, you know, a quarter of a second or so, you get lap pretty fast. So you need to get yourself positioned to where you want to be. And then everybody kind of relaxes for about, uh, I don't know, you know, 200 laps, 250 laps. And then they start really pouring on again. So you've got to be able to maintain and stay in the same lap. And Dick Brooks knows his way around here, Barney, because he finished second in 1975, backed it up with another top five finished in 1977. So Dick knows of what he speaks. He had some good runs here in Judy Donlevy's car back uh, in those years. In fact, Judy Donlevy won the race here with, uh, I think, Jody Ridley as a driver a few, few years later. Here's the battle for second place. It's still a good tight one working out of turn number two and heading to three. Rusty Wallace slipped a little bit going into turn number one, lost some ground to Michael Waltrip, and it gave Rick Mast a chance to really reel him in. He's right up on the back bumper of Wallace. Also at the same time, Dale Earnhardt made the jump to the inside of the machines of Ernie Irvin and Mark Martin to take over fifth. Now the scramble is between Alan Kowicki and Rick Mast. They tried to swap it up for third spot in turn two. They'll work off the back straightaway, heading towards turn number three. That straightaway is so very short, just 1,076 feet. No chance for you to really rest or catch your breath at all, but they do manage to go single file this time. Single file, they work in the back stretch and up into turns three and four. Here they are back in the front straightaway and again working off into turn number one. And a couple of cars we're seeing get a little bit high. Ricky Rudd got caught out of the groove there. He lost a couple of spots going through three and four just a moment ago. Best battle on the racetracks back there for third place. Down to the inside of Rick Mast, battling for that position. We are under caution for an incident that you kind of saw happening as it developed in turns one and two and finally reached that volcano on the back straightaway. Joe Moore? Dale Jarrett was trying to work down at the inside of the track, passing some traffic coming off turn two. The car got a little sideways. He thought he could regain control, but it looped completely around, and he's plugged into the back straightaway wall on the inside here and has done extensive damage to the front end of the car. We can see Dale inside the car. He's taking the window net down, getting ready to climb out. Safety crews are over here, but a lot of damage to the front end of the Sitco Ford. Tell you what, I've seen a lot of drivers have their share of bad luck, but Dale Jarrett has had more than double his share oh, in the last couple of years. The car always runs good, but it just seems like something happens through no fault of his own. But talk about a team that has been jinxed a little bit. Dale Jarrett certainly had more than his share of it lately. 19 laps are on the board. We're working the first caution flag of the day. 
Pace car has already picked up the field. Don't see anybody peeling off the banking up in turns three and four, so it looks like they're going to stay out there. What will be interesting is just prior to that incident was Brett Bodine had gotten way out of the groove, and he was backing off and had no way to get back in line, and that uh, caused him a lot of positions. And also Jim Phillips on pit road, we were all watching uh, the Terry Labonte car. He had started near the front of the field up in eighth and then backpedaled to 17th or 18th. Uh, any concern on the part of uh, the Sunoco crew yet? We'll just ask Steve Lloyd. Well, you started ninth and you backpedaled to 17th. Uh, anything major wrong? No, he just got hung up on the outside and couldn't get back in. He said the car's fine. He's a long way to go. And they told us this morning you ain't going to win it on the first lap. So we'll see where we are at the end. That's Steve Lloyd, the crew chief for Terry Labonte. No big concern. Jimmy Spencer's in the pits. He's getting the right rear quarter panel of his car worked on. Of course, he slammed the outside retaining wall, and they, the tires are still up on it. Also, Morgan Shepard's in. He's getting four tires in gasoline. And also, Tommy Ellis in for four tires in gasoline. Those cars are down and away. Kenny Wallace also brings in the mellow yellow car, and they will change some tires on his machine and send him back onto the racetrack. He had dropped all the way to the tail end of the field there just a moment ago, apparently having a handling problem in the corners and both ends of the speedway also. Today's broadcast of the Budweiser 500 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Dover Downs International Speedway to MRN Radio solely for the private non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. We just saw Jimmy Spencer, as uh, Jim Phillips is saying, bring the uh, banquet Mr. Peanut car down the pit lane. He is back again to the attention of the crew. And this time, Jim, even though the uh, problem was at the right rear of the car, this time they're going under the hood. Well, I think they're going to work on the toe-in, Eli. Uh, when he hit the wall, it probably knocked the... the right front wheel into just a little bit. They try to turn that right front wheel out down about an eighth of an inch to make it turn better in the turns. Probably when he slapped it, it knocked it straight. They want to turn it back out about an eighth of an inch. Jimmy Spencer was telling us yesterday, Barney, that this Dover track is not only demanding uh, physically and demanding on the race car, but it's also a demanding track mentally. Eli, you could, you could probably lose your concentration at this racetrack more than any of them. This is probably the most circular racetrack we go to so symmetrical in respects to martinsville maybe but this racetrack you go into turn one and, and it's you're right you know you just keep going in and the banking holds you you could actually lose your concentration spin out here and the crew chief will call you and say what happened you know i've heard drivers say i just i was daydreaming uh i'm fortunate enough that i try to keep attention all the time but uh, this racetrack can do that to you and it is almost like a roller coaster ride uh but you know, when you do lose control here, you hit that outside wall so fast, you just wonder how it happened. And uh, when you do hit, like Lake Speed did here last fall, he hurt himself. So you gotta be careful at this racetrack. It's very deceiving. You're going 165 mile an hour into the corners. Fancy a heck of a race, you know, and uh, it's a long race. It should be 500 kilometers, because I think the fans would even see a better race. But nevertheless, Barney, they keep putting up new and new grandstands here all the time, and they're jam-packed. I mean, there's not a seat to be had here today. Dale Jarrett's car being pulled down pit road and back to the garage area. We'll try to get a word with him as soon as he gets back into the garage area to find out what happened over there. Meanwhile, Morgan Shepard has been back in for a second time. Dick Brooks, any indication what the problem is? Uh, well, I've walked over and, uh, and seen Dale Jarrett as he walked in. That's okay. He's fine. He's walking along. I'm heading my way back out to pit road right now. 
Thank you. We'll check on those other stories. We should mention we do have a, another member of our broadcast crew in the garage area today from whom we'll be hearing as the afternoon continues, Gary Montgomery from Rochester, New York, who joins us on our broadcast usually as we head to the uh, northern tracks, the northeastern quadrant of our country, and uh, it's good to have Gary with us here this afternoon. He'll be reporting from the garage as the day continues. But we are about set to go back to green on lap number 24. The lead in the hands of Rusty Wallace. Michael Waltrip is second, Dale Earnhardt third, Alan Kowicki fourth, and Ernie Irvin is fifth. Sixth is Mark Martin, Harry Gant seventh, Rick Mast is eighth, ninth belongs to Davey Allison, and Hutt Strickland is tenth as we go back to green. Single file restart. Pace car in behind the pit wall. Green flag goes up in the air, and Rusty Wallace takes off, and so does Dale Earnhardt. He's going after second place in turn one. Earnhardt down to the inside of Michael Waltrip. He'll sweep right on by and take the spot. Also, Ernie Irvin picked up a position. He went to the inside of Alan Kowicki, so move Irvin now up to the fourth position. In fifth is Kowicki. Sixth is Mark Martin. Seventh is Harry Gant. Eighth is Rick Mast back into turn three. Everybody is holding their positions with the exception of Brett Bodine. Again, he got out of line earlier and it cost him a lot of spots. Now he's trying to pick those spots back up again. He'll grab 17th away from Terry Labonte by working the inside of the racetrack. Meanwhile, at the front, Dale Earnhardt wants the lead. Earnhardt looks down to the inside of Rusty Wallace. No chance to make the move further back in the pack at about 10th. Davey Allison has lost about four positions. Hunt Strickland got by. Rick Wilson and Ricky Rudd have all gone by the Ford of Davey Allison. And Davey Allison's car not sticking at the bottom of the racetrack like it was a little bit earlier this afternoon. He got a little bit high. That's all it took just to get him hung out there to dry, and he loses several spots. Good hot battle for the lead. Earnhardt takes a look underneath Wallace out of turn two. And they make contact in turn number two. Earnhardt gets into the left rear quarter panel. Rusty gets a little sideways, gathers it back in, but Earnhardt gets a nose out in front in turn three. Oh, and Michael Waltrip had an idea to try and grab second. He's going to stand on it. Michael Waltrip tucks to the inside of Rusty Wallace, and after Earnhardt goes by, Michael Waltrip goes by, and now Ernie Irvin trying the same maneuver again in turn number one. Irvin looked to the outside of Rusty Wallace. No chance to go there. Now he'll peek down low in turn two. And a Again, Rusty closes off the lane. So they'll go single file, this time down the back straightaway. Earnhardt, one of the strongest cars in the field, very obvious. As we pointed out a moment ago, he started in 10th position. Already he has moved into the lead. They'll put 28 laps on the board, this time across the start-finish line, back into turn number one. Field beginning to string out a little bit. Earnhardt is ahead by some five car lengths, two or three car lengths, back from Michael Waltrip now to the third-place battle. Earnhardt approaches one of the slower cars, the J.D. McDuffie car. He'll go around that machine. Michael Waltrip some four car lengths further back. Still problems for Davey Allison. He's back at about the 14th position, has lost another couple of spots, and still battles that Ford. It just does not want to stay at the bottom of the track. We are on lap number 29 of 500. Let's go to the garage area, Gary Montgomery. Thank you, Eli. We just caught up with Dale Jarrett. First of all, Dale, tell everybody that you're okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Car, what happened? Yeah, after 22 car, what happened? That's all I know. I was running in line. We were trying to pass the 26 car that got high, and I was just right behind the car in front of me. So that's about all I can say. Well, the front end of the Citgo 21 is damaged, but you're obviously okay. Oh, yeah, I'm all right. It's just, you know, you, I don't, that's all I can say. So Dale Jarrett uh, done for the afternoon, so it sounds like And We were talking about that whole situation there when uh, Brett Bodine got high. It did cause other cars to try and uh, alter their lines, and Dale Jarrett got caught uh, in the midst of all that. 30 laps are complete here at Dover. Dale Earnhardt, a man who has a little 
the score to settle with this racetrack. He leads. We told you very briefly at the outset that this was the only race a year ago that Dale Earnhardt failed to finish. The race was, what, 23 laps old, you might remember, when the engine came apart. They returned on lap 264 and eventually dropped out on the 399th lap. And Dale says, I owe this track one. And he's gone right to the front now to point out that he can conquer the Monster Mile. This afternoon, they've got history again. The largest crowd ever to see a race here at Dover Downs is on hand. Watching Dale Earnhardt pull away from the rest of the field right now. He has a comfortable lead. As a matter of fact, we've got to check and get the uh, stopwatch on this. You can no longer measure this in car lengths. The advantage is one and six-tenths seconds. But another story, Barney, is Michael Waltrip. That car's not working nearly as well as it was earlier. Well, he's having trouble keeping it down at the bottom of the racetrack. In fact, he slows a great deal this time going through turns one and two over there. As he heads off turn number two, he's he's probably got an engine problem because we saw some smoke coming out of that car, too. He's over in turn three. It was tough to tell if that was tire smoke or whether uh, it was an engine problem. And, uh, of course, he has one of the premier engine builders and Ken Wilson on the circuit, and uh, very difficult to tell. Let's check downstairs on pit lane. Uh, yeah, I think they got a heating problem. They're getting ready to get the water and stuff out. I'll uh, have something for you just in a minute. Now, he was smoking all right. Smoking the right front tires is coming off. He's going behind the wall. Michael Walter makes that hard left turn and will take the car to the garage area. We'll get a report there as quickly as we can as to whether that car will be through for the day or perhaps they can make some repairs and get him back into the race. But any chance he had of winning this thing is diminishing greatly to get his first Winston Cup victory, and they really thought they could do it here this afternoon. From here, we can see they have stopped the car just inside the garage gate, and the hood is up on his machine. Forty laps are complete. Dale Earnhardt threatening to drive off into the sunset, as he can do sometimes when Earnhardt really gets dialed into a racetrack, and that's exactly what he is in the Morning, early Michael. Michael's sitting here in the car. Mike, what happened? I jumped all the belts off of it, Dick, and lost all pressure. I just happened to be looking at the gauge, I guess, would have happened, and I set it down. So uh, if we get it all back on, and it's not something rocking the pump up, we ought to be able to continue. All right, that's something that's hard to do. It's uh, I've done that from experience a time or two. If when that belt breaks, if you can catch it in time uh, before you lose enough pressure or before you lose your oil pressure long enough to belt a bearing or something, you can do it. It only happens one out of ten or so. If he was looking right at it and he reached the switch early enough, he may have saved it. Michael Walker sitting in the garage area. They're checking the car right now. As you heard him say, they lost the belt off the oil pump, causing the oil pressure to go down. They'll check that car and see if the motor is okay. And if it is, apparently they'll send him back onto the speedway. We should mention that uh, some of the drivers are now going to the full face helmets and the like. And uh, some of the answers from some of the drivers are a little more muffled than you're used to hearing in the past. That is because they are, in this case, like Michael, still in the car. And Dick Brooks is trying to maneuver the microphone in and around all that uh, helmet and safety gear. So we, I'm sure you understand. Let's go back downstairs again. Well, Eli some of these guys, uh, most of them now after what happened in Bristol and some of the other problems this year, they've had a they wear a face mask a heat resistant face mask and uh, Simpson's got a new helmet that uh, they use them for air conditioning that they blow uh, air through uh, a cooling unit and pump it into the helmet they put a full face shield on and, uh, and it's just like living in an air conditioned uh, you know, room of some sort I tried Rusty Wallace's on before the race, and I never see anything like it. These guys uh, be able to drive them until they're 70 years old with this kind of stuff. You know, it's got fresh air, and it's nice and cool. But you're right, it's hard to talk to them. They're kind of isolated. Of course, those balaclavas, the full-face uh, 
fabric mask have been very, very popular in open wheel competition for many, many years. And now, as uh, Dick said, they are uh, very quickly gaining that similar popularity among the drivers in Winston Cup competition. 46 laps are on the board. Dale Earnhardt continues to lead in the early going here in the Budweiser 500. And right now, he is really opening up a lot of daylight on the second-place car of Rusty Wallace, who Wallace is off the pace a he little is. bit going through turns one and two. Well, they're going to bring Rusty in. Uh, the pit crew's out over the wall, and they got the sign up. They may have a tire that uh, they're a little bit afraid of uh, pushing just a little bit. Here's Wallace off the banking in turn number four. will bring the Miller car to the attention of his crew on pit road. That is going to move Ernie Urban up into the number two position right now as they wind around this racetrack. Let's follow Wallace's pit stop. He's in the pits. Well, he's coming up to the board. He's stopping. They're going to the right side. I think they were a little concerned about the, uh, the car. He's having a little trouble keeping it down on the racetrack as uh, Earnhardt passed him a while ago. He was trying and trying to back out early enough to keep the car turning in the middle, and he couldn't do it. So they're going to change all four tires on the car, so just in case it's one of the left sides, that they won't have to come back and do it again. They've got the right side down. they got him full of fuel, and now the left side's on and down, and away he goes. Wallace goes back onto the speedway. He has lost at least a lap, a little bit more than a lap, so he's got some catching up to do here. 49 laps come up on the scoreboard right now as Dale Earnhardt has really got it dialed in. When Earnhardt gets in the lead at any racetrack and can kind of set his own pace, he is an awfully hard man to deal with. And in the early going this afternoon, he is dominating the Budweiser 500. He's in the middle of the backstretch heading over to turn number three, takes that car right down to the bottom of the speedway, and it's very obvious that he's got it hooked up about as good as you can get it here at Dover. He's already come from 10th position to take over the lead this afternoon. Two cars are out of the event and in the garage area for the moment. Dale Jarrett apparently threw for the day after an accident, and Michael Waltrip's car still being attended to in the garage area. We'll get a report there uh, if and when they can put that car back onto the racetrack. Now, it is not nearly as hot today as it has been the last couple of days, not to, uh, impl uh, not to imply that it is a cool day today because it is not temperatures supposed to get up into the uh, middle 80s, but that is down from the 96 and 98 degrees that we have been seeing over the last couple of days. So even at that regard, Dick Brooks, a 14-degree temperature change from yesterday to today, does that do enough being 14 degrees cooler to uh, affect the handling of these cars? Not quite the handling as much as it does the engine. Uh, these cars have to have a kind of a unique type of uh, power setting on them or, or a little bit different than they do some of the other places because they're pulling so hard through the turns. Somebody, one of the drivers said, well, go, it's kind of like a roller coaster ride. You come down the front straightaway and you drop probably uh, 50, 60 feet down in the corner from up on top of the hill. Well, somewhere you have to make that back up, and you do go back up the other side, and they do the same thing in three and four. So it's a little bit of a different type of power setting, and the temperature, 14, 16, 18 degrees of temperature change could make a difference of uh, eight or 10 horsepower uh, in, in the engine. So it does have a, a significant difference in the way the car is going to run power-wise. Temperature-wise, uh, the track has uh, got a sealer on it that uh, the track only has to work uh, rubber into that sealer before the uh, temperature has a lot of effect on it. In fact, most of the sealer they're using nowadays actually get a little bit thicker, stickier as, uh, as the tires get hotter. Uh, there was a left rear tire, by the way, flat on Rusty's car a while ago. Wallace is a little better than a lap down. We have completed 54 circuits around this uh, Dover Downs International Speedway this afternoon in the Budweiser 500. Continuing the lead is Dale Earnhardt. His advantage right now over the second place car, a little better than four and a half seconds over Ernie Irvin. 
60 laps are in the books of the 500 here at Dover Downs International Speedway. Dale Earnhardt, got to give the man credit. He's got a great race car, that's obvious. But he is putting that car where others just will not go here today. Earnhardt going down low, up high, inside and outside of other cars. And he has lapped just about everything on the racetrack, with the exception of a guy sitting up in section RR. That's how well Earnhardt's getting around this place this afternoon. As we are 61 laps complete, and he just worked his way through about eight or nine cars, Barney. And it was almost effortless, except uh, where he dared to put the car when others necessarily wouldn't have. That's what I said about Earnhardt a minute ago. Once they get the car dialed into a racetrack where he can do anything with it at all, he's just awfully tough to beat. Particularly if he's a leader, he can, he can choose the own speed and pace that he needs to get around the speedway. When he catches traffic, he knows what that car will do. He's doing a good example of it right now, coming underneath Tommy Ellis, who turns three and four, just pinned it right to the bottom of the racetrack. There wasn't much room there, but he went right on anyway. So Ellis, not Ellis, let's make that Morgan Shepard's car, but Earnhardt can just stick it right at the bottom if he needs to go up two lanes. He's one of the few cars that we have seen move up out of that bottom groove because that second groove, we talked about it yesterday in the Bush Grand National race here, it didn't seem to work up. Remember last time we were here and they put that sealer on, they were running three wide through the corners. We haven't seen any of that today. We didn't see any of it yesterday, although the groove is beginning to move up a little bit, not nearly as quickly as it normally does when they put a sealer down. So I think we're going to see some single file racing for a while here until they get a little rubber down a little bit higher up in that racetrack, and then we're going to see some more aggressive driving as the day goes on. But for Earnhardt, it's a piece of cake right now. As the field works their way around the speedway now, pretty well spread out around the entire one-mile oval, Few of the cars still fighting to get themselves to uh, racing trim. One thing we are not seeing, we haven't seen Harry Gant uh, go all the way up to his Harry Gant-like line. Harry always likes to run up near the outside retaining wall, or at least he has in the past. Right now he's running in fifth spot and keeping the car very much down low along with anybody else. Uh, other cars now kicking out just a bit. Tommy Ellis this time has the uh, Budweiser Ford kick out just a bit on him in the corner. He gathers it back in. Also looks as though we're seeing a little smoke from behind Sterling Marlin's automobile. The Maxwell House Ford, difficult to tell uh, where that smoke might be coming from. We'll keep our eyes on that as he passes us here at start-finish. But uh, a lot of guys still fighting their race cars here in the early going. Let's go to pit road. Well, Eli, I think uh, 22 car Sterling Marlin has uh, about scared me to death down about three times. I'm standing right on the end of pit row, and as he comes by, once in a while, it'll backfire on him, and uh, generally a couple big booms. Uh, I think that's uh, what's causing that, what you're seeing that smoke coming from. But generally, what causes that is uh, just a little bit of a leak, a pinhole or uh, clamp not really tight in the exhaust system. When they back out of the throttle, there's gases build up in there, and it gets a little fresh air through that leak, and it'll explode. You've heard uh, cars pop like that before, and uh, sometimes there's little fire shoots out of it. So I think uh, it's about the only smoke we've seen here, but I'll tell you, it sure is popping down at the end. Sterling Marlin still keeping some pretty good lap times around here. Doesn't have any major problems for the moment. 68 laps are complete in the Budweiser 500 this afternoon. We're talking about the groove. Not moving up like it normally does. Ricky Rudd had a long conversation yesterday with Ricky about running this racetrack. He's one of the consistent runners when we come to Dover also. And he says, although there is several grooves nine times out of ten when you come to Dover that you can run, as Eli was talking about, Harry Gant running out against the wall. A lot of other guys like to run at the bottom. And Ricky says the place to be is at the bottom, although there are other areas you can run the car through the corners. Well, that's the object is to try to get it to run on the bottom of the racetrack, but... Uh, you know, like I said, the track is so wide, if you do miss your setup a little bit, you can, you've got the option of going somewhere else and running, and 
I'm not sure about it this this race, but a lot of times Dover uses a, a asphalt sealer on this racetrack that it works pretty good. If you're down low and the car gets a little loose, you can move your uh, right front tire up the racetrack about another foot wider and uh, pick up a little bit of a push. And that works real good for about the first 250, 300 laps. And finally, you keep hunting for that sealer and looking for that looking for that sealer to put your right front tire in. And finally, you end up chasing it all the way up to the fence. And uh, late in the race, it gets kind of hard to find uh, anything to tighten the car up other than your chassis adjustments. But uh, it, it is a real wide racetrack, uh, the best place to run. When I've won here in the past couple of races was uh, to do it right on the bottom of the racetrack. If you can get the car to work there, that's the place to be. Thoughts of Ricky Rudd about getting around this racetrack at Dover. And for the most part, the drivers will tell you if the car will do it and can get good laps times, they do like to run right at the bottom of the speedway. And for the moment, that seems to be just about where everybody is going, except for the cars that are having a little handling trouble through the corner. The Dale Earnhardt juggernaut continues. He has just gone around Brett Bodine to put the 17th place runner a lap down. And Earnhardt will just about do the same to the 16th place machine, Davey Allison, as they work through the corners. Little follow up on what happened here yesterday in the Budweiser 200. Davey Allison, who was leading, coming to the white flag, uh, apparently ran out of gas, as we had told you yesterday on the broadcast. As it turns out, when Davey's car was fueled at the gas pumps yesterday after the race, it took 17 gallons, and that meant there were about five gallons of gas still left in that uh, race car. And Davey told us he wasn't sure if it was... Uh, air in the lines or a fuel pickup problem but it was clearly not a problem as far as miscalculation is concerned they had five gallons of fuel left they just couldn't get to it so Davey settles uh, for a sixth place yesterday the win of course went to Todd Bodine who told us that he gets a lot of help from his brothers Jeff and Brett yeah they always they always help me out uh, when I had my sportsman car they both were right there and always working on it and uh, you know they They've been great. They give me tips about the tracks and the setups and whatnot. And it's, it's been a great help. So the story right now, Todd Bodine winning the Bush Series race yesterday over Jeff Gordon, Darrell Waltrip, Ward Burton, and Bobby Labonte. Bobby Labonte has his uh, point lead in the Bush Series, now 111 points over Kenny Wallace, who's in second. Davey Allison on pit road. Let's cover his stop real quick. Maybe not handed as well as he would like to. They took the chance to come in a little bit early, put in gasoline and took on four Goodyear tires. So Davey Allison, four tires in gasoline. He's back on the speedway on lap 79. Didn't have a whole lot to lose. He'd already gone a lap down in the car, not working at all in the corner. So Davey elects to come in a little bit early. We'll see some more pit stops coming up in the next oh, 10 or 12 laps. Most of them will come in around lap 90 or so. We're at 79 now. From the Dover Downs International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Chris Crockett, straight from the NASCAR stands, here with another member of our Toyota racing family, Jason. Hi there. Oh, you seem impatient. Oh, well, I've been holding it in for a while. A while? Since it started. The race? No, the season. Wow. Guess you don't want to miss any action. Nope, I don't. Oh, did you just see Denny Hamlin take the lead? I haven't taken my eyes off him. Jason, you don't look so good. Can I offer you some water? Absolutely not. NASCAR and Toyota Racing. With a family like this, who knows the places we'll go in the playoffs? Learn more at toyotaracing.com. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of the National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing if you wear a denture, are you sure your breath is clean and fresh? Try Polydent. It's specifically designed to clean a denture because it's tough on odor-causing bacteria, but gentle on the denture itself. Polydent has a four-in-one cleaning system with four powerful ingredients that work together to deep clean your denture. It kills 99.99% of odor-causing bacteria in laboratory testing and helps to remove stains. Feel confident and clean every day with Polydent. Look for savings in your Sunday newspaper. Available at Walmart. 
82 laps are complete of the 500 here at Dover Downs International Speedway. We are in the process of green flag pit stops. While we were gone, Derek Cope brought the Purolator Chevrolet down the pit lane. Now on lap number 83, here come Mark Martin, Hutch Strickland, and Alan Kowicki. Those men all running among the top three, four, and five positions. They pit together. Let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, Mark Martin uh, made his stop first. Hud Strickland uh, was running behind him. He's got uh, the right sides off of uh, Mark's car. They got him, uh, they're just going to change right sides. They've got him full of fuel, letting him go. Hud Strickland's car, they're, they're going to change all four on his car, and they're having a problem with the right front. So they uh, just now got that done, and they're around uh, changing the left side. So he's going to be here in a long, long time. Alan Kowicki's down. He's four tires on his car, and he's away. Seeing some other cars make stops also. Terry Labonte brings his machine into the attention of his crew. Dave Marcus is on pit road. Jim Phillips. They go to the right side on Terry Labonte's car. Plus, it's just on the left side. And as a matter of fact, they're going to change all four tires on Terry Labonte's car. Dave Marcus is in the pit area getting service, gasoline and tires. Now, Bobby Hillard brings his Jimmy Reed's car into the pit lane. They're going around to the right side on his machine. Derek Cope was in on lap 80. They did the work in 14.8 seconds, but they had a penalty because one of the crew members was over the line too, too quick over the wall. Jeff Bodine is in. He's going to the outside tires with gasoline. Ernie Irvin has also brought his Kodak film machine to the attention of his pit crew. They're changing right side tires on it, and they'll send him back onto the racetrack. Sterling Marlin going back onto the speedway. Now, these are our regular scheduled pit stops. They would have come somewhere between lap 80 and about 92. Usually, they'll pit a little bit early here on that first round of green flag stops. We'll see some more of the front runners coming onto pit road here in just a moment. Earnhardt, the leader, has yet showing no signs of being in a hurry to get into the pits. Here he comes through turns three and four slows a little bit and Earnhardt the leader peels off the banking up in turn number four really came down hard out of that corner now Ease is on the pit road let's follow the leader's pit stop Dale Earnhardt is down toward turn one well he's coming down to the attention of the crew they're uh, over the wall now picking up the right sides they're gonna do four tires on this car Ernie Irvin's team only did two but they took almost 10 seconds longer to fill the fuel tank than after they got the uh, tires changed so they really didn't gain much by uh, not putting left side tires on because they stayed so long to get the fuel in. Uh, Earnhardt starts the right side's done, the left side's done, and they're full of fuel and go. Bill Elliott's car also being serviced on pit road. Ted Musgrave's machine is in the pits. Also, Lake Speed brings the Trop Arctic car to the attention of his pit crew. He is down and away and going back onto the racetrack with 89 laps are being posted up on the scoreboard right now. And with this rash of pit stops, Kenny Schrader is the latest to move up into the lead. He has yet to come onto pit road. Here comes Ricky Rudd in. Bobby Hamilton is in the pits. Harry Gant is in. Let's go back to the pits and Dick Brooks. Well, Rudd's had to go around the tire. He's fitting just in the pit stop in front of pit stall in front of the... Uh, Harry Gant car, and uh, Harry Gant's uh, right front tire kind of rolled off the pit road just a little bit, and he had to go around it. So now that leaves him parked kind of cattywampus there in the pits in front of Harry. Harry's just down now on four new tires and had to turn sharp to get out around him. Now, Rudd's car is down and away, but they only did right sides on it, no left side. As other cars now make their pit stops, Joe Rutman is in, Chad Little is in, and Bobby Labonte is back in for the second time, and we see a little smoke coming out of the exhaust pipes, and we'll check on that story as the race leader, Ken Schrader, is on pit road. Let's cover his pit stop. Well, they got the same thing. They're going to do uh, four tires on his car. It looks like they've got the right sides off. 
and uh, they've got the left sides loose. The right side is down, and they're jacking up the left side. So it'll be four tires for uh, Kenny Trader's car, and uh, full tank of Unical gasoline. That's uh, just about completed. Clean the windshield, and they're going to let him go. Richard Petty brings the STP Pontiac to the attention of his team, and they'll change right side rubber on it. Meanwhile, they continue to work on Bobby Lamonti's car. This is his first Winston Cup start ever. And he's not been doing too bad. He's been making some pretty good moves out there. I'm sure he's just a little bit apprehensive and uncomfortable in the early going, but after he gets 100 laps or so under his belt, he'll do just fine. They're now showing 93 laps complete, and just about all of the front runners have been on pit road. Darrell Walker is being posted as the leader right now, and the scoreboard out in the infield area is showing Morgan Shepard up into the number two position. They would be apparently the last two cars uh, yet to make of the front-running cars to make that pit stop. Once those two come in, apparently Dale Earnhardt will take over the lead just where he left off a moment ago. Stop and go penalty for Bobby Hamilton. He ran over the air hose of the impact wrench as he was exiting the pit lane before, so he's in for his stop and go penalty. Darrell Waltrip also pits here on lap number 94, and meanwhile we told you of what we saw as some telltale smoke on the Bobby Labonte car. They've brought the Slim Jim car down to the pit lane and the crew's underneath the hood, Jim Phillips. Well, he's lost the cylinder, Eli. Try to make a few more laps. They checked the spark plugs and everything to make sure it wasn't bad. It's still not running properly, but he's going to go back out and try to make a few more laps. We should mention that Bobby Labonte's fans are all invited to meet him and have lunch with him tomorrow in Raleigh, North Carolina. Bobby, who was the most popular driver in the Bush Grand National Series a year ago, will have his Bush Series car at the Goodmark Food Headquarters on Noose Road tomorrow from 11.30 in the morning until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They'll have free Jesse Jones hot dogs and... Uh, the Goodmark Food Headquarters, for those of you in the Raleigh-Durham area, is across the street from the Northridge Shopping Center in North Raleigh. That's tomorrow. Chance to meet Bobby Labonte and check out his Bush Grand National Penrose Firecracker car tomorrow from 11.30 until 2 at the Goodmark Food Headquarters on Noose Road in Raleigh, North Carolina. What if we get a little takeout on that? I would think so. It sounds fair enough. Here come other pit stops now on lap number 96. Mickey Gibbs is in, has the Team 3 Pontiac with the attention of Barry Dodson and the crew. And again, here comes uh, Bobby Labonte. And the problems will now, I believe, be serious enough to send him to the garage area. He's come down pit road at maybe 30 miles an hour, gone directly past his pit stall. So for the moment, it looks as though he'll join Dale Jarrett. And yes, he will make that left into the garage. So Bobby Labonte joins Dale Jarrett as the only car out of the race right now. And meanwhile, Joe Moore, Dale Earnhardt has some traffic to negotiate off turn Two. Got a couple of cars that he's moving up on, Eli, that are racing side-by-side, side, Terry Labonte and Hunt Strickland, and that battle's been going on for some time. And now as they go into turn three, Labonte drops back, so now Earnhardt gets in between those two cars as he exits turn four. Dale was really smoking the tires about a lap or so ago when he ran up on some lap traffic up there and really had to get on the binders for just a second, but for the moment he breaks free of most of that traffic and will ease on around the racetrack. 98 laps are coming up on the scoreboard here in the Budweiser 500 this afternoon. Morgan Shepard is the leader. Now, Morgan will probably stay out out there a while and, and put some lead laps on this field because he pitted a little bit early this afternoon. If you remember, he came in at about lap number 20, so his pit stop is going to be a little bit out of sequence with everybody else, so he'll be able to stay out there a while, maybe get the break of a caution flag should one come out and take advantage of that. But for the moment, Morgan Shepard is being posted as a leader. Dale Earnhardt is second. Ernie Irvin being shown third. Fourth right now is Mark Martin and Jimmy Spencer, who also pitted about the same time Morgan Shepard did earlier this afternoon. He, too, will be a little bit out of sequence as far as the regular schedule pit stops. He's being shown as the fifth-place car. Sixth, they're posting Rusty Wallace. Seventh now, 
they are uh, showing the Tommy Ellis car. Eighth would be Lake Speed. Ninth, Sterling Marlin. Harry Gant is 10th. 11th place is Ken Schrader. 12th, Bill Elliott. 13th is Rick Nash. Those cars, those top 13 are on the lead lap. Running in the 14th spot now, they are going to show the Alan Kowicki machine. Running in 15th position here in the Budweiser 500 is Ricky Rudd. In 16th spot, Rick Wilson. Hutch Strickland, 17th. 18th is Terry Labonte. Darrell Waltrip is 19th. And 20th is Richard Petty. 21st, Brett Bodine. Joe Rutman is 22nd. 23rd is uh, Ted Musgrave. Davey Allison is 24th. 25th is Derek Cope. The Jimmy Means car with Bobby Hillen driving is 26th. 27th is Bobby Hamilton. Kenny Wallace driving the uh, Kyle Petty car is next in line in 28th. Dave Marcus is 29th. 30th is Chad Little. 31st is Mickey Gibbs. J.D. McDuffie is 32nd. 33rd, some 13 laps back after that stay in the garage area, is Michael Waltrip. And the two cars currently out of the race already in the garage is Dale Jarrett. He is 34th and 35th is uh, the Bobby Labonte car, which they have now taken behind the wall and are continuing to work on. So that is the entire 35-car field here, one-fifth of the way through the Budweiser 500. 105 laps complete in the Budweiser 500. Dale Earnhardt is the race leader, and everything he is trying to do now, he is having to really work for. After bypassing many of the cars earlier, he has tried to put the uh, Hutch Strickland car a lap down, couldn't do it, and then Joe Moore, when he uh, finally tried to get by him on the high side, all sorts of smoke was billowing off the car. Seems like when he goes into turn three, Eli, he's taking a little bit higher line. I'm not quite sure if the car just will not stay at the bottom of the racetrack, what the problem is, but Earnhardt is going way high. Of course, he's probably getting into some of that cedar, the portion of the racetrack that has not been run on as of yet. That's causing the smoke to really billow out from the right side tires on Earnhardt's car. It's handling well. He'll go right down to the inside of turn number one. Seems to be able to maneuver quite well through this end of the speedway, except when he gets around some of the lapped cars. He's just bypassed about three of those. Now he's closing in on the Dave Marcus car. He goes to the inside of him, to the outside of another car, the Morgan Shepard machine. This time he keeps it down a little bit low in turns three and four. And you won't see that much smoke coming out of the car. Tommy Ellis brings the Budweiser machine on the pit road right now. Let's cover that stop. Dick Brooks. I think it's, uh, I think they pitted uh, on the first caution flag, so that let them run a little bit longer, as did Morgan Shepard. They uh, had also pitted on the first caution flag, so that give them, let them run them out this far. But they are just changing tires on the car, and they're going to pit it now. Uh, Rusty Wallace got out of sync also when he had to make an early stop because of a flat left rear. So he's now in the pits uh, for his normal uh, regular stop. Rusty Wallace being attended to a little further down pit road. They'll change apparently all four tires on his car and send him back onto the speedway. 109 laps are complete in the Budweiser 500. We're talking about Tommy Ellis being on pit road in the Budweiser machine ago, a minute ago rather. Flossie Johnson is now listed as the owner of that car, and she had asked us earlier in the week to uh, do a favor for her and Junior on Sunday on our broadcast today to thank all the people around the country who had called in the last few weeks supporting them and the problems they had had at the Charlotte Motor Speedway some weeks ago. She said you would not believe how many phone calls and letters and cards and things like that we have had. So uh, she would like to pass along that she, no way to thank everybody individually, but she'd like to do it on the air, so we'll do it for today. Of course, speaking of support, Tommy Ellis realizes that Jeff Bodine is scheduled to be back in the race car next weekend at Sears Point in California. So, Tommy, what happens uh, tomorrow morning to you after the Dover race? Well, Monday morning I'll be unemployed again looking for a sponsor for my own Bush team, and hopefully uh, something will turn up. You never know. uh, A good Winston Cup ride may come along, but it would have to be a good ride for me to be interested. 
got to think, though, Barney, that once you get tabbed by Junior Johnson as a driver for his organization, regardless of the circumstances, that's got to pretty well be uh, a heck of a note for your resume. And uh, guys out there have always known Tommy Ellis can drive a race car. But once Junior says so, that kind of makes it official, doesn't it? It really uh, does give him some strong credentials, so to speak. And I think we might see Tommy Ellis a little bit more in a Winston Cup car before the year is over. But as he said, for the moment, come Monday, he is unemployed for the time being. But that could change in a hurry. The leader right now is Dale Earnhardt, and he is boxed in in some lap traffic as he works his way back off into turn number one. He's been running behind Hutt Strickland. This time he goes underneath him out of turn two. Hutt slips a little bit in turn one. It allows Earnhardt to take the inside groove and get by, but he really hasn't had a cakewalk here the last couple of laps. We called attention earlier to the fact that Earnhardt was able to put the car anywhere he wanted to to get around the lap traffic, but it's taken him about ten laps to finally clear this particular pack. But when he finally gets clear, Barney and I were just looking at each other. We kind of shook our heads and said, man, that's like a rocket out there because once he got clear of Hutt and put the 13th place man down, he just rocketed right by Rick Mast, and uh, certainly that car is not a, a weak car. Uh, the Jacksons don't build weak cars, and he went by Rick Mast in 12th as though Rick were sitting still, and now that uh, Dale's got some clean, uh, clear sailing, he's going to try and put uh, the Rick Wilson machine a lap down here in just another lap or so. So uh, Earnhardt back now where he was earlier, just clipping off those positions one by one here, and still very early in this Budweiser 500. He won't have to go a lot further before he'll have some clear sailing all by himself out front like he was in the early going here this afternoon. There are so many teams here at Dover this weekend that really need to get their season turned around, really get, need to get some positive things going. Mark Martin's team has struggled a little bit in 1991. They had hoped to get things uh, sort of back in their favor, so to speak, at the Charlotte Motor Speedway a couple of weeks ago, and they did have an impressive run down there. But for the most part, they have not been the team they were a year ago. Alan Kowicki has been struggling a little bit in 1991 also. He's had more than his share of bad luck, although he's qualified well and run well in a lot of races. He's just had trouble putting together some really strong finishes. Ernie Irvin, after winning the Daytona 500 back in February, they too have run strong, but they certainly need another win, and they intend to get one as quickly as they can. Meanwhile, Rick Wilson also is another one of the teams this year that have just really had more than their share of bad luck and different things happen to them. Wilson had one of his best qualifying runs here this weekend, and Rick had hoped to post at least a top-five finish. But for the moment, he's dropped back in the running order a little bit. He's currently being shown back in 11th position. Another team, too, that is looking to get things going in the right direction, certainly, is the team of Bill Elliott. Only two cars are out of the event thus far in the mid-stages of this Budweiser 500. Dale Jarrett involved in the only caution flag of the day. And Bobby Labonte's car now being parked for the afternoon with that apparent engine failure that we heard about a short while ago. Otherwise, 33 cars still on the racetrack at lap number 124. But at this point, Barney, it's almost it's remarkable. At this early stage, there are now only nine cars on the lead lap. Dale Earnhardt getting around here so very quickly, and he is uh, closing in on some of the other cars that are on the lead lap with him. He, he has to get through traffic every now and then, and Rusty Wallace will cut him no slack. Rusty being uh, down a lap already, but uh, Earnhardt still just continuing to march up through this field. They've had a hard battle there just a moment ago. Dale trying to put Rusty another lap down as they worked around here a few seconds ago, and he couldn't do it. So for the moment, he just backs off a little bit. But as you said, if Earnhardt catches a car, he's going to go ahead and move on around it if there's any way possible. He's backed out of it just a little bit right now. Doesn't appear to be getting through the corner up in three and four, particularly as well as he was a little bit earlier this afternoon. 126 miles to complete, an awful lot of racing left here at Dover Downs yet. 
or anybody out there to win this thing. And we've seen the complexion change so many times. This thing usually runs like this. Somebody will get it hooked up in the early going. It looks like we'll start talking about, well, nobody's going to beat him. And then all of a sudden something will happen. I think the reason, one of the big reasons, the field is beginning to get strung out a little bit is what you touched on there. We've only had one caution flag. Yeah. And when these pit stops come under green like they do, a lot of times that will string the field out more so normally than we'll see at a place particularly like Dover Downs. But as we said, it's a long day. 128 miles are complete. Let's go to pit road. I'm not defensive in the garage with Bobby Labonte. Bobby, your debut in Winston Cup racing didn't go exactly the way you wanted. No, not really. You know, our Slim Jim Oldsmobile uh, must have broke a lifter or something in the motor because it went on seven cylinders. And, you know, we didn't want to hurt the motor no more than we have to because we got to run it later on. So we just decided to park it. Well, while the car was running, what's your thoughts about Winston Cup? Well, I didn't hear what you said, but I think I think I know what you said. The car was running pretty good. It's getting a little loose, but other than that, it was all right. He's day over here early in Dover. Well, that's his first experience in Winston Cup competition. I can assure you it won't be Bobby Labonte's last because a lot of car owners that you and I talk to in the garage area, he's got, a lot of them don't say very much, a lot of the Winston Cup car owners. But you can bet on Saturday when they run these Bush Grand National races, a lot of them are standing up on top of those trucks watching and, and kind of seeing who does look awful good in the Bush Grand National Division. And Bobby Labonte is one that will catch your eye almost every Saturday when he's in one of the races and doesn't have any problem because he'll run in the top five nine times out of ten. And the true value hard charger points at lap 100, Dale Earnhardt, no surprise, is the leader. Ernie Irvin is second in that points division. Rusty Wallace is third. Alan Kowicki is fourth. And Michael Waltrip is fifth in the true value hard charger points. I would also remind everybody that Tyson is the official chicken of NASCAR, proud sponsor of the Lickety Split Award. They'll give $1,500 to the fastest lap leader during today's running of the Budweiser 500. We'll keep you up to date on that. Of course, uh, later on in the broadcast, it'll be very interesting to see which crew chief gets the honor today because this is a racetrack that really puts some pressure on the crew members. The Western Auto Mechanic of the Race Award to be handed out a bit later this afternoon. The folks at Western Auto are the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR, and they'll select a deserving winner a bit later on today. Andy Petrie currently leading in the seasonal standings towards that year-end award of $25,000. Andy is the crew chief for Harry Gant. Larry McReynolds, who is the crew chief for Davey Allison, currently second. Then Kirk Shelmerdine, Bob Johnson, and Waddell Wilson in that order, rounding out the top five. We'll update you on all of those awards as our afternoon continues here at Dover Downs. 133 laps are on the scoreboard. Dale Earnhardt continues to lead here this afternoon. Ernie Irvin is second. Mark Martin is third. He's having a good, strong run. Running fourth at this juncture of the Budweiser 500. That's Kenny Schrader and Harry Gant round out the top five. Rusty Wallace, who started on the outside pole, has really dropped back in the running order. He currently is being shown a lap down, and he talked yesterday. He is currently being posted in 20th position. He told me yesterday that this racetrack can really get to you if you're having to play catch-up. I tell you, the worse the car handles, the longer the race is. And when it's handling good, then you're having fun, and it's driving good, it's not so fatiguing. But, boy... This place could be a son of a gun on you. And right now it is a son of a gun on Rusty Wallace because he is a lap down, struggling along back there in 20th position, trying to get himself back up toward the front and have a shot to win the Budweiser 500. Brent Bodine slowing in front of Joe Moore on the back straightaway. Car actually slowed, Eli, just coming off turn four that last time. He's been hugging the inside of the track all the way around. Now he's dropped down on the apron beneath the white line there, indicating he would be coming into pit road. The car just barely moving here as he has passed us and heads back off into turn three. So when Barney, when Brett come by uh, the front straightaway, the engine was dead. He tried to get down pit road and couldn't make it. So uh, he may not be able to 
the coast all the way back around. He's going to make it. He just comes through the flat part of turns three and four on the apron of the racetrack. Already is in behind the pit wall. It seems to have picked up a little bit. We'll watch Brett Bodine and see if he's going to take the car to the garage. This has not been an easy weekend for the Quaker State Buick team. Uh, that car found its way into the wall yesterday around noontime in a practice session. And Jim Phillips, they've obviously affected those repairs because the car is running today. But now the hood goes up on that green and white car. Well, he has the left rear tire flat on the car. They're underneath Wayne Bumgarner, the crew chief, is underneath the hood. He's working on the right side of the engine compartment. So more than one problem, both at Western State Drake. Now Bumgarner's going underneath to maybe change one of the ignitions. So evidently, ignition problems for Brett Bodine. Brett Bodine's another one of the teams uh, we could add to the list that we talked about a moment ago that really needs to get the season turned around in a positive direction. They, too, have had some good runs, but they have not realized their full potential. At least Brett says the team can run a whole lot better. We've just had more than our share of bad luck also, and that you can lump about a dozen cars in that category this year in 1991 on the Winston Cup season. 138 laps are on the scoreboard at Dover. It yesterday was up in the 90s. On Friday, I believe, it was one of the hottest days I have oh. ever seen here at Dover Downs. It Temperature was, was up about 96 degrees. The humidity was about 98%. And uh, in the Winston Cup garage, everybody you saw was looking for a dark spot or a shady spot to get into. Today, doesn't appear to be all that bad, although you can tell by looking at that racetrack, you kind of see the heat coming off from the racetrack. As the afternoon goes by, they had forecast the temperature to stay in the mid-80s, but it's still going to be very uncomfortable down on pit road and on the speedway. Here at Dover Downs International Speedway, there are nine cars on the lead lap. The race leader is Dale Earnhardt. Running in second is Ernie Irvin. Third place, as he has been of late, is Mark Martin. Kenny Schrader runs fourth. Harry Gant fifth. Sixth is Lake Speed. Alan Kowicki runs in seventh. Sterling Marlin is eighth. And rounding out the lead lap in ninth is Rick Wilson. In the garage area, Brett Bodine's Quaker State Buick, Gary Montgomery. Well, Brett is waiting not so patiently inside the Quaker State Buick. The crew works on the car. Brett, what's wrong? The distributor is the problem uh, that we were able to uh, discern there over the uh, car noise. This is one of the, uh, for the folks on the infield side, this is one of the uh, noisier racetracks. It's, it's not bad at all for the folks in the grandstand, but the sound here kind of heads towards the inside of this bowl-shaped racetrack, and that's why the uh, louder-than-normal uh, report there in the garage area, but the distributor problem for Brett Bodine, they should be able to get back. Let's go back to Pit Road. Well, I'm standing in the Snickers pit, the Rick Wilson pit. Harry Hyde is the crew chief on the car. Harry got the car running along pretty good. Uh, he's saying anything about it. He's keeping up in front of uh, Earnhardt's car anyway. Well, I give Rick a lot of credit. He's driving his heart out, and uh, he goes to this track pretty good. So I'd have to give Rick all the credit here. All right, I'll tell you, you guys are getting ready up there for your uh, mid-race ice cream break. I'm digging around in the Snickers pits here for uh, some ice cream myself. i got to give me some of that stuff. We'd never make it through the day without it. Yeah, would we wouldn't want our figures to deteriorate now, would we? <laughs> 150 laps on the board of 500. We have just gotten word from the uh, garage area from Gary Montgomery that Brett Brodine's crew has called it a day. They are not going to be able to get the uh, Quaker State Buick 
back on the racetrack. So with Jeff Bodine out injured and Brett Bodine in the garage early, it's uh, Todd Bodine who takes home the honors for that family this weekend. Uh, he was there in position to take advantage of uh, a late race uh, break, and he got the win in the Budweiser 200 yesterday, as we mentioned. And, uh, yeah, folks are going to say, Barney, it was handed to him. But that's not the case because he was leading for much of the day and had to be in position to take advantage of somebody else's uh, misfortune. So uh, don't uh, downgrade anything that Todd Bodine he did here yesterday. He had a super run. He ran it in and ended up in victory lane. Richard Petty uh, down on the apron of the racetrack up in turn four will bring his car to pit road, and this stop would be just a little bit early, Jim Phillips. A little bit early, Barney, but they're going to change the light side tires on the SDP Pontiac. As a matter of fact, he's going to change four. The last time he came in, they changed two. So this time, since they're a little bit behind, they're going to change all four tires and we'll fill it up with the gasoline here on lap 153 for Richard Petty. Richard Petty only been out there a little more than 60 miles since he was in uh, at lap about 91, I believe. That's what I wrote down. Right. We're at lap 153 right now. So the stop would be a little bit early for Richard Petty, who's had some real strong runs this season in 1991. Well, I sit in the truck and talked to him a little bit the other day. And he said, you know, we're in better shape than we have been on equipment in a long time. We've got some new cars. We're trying some new things. And I think it showed up for Richard because he's had some of his best runs all year long. And he's had seven wins here at Dover over the year, too, over the years. So he knows what it takes to run and uh, run well on this racetrack. You know, of course, MRN was not on the air last weekend uh, from Charlotte, so we didn't have a chance to talk about it. But you know what a super run going last week before... uh, a late problem in the race, the uh, broken rocker arm, was Dave Marcus. She ran as high as seventh place last week in the 600 and uh, didn't have a great luck here. I guess he qualified on seven cylinders here uh, this weekend, but nevertheless, he's out there running now a couple of laps down. But uh, Dave had a super run going. You'd like to see that for the fellows who don't always gather the headlines. When Dave can get it hooked up, he can drive with the best of them, and he's proven it over the years. He does not have all that many Winston Cup wins, but he's certainly a consistent competitor. And when the car is pretty much together and he has all his stuff going in his way, so to speak, he'll end up finishing in the top five or six and has had a good record over the years as Marcus just crosses the start-finish line to put lap 156 up on the scoreboard. Alan Kowicki slows in the back straightaway, goes down on the apron of the racetrack. We're watching him come through the south end of the speedway right now at a very reduced rate of speed. He'll be coming onto pit road. And let's find out what his problem is. Here's Kowicki making the turn into the pits right now. Goes in behind the wall. We'll follow him into his pit stall or see if he does go into the pits or go on back into the garage area. Kowicki is going to stop out on pit road. Dick Brooks? Well, they're going to the right side of his car. Marty, uh, they haven't said anything to show what was wrong other than the new tires. So they're changing the right side. They're also going to change the left side tires on the car also. Well, he must have had a tire going down. I felt that he did anyway. Alan Kowicki getting service on pit road. They changed the two right side tires. Apparently, they're going to change all four and send him back onto the racetrack. 158 laps are on the scoreboard. Dale Earnhardt continues to set the pace in the Budweiser 500. Well, with only one caution flag today, and that all the way back on lap number 19, we are now in the early stages of the next session of green flag pit stops. While you were gone over the last lap and a half or so, we have seen Bill Elliott and Davey Allison on pit road. Rick Mast was in for pit service moments ago. And now the Raymock team ready to attend to Joe Rutman as he brings car 75 in. Jim Phillips? Well, they're going to change all four tires on his automobile, as they did for Bill Elliott. And Rick Mast and Davey Allison all got tires on lap 162. Now it's lap 165. 
and Lake Speed rolls his Pontiac into the pit lane. They fly around to the right side of his machine. They're going to change all four tires with his machine. I think that's the way the teams will probably go to right now since they're all behind to try to catch up a little bit. They'll probably all change four tires. Dave Marcus is now in for tires and gasoline on his machine. There are other cars in front of Dick Brooks pitting. Mark Martin, one of those. Dick? Yeah, Mark, uh, they're going to change tires on his car, all four of them. Uh, going to fill him up in the gas now. Michael Wallach was in a while ago, uh, five, six laps, seven, eight laps back, and was out of fuel. They had a little problem getting the car started, in fact. Some of these guys have stretched them a little bit further than they uh, had anticipated, or they didn't get them full on the last stop. But Mark Martin's down and away now. They got him full this time and running out the back. To give you an idea how strong Dale Earnhardt is here this afternoon, right now he is almost a full 13 seconds ahead of the second-place car, Ernie Irvin. And that is really getting around this racetrack. And, er and he's done it by passing traffic, as Eli and I talked about. He catch three, four, five cars. He'd just go right on around on the outside or the bottom of the speedway. So Earnhardt's lap times, I would dare say, we haven't kept that close of tabs on him on the stopwatch, but I doubt if they varied much more than a couple of tenths a second, even in traffic. Let's go back to the pitch. Well, I think that's true, but the Rick Wilson car and, uh, and the two-car of Rusty Wallace is actually outrunning him. They've been in front of him uh, since I talked a while ago to uh, Harry Hyde, and they're still in front of him. In fact, they're pulling away from him a little bit. That's Strickland's, and now they're changing right sides on his car, and they're going to do all four. They got the right sides done as uh, Ernie Irvin comes in, and, uh, and the crew gets to doing the right side on his car, and they're going to do four on it also. On the racetrack right now, Mark Martin had a little bit of a close call. Tried to squeeze between J.D. McDuffie and Alan Kowicki going into turn number one. And wisely, as that hole closed up, he backed off just the least little bit to avoid any problems here on lap number 169. Again, we're in the midst of pit stops, and here comes the race leader. And one of the other men who's running on the lead lap, Rick Wilson, will slow down. He's in fifth spot. Both men very, very slow on the pit lane. Remember, that's the new rule of NASCAR. There's a mandatory speed that you must adhere to. And Wilson is in, and so is Earnhardt. Let's cover their stops. Well, I'll tell you, Earnhardt uh, <laughs> was strained a little bit having to follow Rick Wilson in that slow. He came in quite about harder the last stop, and he sure would have liked to that time. He looked on the inside and the outside, and then uh, all around him, but against uh, uh, bigger than the policemen are bigger than the, uh, than the rules that uh, he couldn't make the pass. But he, then now they've got the right side done, the left side on the car is done, and he's away as Rick Wilson just now pulls away also. Harry Gant will bring his skull machine to the attention of his crew. Boy, he's having a good solid run here this afternoon. Let's cover Gant's stop. Well, they're going to do four tires on this car with gas. Uh, they just done the 25 car. Ken Schrader has did the same thing with him. In fact, he had a little trouble getting around Gant as Gant was coming into the pit. They've got Gant's right sides on. The left side is uh, jacked up, and they'll have that on running in a minute. Terry Labonte's car is also being attended to in front of Jim Phillips. Four tires from the Smoke completed work on the right side. Steve Wilson and Billy Siler doing the changing. Now they're working on the left side. Two tires are on. The gas is in. Terry Labonte is on his way. Run. So Morgan Shepard is now the race leader. Darrell Waltrip being posted in the second spot is on lap number 172. Ricky Rudd is in. Dale Earnhardt now, even uh, as they shake down these pit stops, and with his stop of moments ago, he is in third place. So Earnhardt, who had that 17-second lead or so that Barney was telling you about earlier, Earnhardt made the stop, and he has come back out in third spot behind Morgan Shepard and Darrell Waltrip on lap number 173. 
Earnhardt through turn number four, taking that same line as he has all day long. He pins it right to the bottom of the racetrack, going off into turn number three, stays there all the way through the middle of the corner, and then as he drifts out of turn number four, it's almost like coming up out of a hole in both ends of this racetrack. When you come out of turn number two, you're really running uphill, and all of a sudden it's like you come over a slight rise and you're looking down the straightaway. It's the same thing here in turn number four. That used to be the one big trouble spot on this racetrack because the momentum was carrying you so hard toward the outside wall that once your car would break loose up there, you're automatically going to hit the outside. The track is so narrow at that point. If you go across the speedway, which you're automatically going to do, you're going to hit the inside wall, and that's why we used to see so many cars, and still do if the car has a problem, really get damaged on both ends of the machine. 175 are on the board. Morgan Shepard, we told you earlier, his pit stop a little bit out of sequence. He can stay out there. Usually he and Darrell Walter will be the two last cars to pit, assuming this race should remain green for the remainder of the day. Well, one thing with uh, Rusty Wallace's car, you know, he's got to sink also. He had to make an early stop, and uh, and then uh, he came in about uh, 20 laps There's later. a fire on pit road, Dick Brooks. There's a fire on pit road as Jimmy Means' car with Bobby Hillen driving. The gas can somehow has come loose from the car and has ignited on the pit lane. There was a crew member taking care of that uh, automobile, and one of the Jimmy Means crew members is down and being tended to by safety crew members. Firemen are right there on the scene, and there is a huge plume of smoke and the aftermath of fire extinguishers. Hillen has pulled the Jimmy Means' car away. There is a lot of gasoline that is now spewing across the racetrack at the pit area, and uh, one of the uh, Jimmy Means crew members servicing the Bobby Hillen car today is being tended to by the safety crew. A scary, scary moment there, Barney. I don't know how the, the gas can came loose and where the fire came from, but it was a scary, scary moment. Apparently the gas can hit the ground, spilled a little fuel around that car, and as he started to pull away, probably a spark from the headers in that machine ignited the gasoline as it flamed up there for just a second. That's the one thing that you really hate to see at any racetrack is any kind of a fire, whether it's in a car or whether it's from a little gas spilled on pit road or whatever. That is Frank Drees, the crew member involved who has now just gotten up and he is waving everybody off and says he is fine. Frank, who lives about 20 minutes from this Dover racetrack and has been a, a longtime member of the Jimmy Means crew, he is walking away and uh, being as he is being talked to by the medical crews and medical officials, but he seems to be indicating that he is okay. And we'll get a, a closer word and a, a further update from Jim Phillips there in just a moment or so. But Frank Drees of uh, the Jimmy Means crew, and again, Bobby Hillen driving that car today, was the crewman involved, but he got up, dusted himself off, and uh, is being ushered aside by some of the safety crew members, but he's working on and walking away under his own uh, power. Jim Phillips, you have a, a closer word? Yes, he is all right. He, ha he has some burns, Eli, uh, to his uh, legs, but he is all right. He's walking away with the medical personnel, giving everybody the high sign that he is all right. But, uh, he had a short sleeve shirt on, so he had a little bit of burn on his arm, but he is walking away. He's going to be all right. Well, that's good news. 181 miles are complete in the Budweiser 500. Right now, the leader is Morgan Shepard. Darrell Waltrip being posted second. Those two cars have yet to come in and make their scheduled pit stops. Dale Earnhardt is third. From the Dover Downs International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. 
From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. Grunt style. The American fighting spirit is in everything we make. We are 500 patriots and veterans strong, bringing clothing manufacturing back to the United States of America. Always moving forward, never retreating, never giving up. We are Grunt Style, and this we'll defend. Get yours at GruntStyle.com. We are back with you live at Dover Downs International Speedway. The Budweiser 500 is 185 laps complete. Alongside Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Joe Moore covering the action in the turns for us today. Our pit reporters are Dick Brooks and Jim Phillips. Gary Montgomery is in the garage. Our engineer is Harry Howard. We're glad you're with us here at Dover Downs as, for the moment, Darrell Waltrip is the race leader as we work in the midst of a ongoing series of green flags pit stops, although for all intents and purposes, it has been a full day of Dale Earnhardt domination virtually from the word go. Morgan Shepard just gave up the lead a moment ago when he came in to make his stop. He came in at lap 183. They changed uh, rubber on that car, put in a tank of Unical gasoline and sent him back onto the racetrack. Again, we'll point out that he and Darrell Waltrip and his Dick Brooks updated this there a moment ago. Rusty Wallace's car also pitting a little bit out of sync with everybody else. So there will be a little variation, but as soon as Waltrip comes in, that will move Earnhardt right back up into the lead, and Waltrip won't stay out there a whole lot longer before we see him making his regular stop also. Chad Little was in just a moment ago. Bobby Hillen brought that car back onto pit road there just a moment ago again for some more attention after having that little pit fire just a moment ago. 188 laps are complete. Field again stringing out a little bit around Dover Downs this afternoon. As we pointed out, I think one of the reasons for that is the simple fact that all these stops that we've seen since that one caution flag have been under green. Now here's Dale Earnhardt closing in on Darrell Waltrip out of turn number four. And before Waltrip makes that pit stop, the way Earnhardt's getting around this racetrack, he could indeed put Darrell a lap down even before he makes that stop. They're heading for turn two. Actually, three cars all tagged together there. Bonnie, uh, Bill Elliott's trying to get around Darrell Waltrip, and Earnhardt's right behind Elliott here off turn two. Earnhardt looks to the inside of the racetrack, pulls up alongside Bill Elliott, still is battling with Elliott while Waltrip begins getting away. Well, Elliott gives Earnhardt some running room. Bill Elliott, who is being posted in 15th position, two laps down at this juncture of the event will now go another lap down. Heck, we were laughing before. Dale Earnhardt's getting around here so quickly, he might lap himself on the racetrack. I mean, that's the kind of domination we are seeing from Earnhardt here today. Of course, next week it might be Dale Earnhardt again, but you might want to look in the direction of a Ricky Rudd or a Rusty Wallace possibly next weekend as Darrell Waltrip now comes in to make his pit stop. The reason you mentioned the name of Wallace and Rudd is because next weekend it's the road course. Sears Point International Raceway in Sonoma, California. MRN will be there to bring you continuous weekend-long coverage of the Banquet Foods 300. The Bush Pole Show on Friday begins at 5.10 Eastern Time. Obviously, it's a bit later than normal because of the uh, time changes. So 5.10 Eastern Time next Friday for the Bush Pole Show. The Pit Road Preview will be on Saturday 
at 4.30 Eastern Time. And then the Banquet Foods 300 Sunday at 2.45 from Sears Point International Raceway in Sonoma, California. The month of June wraps up with the Champion Spark Plug 500 at Pocono, Pennsylvania. Then June 23rd, the Miller 400 at Brooklyn, Michigan, the Michigan International Speedway. And July 6th, the second half of the season begins with the Pepsi 400 at Daytona. And by the way, starting this weekend, the Daytona International Speedway ticket office is open seven days a week. Trouble in turn number four. Michael Waltrip is out of control as he comes through the corner. Car loops around. He kept it off the wall and now will slide all the way down and into the inside pit retaining wall. But he brushed that very lightly. Great piece of driving by Michael Waltrip to keep that car from really going hard into the outside wall. He'll slide some five or 600 feet all the way down across to the start-finish line and has tagged the inside wall. Caution is on the speedway. It'll be the second one this afternoon. So we are under caution for the second time on lap number 193. We were talking about it a little earlier, and I asked Ken Schrader yesterday, why are there so many accidents coming out of turn number four here at Dover Downs? We well, just run out of room, first off. Uh, that, you know, this place is awful fast for a size. You come out of that turn, you just need that wall to be out about another 10 feet. You kind of got to bind the car up a little bit. So you bind it up once to make the car a little bit loose, and just about that time, the racetrack falls out from underneath you. You're going uphill at the exit of four. Then the track kind of levels off. Well, you're still going uphill, and the car gets real light right there. So it's real easy to get in trouble coming off four, also coming off two. And because the uh, banking that's on these straightaways compared to the other places, you don't just spin down the straightaway. You spin down the straightaway down into the inside wall. So the thoughts of Kenny Schrader, and he, he knows turn four here. Uh, he has been one of those who have had uh, problems in the past, but now under caution, Dale Earnhardt is on pit road. So too many of the other leaders. Remember, only the cars on the lead lap can pit on this first lap under caution, and that means there aren't many coming down because Earnhardt's just about lapped them all, Dick Brooks. Well, that's true, and they're going to, uh, I think, change four tires on all these cars, uh, and, uh, of course, they'll fill them up with fuel again, and it looks like what they're going to do with him and uh, Mark Martin, uh, Ernie Irvin, they uh, get the cars back on the track. Now, you know, the brakes in the game were the brakes in the game. That's all you can say about it. But two laps earlier would have had uh, Rusty Wallace and, uh, and uh, the Waldrop car uh, back on the same lap again if the caution had it came two laps earlier because all the lead cars had already made their stop. But that's the way it goes, I guess. Sometimes it works in your favor. Sometimes it doesn't. Earnhardt will win the race off pit road. He'll beat out Kenny Schrader and Mark Martin. 196 laps are complete. We're working the second caution flag of the day. Michael Waltrip uh, losing control of the car. Coming through turn number four a moment ago. Hit the inside wall. The car is still resting there. The cleanup crews sweeping all the debris and dust and dirt off the racetrack where he got into the grassy area just before he hit the inside pit wall. Meanwhile, everybody has been on pit road. Let's go to Jim Phillips. Well, here's the cars that came in. Terry Labonte, Rick Mass, Lake Speed, Derek Cope, Jimmy Spencer, Joe Rutman, Bill Elliott, Richard Petty, Sterling Marlin, Bobby Hamilton, Ted Musgrave, Davey Allison, Dave Marcus, and J.D. McDuffie. And now Bobby Hillens on pit road along with Mickey Gibbs, all getting four tires and Unical gasoline. Continuing under caution. Caution on lap number 193 when Michael Waltrip spun earlier coming off the number four corner and uh, they continue the cleanup here on the main straightaway. Davey Allison is back on pit road again for uh, service. He was in uh, 
on lap 196. He returns on lap 198. Uh, only two, rather three cars out of the race right now. Dale Jarrett uh, retired after an accident on the back straightaway on lap number 19. As a matter of fact, he and many of the Wood Brothers crew members now scampering across the racetrack to exit Dover Downs. Bobby Labonte with an engine problem and Brett Bodine likewise retiring their cars earlier today. Quick reminder that the 1991 Goodies Race for the Money sweepstakes is underway all season long. The grand prize, as always, is a dream trip to the Daytona 500 by STP for 1992. We've got two tickets to the Daytona 500 by STP for you. We've got a couple of tickets to the 1992 Goodies 300 for the Busch Grand National cars at Daytona. We'll take you through the NASCAR Winston Cup garage area on an escorted tour. We've got accommodations for two people for four nights at the Treasure. Island Inn in Daytona Beach. That is one of the Ocean's Eleven resorts. We've also got $1,500 in spending money for you. Then we'll be giving away eight racing holiday of the month prizes throughout this season with a couple of tickets to a Winston Cup race and $500 in spending money as part of the prize package there. If you'd like to enter, it's very simple. Send the front panel from any size package of goodies, headache powders or tablets, or just write the word goodies in plain block letters in a 3 by 5 card. Somebody asked me, why do you do it in plain block letters? Because that's what the rules call for. Plus, Barney and I can't always read everybody's handwriting. Include your name, your address, telephone number, and the call letters of your local MRN station. The address is Goodies Race for the Money, Post Office Box 2888, Daytona Beach, Florida, 32115. And it is void where prohibitive, of course. Federal and local regulations do apply, but uh, why not enter? A lot of folks do. They get thousands. I don't know if you've, you've been down there, Barney, to the office to see that huge. they got a giant carton that stands in the corner. I don't know how many thousands and thousands of entries come in across the country, but uh, they do. And every year we have a, a nice time at Speed Weeks with the winning uh, folks to come down and meet some of their favorite race car drivers for the very first time. It's a, it's a good contest, and it's a good product. And they do, as you said, the response to that uh, the goodies entry deal is, is about as big as anything that we have in racing right now. Meanwhile, Michael Waltrip's car, they pushed it back away from that wall, Jim Phillips. Did Michael stay in the car, or did he get out? He stayed in the car, Barney, all the time. He, evidently, there at one time, it stalled the engine. He has four flat tires, but... Uh, he finally fired it up. He got some, some of these safety uh, crew members to help him uh, push it back, and then uh, he went on down toward uh, the garage area. So maybe Michael Waltrip will be able to continue. Looked like it was locked up there for just a moment. Has to be kind of a frustrating day for Michael Waltrip to get his first bush pole, start on the very front row, feel like they had a good shot to win here this weekend. And this is not the first time he'll be in problems. Earlier this afternoon, he spent quite a few laps in the garage area as they worked on the car and got him back out there. And then it broke loose a moment ago coming off turn number four, and he wrinkled it up a little bit. We'll find out if he's going to be able to continue. Here's Ernie Irvin coming back onto pit road. This will be his second stop under this uh, caution flag that we're working right now, the second of the day. Let's see what they do to his car. Dick Brooks. Well, he's coming down nice and slow like he's supposed to do. They're going to uh, jack up the left side. They're not, uh, they're going to jack it up because they're going to try to top it off. They're putting all the fuel in it they can, and they raised up the car to get more in it that way. So uh, they got some kind of strategy move here. Maybe thinking they can pick up one stop. At the end of pit road, he'll have to wait now until the entire field goes by. 
So Ernie Irvin topping off with fuel. We're taking a look at our scoreboard here, and they're posting six cars being shown still on the lead lap after this round of pit stops here just a moment ago. That would be subject to change in the next few minutes, and we'll update you as soon as we get everything uh, ship-shaped from the NASCAR timing and scoring. But they are saying that only six cars remain on the lead lap. They would be the leader, Dale Earnhardt, the second-place car of Kenny Schrader, the third-place car of Mark Martin. Fourth right now is Harry Gant. Fifth, they're posting Ernie Irvin. And in six should be Morgan Shepard. And now they're showing Shepard still on the lead lap along. That is, will be the last car on the lead lap. Darrell Walter is being shown seventh, a lap down. And the rest of the field from there on back is being posted at least a lap behind. And the true value hard charger points, as we have just passed the 200 lap mark, we're at 202 right now. Earnhardt continues to lead those standings. Ernie Irvin is second. Third is Mark Martin. Fourth is Harry Gant. And fifth is Rusty Wallace. They're showing Morgan Shepard on the tail end of the lead lap. He is lined up directly in front of Dale Earnhardt. Before we go back to green, a quick update from the garage, Gary Montgomery. Well, Eli, they're working all over the front end of Michael Waltrip's car. We can no longer get in there as they've got the jack up, and they're getting ready to go, we believe. They're working both the right and left sides of the front end of the car, hammering away, and Michael is anxiously ready to go. You can hear the uh, power tools whirring in the background. Davey Allison has not missed a lap here to uh, come in for a pit stop. We'll try and get an update from Robert Yates and the fellas here in just a moment or so. But uh, Davey has been in on lap number 196, 198. He was in again on lap number 201 for service. So we'll keep you updated on the uh, Texaco Haviland Ford being posted in uh, 21st spot right now. A couple of laps down as we go back to green. Pace car behind the pit wall. They drop the green flag. Morgan Shepard takes off. Now he's ahead of the leader. He is on the tail end of the lead lap as they scramble to get some kind of footing down in turns one and two. Morgan's fighting there with Rusty Wallace. Rusty finally gets away from him. Now Earnhardt comes up underneath Morgan Shepard. They make just momentary contact. Now they separate it out, but they're still side by side at the end of the back stretch. So as Morgan Shepard now goes a lap down into turn number three, Dale Earnhardt will see to it there are now just five cars on the lead lap. Five cars on the lead lap. Rusty Wallace is uh, being posted, uh, well, at this point now ahead of the race leader, Dale Earnhardt, on the racetrack. But Morgan Shepard is no longer on the lead lap. Off turn number two and down the back straightaway, Rick Mast had a bobble, and so too some other cars, Joe. One car has slowed significantly. It's Rick Wilson. He slowed up here on the back stretch. Quite a pack of Traffic all stacked up trying to get around Wilson. He's now dropped to the inside of the track as everyone gets by. Had a big bottleneck there in turns one. No contact, apparently, as Rick Wilson is limping around the racetrack. Here he comes through the apron on the apron of the racetrack up in turn number four. We'll bring the car onto pit road, and we'll watch the machine for a minute to see if he makes it into his pits or if he will take the car onto the garage area. What a bad day for Rick Wilson. They had had a good qualifying run, had hoped to post a good top five finish at least here. He is going into his pit. Dick Brooks? Well, they're going inside the car like uh, must be ignition problem. They've got the car stopped. Uh, they're raising the hood on it. They're going inside of it also, so I must have just shut off on it. There is an ignition box inside that car that has a backup system on it. Sometimes they will flip from one system to another, much like an airplane has. But apparently it didn't work this time for Rick Wilson. We'll get a further report there as soon as Dick Brooks can update us on what is wrong with the car. Meanwhile, Dale Earnhardt wastes no time in breaking out of all that traffic on that restart. Again, he's at the head of the pack all by himself. Rusty Wallace is the nearest car to him as they get over to turn two. He had a hard time for a while getting around Rusty Wallace, but finally he went to the outside, swung right on by Wallace, and has picked up some 10 car lengths on that car. Meanwhile, the second-place machine at Kenny Schrader is another 10 car lengths behind the Rusty Wallace machine. Mark Martin right up on his bumper as they exit turn four. 
Now, Rusty Wallace had gotten one of those two laps back on that restart, but now that he has been passed by Dale Earnhardt again, Rusty is one more time being shown two laps down. He is back in 13th position, and uh, the top 10 at this point are five on the lead lap. The next six, actually, the top 11, we will be showing one lap down. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Alongside Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. We are in Dover, Delaware, here at Dover Downs, jam-packed on a beautiful summer afternoon. Or actually, it's still spring, I guess, technically, until the 21st of the month. But nevertheless, it's summer-like conditions. 210 laps are in the books. Dale Earnhardt leads. Kenny Schrader is second. Mark Martin third. Harry Gant fourth. And Ernie Irvin running in fifth. Those are the only five cars on the lead lap. Sixth, one lap down is Morgan Shepard. Hutt Strickland is seventh. Darrell Waltrip eighth. Ninth is Alan Kowicki. And tenth, Sterling Marlin. 11th is Lake Speed. In 12th position, they are posting Jimmy Spencer. 13th, Rusty Wallace. 14th is Bill Elliott. 15th now is Ricky Rudd. In 16th, it's Terry Labonte. Richard Petty is 17th. 18th is Joe Rutman. Davey Allison, 19th. And in 20th spot, they are showing Tommy Ellis. Let's get an update from Jim Phillips on that Davey Allison car. He's been checking on those repeated pit stops. Well, they brought him in and put a, a rubber in the right front spring. That is uh, what they do when they want to tighten the car up on pit road. And that didn't work, so they took that out, and they neutralized the sway bar to loosen it back up. So actually what they did is they made an over-chassis adjustment and went back a little bit to what they had before. Well, what a difference a week makes. A couple of weeks ago, Davey Allison just uh, wiped out everything down at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, and today he is kind of struggling. 218 laps on the board here in the Budweiser 500 at Dover Downs International Speedway. You're tuned to live coverage on MRN Radio. Next weekend, we'll be talking to you from the beautiful wine country of uh, Northern California. Sears Point Raceway in Sonoma. Look forward to having you on board. Our broadcast at 2.45 Eastern Time right here on these MRN stations. Don't forget the Bush Pole Show Friday at 5.10 Eastern Time and our pit road preview Saturday at 4.30 Eastern Time. And uh, Barney, once Dale Earnhardt got clear of everybody, he's, as they say, he's, he got gone again. Yeah, he's kind of driving away a little better than two and two-tenths of a second ahead right now of Kenny Schrader, the second-place car. There's no traffic in front of Earnhardt for a little better than three-quarters of a lap, so he can run any line and almost any speed he wants to. I just put the clock on him before we took the commercial break a moment ago. He's getting around this racetrack in about 25 and a half seconds, so that's not too far off from what they qualified. That would be a little better than 140 miles an hour, including getting through race traffic and everything else. Michael Waltrip's car went back onto the racetrack a moment ago. Now it is back on pit road and making that hard left turn into the garage for the third time this afternoon. So the pole sitter is not doing too well at all. They were showing him 35 laps down after the most recent uh, visit to the garage area. Also, we had seen an extended stay on pit road for Rick Wilson. We were talking about his situations earlier. He's now 15 laps down in 30th position. Dick Brooks, what did they finally find there? Well, he had a carburetor problem. Uh, something that's kind of unique. I think it doesn't happen too often, but it's just one of those things that uh, that'll cost you a lot of time in a race. He had a float stick in the front of the carburetor. Now, these guys have got these carburetors. They're basically the same carburetors made by Holly that we used to race years and years ago. They haven't changed too much. Uh, they got a little bit better pieces and stuff to them, but there's a, what they call a needle and seat. And there's a float in the bowl. Uh, a lot of people can relate to this. 
what regulates that float is a little valve that, uh, that lets the gas flow through, and when it gets full, the float pushes back on that valve and shuts the gas off. Well, that float stuck, and the gas was running out the top of the carburetor, uh, something you don't see much anymore. You used to do that a lot until they got the stuff in better shape. Kind of a unique problem, but it took him out for eight or ten laps. Nick Wilson had one of his best runs going here. As we said, he qualified up in the top ten, had a good effort. It felt like they could finish it, get a top five finish here, maybe even win this race. They have struggled a little bit in 1991, but Rick said yesterday, we're not about to give up and we're trying to fight our way back. Yeah, it's just, uh, we're just trying to hang in there and do the best we can. We're working hard trying to, you know, do everything we can. And, you know, we just had some of the, the awfulest luck that can be. Uh, you know, things that happen to us that uh, normally don't happen. You know, we've had a lot of mechanical problems and being caught in the wrong places on the racetrack. So, you know, we're just struggling through it, and, and it's getting better. Rick Wilson having to struggle again here today at Dover Downs. 225 miles are completed in the Budweiser 500, about 25 miles away from the halfway mark in the race this afternoon. The sun continues to shine brightly, but apparently it's not all that warm out there because the fans usually will see umbrellas and everything else going up over their heads, even though it isn't raining, just to knock off the heat. But in the 80s, not too bad here at Dover not today. Not too bad at all. One fellow who's having a good time right now is also Mark Martin. He has just doled to the inside of uh, Ken Schrader in turns three and four and has grabbed a position away. So Mark is now being posted in second spot, Schrader third, Harry Gant fourth, and uh, Ernie Irvin fifth. Let's go back downstairs. One of the guys that's not having a good time today is Michael Waltrip. Michael had a problem early with a belt on the oil pump. Then he got crossed up, wrecked the car, went back out on the track, and now it looks like he's out of it for the day. What is the final uh, verdict here, Michael? Something went wrong with the engine. <laughs> couple of laps after that I, I spun out and hit the wall so uh, started out the, uh, the oil pump belt fell off I don't know why a rock must have got it and just knocked it off nothing that anybody's fault and then the reverse went out of the transmission I didn't know that so I spun out and now this so we're kind of having a bad day but uh, we got one of our goals for the season out of the way by sitting on the pole We'll just have to try to think of something positive out of this and continue on. Well, now you got just one more goal left. That's to win one of these buggers, right? That's our ultimate goal. We've been trying hard to do that. Been running real good and hadn't had any problems. Last week, we were real fortunate to finish when we did with a problem. This week, we're getting all the rest of our problems out of the way at once, hopefully, and we'll be all right for the rest of the year. Okay, they'll be waiting for you in California. Thoughts of Michael Waltrip in the garage area. He was one of the Winston Cup drivers who visited the New Hampshire International Speedway last year for their inaugural season of racing. Tom Elliman has joined us here in the booth, formerly the man who uh, used to beat the drum for the Bush Grand National North Series of NASCAR, now uh, handling uh, similar responsibilities in the general managership of the New Hampshire racetrack. And we'll be up there visiting you on uh, the weekend of July 12th, 13th, and 14th. Uh, looking forward to it. We're looking forward to having you back, Eli. And of course, Michael Waltrip and a bunch of other Winston Cup drivers, too. Uh, it's going to be a real exciting weekend for our second so, annual race. We were talking with Tommy Ellis the other day. Of course, he uh, he just about took uh, all the money home from New Hampshire there last year. He had a, a super uh, super trip to the new track. He was a happy guy, and I talked to him this morning, and he said he's going to try really hard to get a bush ride back together so he can come up and defend his championship in the Budweiser 300. And Naturally, we'd uh, love to see him back because he's quite a competitor. Remember last year you had Charlie Pride entertaining. I know Eddie Rapid is going to be there as the pre-race entertainment on the 14th. And uh, we encourage a lot of folks to show up. Let me ask you one thing on a, on a very serious note. One of, the, uh, re one of the problems, if you will, in the infancy of your New Hampshire track 
was traffic flow, and a lot of folks were very concerned about it after the very first event ever last year. Now you've had a lot of races since uh, Bush North, modified, what have you. Uh, I, I dare say that uh, with the traffic engineers in the state of New Hampshire, you've gotten the traffic flow uh, far more uh, finely tuned. Well, you're right. We've spent a tremendous amount of time and effort on uh, working on the traffic situation, and, and in all honesty, uh, I don't think anybody involved was prepared for what a crowd of 40,000 people would mean to Route 106 in Loudoun, New Hampshire. But uh, we've spent a lot of time with the engineers and with the state and local officials, and uh, we've come up with some pretty good plans. And in our last uh, two, three races last year and our first race this year, traffic worked so smoothly, uh, and the contrast is unbelievable. Well, that's super. We're looking forward to being there. We were just talking, you know, seriously, last night we were talking over dinner about uh, one of the great lobster restaurants we ran into up there last year, and I understand the lobsters are already cowering in the corner <laughs> for are. our uh, impending return, so uh, we look forward to seeing you, Tom, when uh, we get back up to New Hampshire, July 12th, 13th, and 14th. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Eli. Tom Element from New Hampshire International Speedway. Uh, Barn, that was, it's quite a facility up there, as, as you well remember. Yeah, though, I was up there for the first race that they ran up there in the bush division that is a good racetrack and everybody's talking about one of these days maybe we'll see a Winston Cup event up there but that should be a great show they really the Bush Grand National guys enjoy running on that speedway and that'll be coming up in the very near future 235 laps are complete here at Dover right now as Dale Earnhardt continues to wind around here a moment ago he had an advantage of a little better than four seconds boy that is shortened up considerably right now as Kenny Schrader is really closing in on him out of turn number two and the, they may be up there challenging for the lead can't really tell if Earnhardt has slowed down that much or if Kenny's just picked up that much. We are 12 laps shy of halfway here in the Budweiser 500, but the fans are on their feet because Mark Martin in second has caught Dale Earnhardt and he draws to his inside in turn number three. Right down to the inside of the track is Martin, but Earnhardt beats him into the corner, but all four. Here comes Martin's Ford. Mark Martin puts it to the bottom of the racetrack, stands in it. Earnhardt gives up the lead coming out of turn number four, and Mark Martin is the new leader. Earnhardt drops back to second as they head back to turn number one. Let's see if Earnhardt's going to be content to stay there for a minute. Going into the corner, Earnhardt was right up on the bumper and now Martin's able to pull away by about a half a car length. Earnhardt still there as they go single file this time down the back straightaway. The third place car of Harry Gant also there with the front two. So the front three have all gotten together now and as Earnhardt's car kicks up just a bit in the corner, Gant sees the inside open and he'll try and outdrag the Chevrolet back to the stripe. Give that position to Harry Gant with Earnhardt now back to third. Dick Brooks, what are they saying in Earnhardt's pit? What seems to be the problem? Well, Richard's standing here. Richard, you guys had it, really had him dominated for a while and now it seems to slow down a little bit. You got it ready to join uh, Eli and Barney for ice cream break or you got a problem? He just said it started pushing real bad there about five or six laps ago. You think it might be a tire problem? It might be. We don't know. Okay, well, he's a little concerned about it. They uh, All of a sudden, the car has really gone away on them. And uh, I expect they'll get adjusted here pretty quick. Earnhardt not getting through the corners. You can see the car really pushing up as he comes off turn number two and also out of turn number four. While Mark Martin has really got it hooked up, Kenny Schrader, who was up there challenging just about ten laps ago, has now dropped all the way back to fourth position. His car beginning to drop back a little bit, too, and it's not getting through the turns as well as it was. Meanwhile, Mark Martin is way out front now as he heads for turn two. Martin's got around the lap car of Rick Mast. Harry Gann about two car lengths behind him. Then some ten car lengths back to where Earnhardt sits. 
Kenny Schrader now challenging Earnhardt. First to the inside, going up to turn three. He'll peek to the outside. And in turn four, Schrader again goes to the inside. Schrader now looks high one more time. He can't quite make the pass. Now it's three wide off turn number four. Close quarters racing there with Hutch Strickland to the inside. Rusty Wallace in the middle and Schrader being forced to the outside. Meanwhile, all of those cars are closing in on Dale Earnhardt again. Let's go back to pit road. Well, Earnhardt's going to have to. They're going to have to make uh, some kind of move. He's exactly a second off the running what he was running just a while ago. Now, he could be having a tire going down just a little bit, maybe a left front tire. That's a little hard to notice, uh, a little hard to tell exactly what's wrong. Maybe a right front tire that could, uh, if something happened to it, put him in a wall. So uh, Childers and the crew is out on the wall now. They're prepared to bring him in, which uh, feels a very good move. He has slowed down a second and a lap. Earnhardt heads over to turn number three. Meanwhile, Kenny Schrader eases on around. Now here goes Ernie Irvin around him. Let's see if Earnhardt comes off the corner this time and heads for pit road, and indeed he will. Peels off the banking in turn number four, and Dale Earnhardt is about to bring the Goodrich car to the attention of Richard Childress, and the crew let's follow that pit stop. Well, he's coming in. Uh, he's going to make a nice stop. He stopped in his area. Didn't uh, slide through it or nothing. They are going to change all four tires. They've got the right sides off and back on already. They've got the left sides loose, and they're full of gas. So uh, now they're jacking up the left side to take them off. I don't see anything wrong with either one of the front tires from here, but uh, sometimes just five or six pounds of air pressure will make a difference. Uh, could be make a difference in a second or so. They drop the jack. Earnhardt is down and away. It'll take him a four or five seconds to really get back up to race speed with everybody else. He is on the apron of the racetrack going through turns one and two. An unscheduled pit stop for Dale Earnhardt, and they had no choice but to bring that car onto pit road because just about everybody that was about to catch him was going on around. And now he is going, what, one lap down? One lap down is what they will post him. He still had a considerable edge, obviously, on everybody else in the field, even though he had been bypassed by some there just prior to making the stop. So Dale Earnhardt will go one lap down. He is running in fifth position. One lap down, so only four cars remain on the lead lap at this juncture. And now, as he comes up to speed, Hut Strickland will be uh, getting by Earnhardt. So they post Hut at this moment in the fifth spot, the first car one lap down. The lead lap are Mark Martin, Harry Gant, Ken Schrader, and Ernie Irvin. Jim Phillips, uh, Barney, and I are obviously sitting indoors here at the tower. Is the temperature uh, going up or down at all, or is it staying fairly constant? Well, for Dover, it's been pretty good today. Uh, we've had a little, a little cloud cover, and there is a breeze. You can see the flags are waving a little bit. So down here on pit road, it's been, uh, for Dover, it's been pretty good this afternoon. The temperature should not have went up enough or down enough to affect his car that much. Again, we want to mention that earlier in the week, uh, Thursday, yesterday, uh, Thursday, Friday, and yesterday, temperatures were up in the high, high 90s and low 100 range. It was uh, rather beastly at times. So today, uh, even a temperature of 82 or 84 degrees seems uh, downright comfortable as we have reached halfway here in the Budweiser 500. Uh, Eli, uh, there was definitely a tire going down, a right rear tire on Earnhardt's car. And uh, it had lost about six pounds of air. Uh, was coming on down, so it's going to make quite a bit of difference in the car. I think he's still get the thing hooked back up. These guys are awful good on remembering or on marking up the tire stagger and the size of tires they put on the thing. And we talked earlier about the temperature making a difference at the racetrack. Uh, it had cooled off just a little bit of, say, 100 laps or so, and was feeling pretty comfortable. 
the sun's been hitting pretty hard for the last half hour or so, and I think the temperature's back up to where they expected it to, and uh, and there's not much of a breeze now. Well, it's a lot hotter down here than it was a while ago. It's going to make a difference with some of the cars also. And as far as the tires themselves, I asked Wayne Torrance from Goodyear, does the outside temperature of the day, if it's 100 degrees out or 85 degrees out, does the ambient temperature affect the tires that much? Really, that doesn't make that much difference. Uh, you know, the track temperature is probably not going to be up more than 10, 12 degrees above what it could normally be at a lesser temperature. So it's really not much of a factor. And again today, right now, uh, still a fairly comfortable day, even though uh, the sun is starting to beat down on the Monster Mile. 259 laps are complete. We are nine laps past the halfway point of the Budweiser 500. The quickest lap of the day so far came on lap 208. Not all that far uh, removed from where we are right now. Dale Earnhardt on that lap toured the speedway at 142.349 miles an hour, so he leads the Tyson Lickety Split Award, the honor that goes to the race leader who turns in the fastest lap of the afternoon. Dale Earnhardt now trying to force the issue again as he works to the low side of the track, and he's now handling again, Barney, as well as he was earlier. He worked as low on the track as you can go to get by Lake Speed, and is still, remember, on lap 258 while everybody else is on 259, so Earnhardt's running very well, but still a lap down. He's got plenty of time to get back on the lead lap and the way he's getting around here. I won't be a bit surprised if he's able to do it while this race does stay green. 261 miles are complete in the Budweiser 500 here at Dover Downs this afternoon. The interval between first and second now, first being Mark Martin, second being Harry Gann, is about eight-tenths of a second. It's a pretty good ways back to the third-place car of Ernie Irvin, who's having a consistent run, but Ernie's just been unable to get up there and challenge for the lead that much this afternoon. Meanwhile, Harry Gant has closed in a little bit on the leader as that pack of traffic works over to turn two. Harry Gant pulls up now in one of the lap cars. Chad Little, he's directly behind race leader Mark Martin. All the while, Martin making his move now in the lap car of Davey Allison. He'll sweep down to the inside as Gant now closes in from the rear. Harry has to try and pick his way around Chad Little. Chad has the sponsorship from Labatt's Beer on the side of his car this weekend. And that, although it's new to Winston Cup racing, Labatt's used to sponsor Chad Little when he ran on the West Coast for uh, a number of years, growing up in Spokane, Washington, one of the uh, Canadian brews that has made its way into the uh, United States and now into Winston Cup racing. While we have a chance here, on lap 263, the running order remaining unchanged. A quick look at the uh, scoreboard as to racing that took place in Winston Racing Series action uh, over the weekend. Old Dominion Speedway in Manassas ran last night. They had a 100-lapper for the late model stock cars. Eddie Johnson of Ashland, Virginia, got the win over Dickie Boswell and Charlie Ford. Lanier Raceway in Gainesville, Georgia, ran last night. Mike Love got the win. And Debbie Lunsford finished second. They are husband and wife. So uh, Mike Love gets the victory. Debbie finishing second. Mark Miner was third. Mark's out of uh, Douglasville, Georgia. The other action scheduled last night of note, the Florence I-95 Speedway. They had rain, something which we have not seen now for two weeks on the Winston Cup Series. Uh, maybe everybody's luck is starting to change, Barn. Well, let's uh, let's hope so. I don't want to see any rain for a while, particularly around the racetrack like we've had in recent weeks. We're yeah. going to put the clock on Dale Earnhardt and see what he's getting around here as far as his uh, elapsed time around uh, an entire lap around the speedway, about 25 and a half seconds a little bit earlier, and that was about the time that tire problems started developing on his car. We'll see just how quick he's getting around there now. Looks like he's running about like he did early this afternoon when he was passing everybody on the speedway. If he caught a car, he went inside or outside, didn't make any difference, and just kept on going. 25 and 6 tenths seconds, that lap around for Dale Earnhardt, so he's running pretty much 
Uh, what he had all day, just a little bit off from what he was earlier. So Earnhardt getting around here, trying to make up that lap that he has gone down. He dominated just about all this race up until about the halfway point until he had that tire problem a few minutes ago. This is a very critical portion of the Winston Cup schedule. Critical because it really taxes the racing teams to the fullest. From last week in Charlotte, here now in Dover, Delaware. Next weekend in Northern California. The week after that in Middle uh, Pennsylvania. The week after that in Central Michigan. The week after that in Florida, back at Daytona Beach. I asked Jeff Hammond, who is the crew chief for Darrell Waltrip's car, whether even the very best teams in Winston Cup racing can get behind the eight ball in this next stretch of races. Real quick, uh, all it takes is one racetrack uh, such as here. You lose a race car, damage a race car, and during, during all the travel, uh, you're having... Your road crew, let's say, is, is dependent upon your shop team to get the cars repaired. And if they get a little behind in the shop for any given reason, that can put you behind going to the next race. And you're not going into those latter races as well uh, prepared as you'd like to be. Fortunately for us, at this point in the, at time, we're in pretty good shape. We've got a road course car uh, sitting back in the shop ready to go on the truck, you know, Monday uh, about 12 or 1 o'clock to get Tom on down the road to, to Sears Point. Uh, we've already got a car lined up for Pocono, so uh, we should be in uh, relatively good shape, you know, for the next couple of events. But uh, for some of the teams, it could really, you know, be very devastating if they happen to lose a car here that they were planning on running Pocono and then having to go to Sears Point and not having ample time to get the car, you know, repaired and prepared for the following race. And it's, there's so much travel that the guys are really going to be worn down. By the time we get back to Daytona and come July 4th, we'll be really looking forward to that race right there just because we got a little break right before that, and then we get a chance to lay around on the beach and kind of catch our breath. Trouble in the back straightaway. J.D. McDuffie's car loops around directly in front of the another car. Several machines now going to the inside and outside to get by. McDuffie did some damage to the in front side of the car, but he has refired the car and is driving back around on the pits. 273 laps on the board. We're under caution for the third time, and pit road's going to be a busy place here in just a moment from the Dover Downs International Speedway. This is MRN Radio. Hey guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they can work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code RACING. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code RACING to try it free. Blue Chew, it's the better, cheaper, faster choice. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. When it comes to safety, nothing is more important than your vehicle's brakes. If it's hard to stop or you hear squealing or grinding noises during braking, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. You'll find the brake parts you need from trusted brands like BrakeBest and BrakeBest Select at everyday low prices. Play it safe with brakes from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The four cars on the lead lap have already made their pit stops. Mark Martin, Harry Gant, 
Ernie Irvin and Ken Schrader. Now the other cars that are uh, running a lap or more down around the pit lane. One other car we haven't talked about, in addition to the J.D. McDuffie spin, and he has made it around to the pit lane all right, is Lake Speed. He had slowed on the racetrack, and the hood is now up on that car. Let's catch you up on the pit stops and the Lake Speed situation. Jim Phillips. Well, it's a carburetor problem for Lake Speed, our second of the day. It uh, seems, though, that one of the seats uh, jammed in the carburetor. It's not idling right. Terry Labonte is on pit road for service, getting four tires and gasoline. Rick Mast is in, four tires and gasoline for his machine. Jimmy Spencer, Derek Cope, Little, Bill Elliott, Joe Rutland, Sterling Marlin, Davey Allison, Richard Petty, Ted Musgrave, Bobby Hamilton are all getting service, four tires and gasoline. Dick Brooks? Well, Earnhardt was in and uh, got his car serviced. They went uh, back out on the racetrack. Rick Wilson was the quickest car actually in and back out. And uh, just about everybody, uh, Ricky Rudd was in. They got the four tires on his car, so it's regular routine tire stop. The four cars that made their stop a moment ago that were on the lead lap and came off pit road as the race out of the pits was won by Mark Martin, so he will remain as the leader here in the Budweiser 500. Harry Gant got out second, so Gant moves up into the number two spot. Kenny Schrader is now running third, and the fourth-place car is being posted as Ernie Irvin. Right behind him will ride Dale Earnhardt. 275 miles complete in the Budweiser 500. J.D. McDuffie, I believe, took his car to the garage area. Let's check in there and see if that is where he took the car for sure. Indeed it is, Barney, and J.D. McDuffie is out of his car and sitting here in a uh, cool now uh, inside the garage area. A short day, J.D. Yeah, I got, got tapped coming out the second turn there, and I hit the inside and the outside wall, so we out for the day. You're out for the day, but uh, you've been chasing all the Winston Cup races all season long. This is the second one you qualified for, and you had a good run going while it lasted. Yeah, it was running pretty decent there. We were just trying to finish, but we got in trouble, so. So he's been here before, and he'll be back again. Good luck, J.D. McCuffey. Oh, yeah, we'll be back. Tough luck for J.D. did have a pretty good run going here and uh, spun out going out of turn number two. Did quite a bit of damage to the race car and is now taking it to the garage area. He'll join Bobby Labonte, Brett Bonine, Michael Waltrip, and Dale Jarrett as the other cars that are out. Meanwhile, on the flag stand, Doyle Ford gives the field the indication one more lap and this race will go back to green. And in that uh, moment, we'll also see some members of the Quaker State team uh, run across the racetrack with Brett Bodine having uh, retired the car for the day. The MRN crew will be voting the peak antifreeze. Cool move of the race award a bit later on this afternoon. $500 on the line for the folks at uh, peak and MRN for the team making the particularly cool move today. Barney, while I remember, I do want to take a second here to uh, extend condolences to the family of Leo Waters. A lot of the folks up in this portion of the country and many folks in racing knew Leo, a mainstay on the uh, NASCAR Modified Series. He was the chief steward and uh, prior to that the assistant chief steward at Stafford uh, Motor Speedway in Connecticut. Leo had a heart attack and passed away uh, earlier in the week and all of us here at MRN want to extend our condolences uh, to the family and friends of Leo Waters. He was uh, a nice guy, a very special guy and he will be missed. Those sentiments are expressed from the Winston Cup garage area from all the folks down there also. Here is the pace car behind the pit wall, 277 miles on the board. Green flag is out, and Earnhardt is going for his lap. He wants to get back on the lead lap of the leader, Mark Martin. He's underneath him in turn one. Earnhardt's got a nose out in front of Martin, but Martin's staying up alongside, although he's in the higher groove, and Martin will have to give way, put Earnhardt back on the tail end of the lead lap just ahead of Mark Martin. 
So Dale Earnhardt back on the lead lap now, and he'll begin to pull away by a car length, car length and a half, two car lengths and more. Only four cars, now five on the lead lap with Dale Earnhardt having reassumed that position. Kenny Schrader and Ernie Irvin have a pretty good battle going for third spot in the middle of traffic. Irvin will have to give way. He goes in a little bit too high, and Schrader's got it hooked up down low. Plus, cars are right up on his tail. Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudder there, so Irvin will lose yet another spot going back to turn three. Ernie went just a little bit high and turns one and two. It's going to cost him a position. Meanwhile, Dale Earnhardt, who is back on the tail end of the lead lap of really getting it done, Mark Martin, trying to not let him get too far away. Mark's within three car lengths behind him. Mark is the leader as they work back to turn two. Mark's trying to shut down the distance now between himself and Earnhardt as Earnhardt is trying to get away. About two, maybe three car lengths separating the two here on the back straightaway as they head for three. As they go up into the corner, everyone holds their positions. Ernie Irvin trying to get closer to Schrader, but with Rusty Wallace between those two cars, Ernie has to back off one more time. Mark Martin is hanging with Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt got his lap back, but he's not able to pull away now after pulling off by about a car length and a half or so earlier. Now Earnhardt uh, can't really leave Mark Martin behind him. Two cars still together here on the back straightaway. Meanwhile, third place, Harry Gant, finally gets around one of the slower cars that was holding him up, the Allen and Kowicki machine. He's bypassed that car and is now closing in on another lap machine, that of Hutt Strickland. Harry Gant's having a good, solid run here today, but nobody's been in the ballpark with Dale Earnhardt. At least for the first half of this race, he has had the dominant car most of the day. But for the moment, as Eli Gold pointed out a moment ago, Mark Martin is able to hang with him this time. Dale got around him, but that's about all he's being able to do is stay a couple of car lengths ahead. 281 miles are complete. Mark Martin is the leader in the Budweiser 500. Harry Gant is the number two car, riding third right now. That will be Kenny Schrader. In fourth position is Ernie Irvin. And fifth right now is Dale Earnhardt. All those cars are still on the lead lap, although Earnhardt is on the tail end of it. The sixth place car right now is Hutt Strickland. A good solid run for Hutt here today also. Seventh being posted Morgan Shepard. Eighth will be Darrell Waltrip. Ninth right now, Jimmy Spencer. And rounding out the top ten is Alan Kulwicki. While the uh, race works in its middle stages here and there will be, at least for the moment, no change in the running order, let's update everybody, Barn, on uh, some of the news that has taken place this week. One of the uh, bigger stories is the fact that we told you that uh, Kenny Wallace, after this day, will be returning to the Bush Grand National Series. He'll get back into the uh, regular car, the Cox Wood Preserving Machine, to chase down the Bush Series Championship. Next week, Tommy Kendall, the uh, road racing standout from La Cañada, California, will be driving the mellow yellow Pontiac, replacing the injured uh, Kyle Petty on the road course. Then, when the series gets back east to Pocono, Pennsylvania, Bobby Hillen will be driving the car, and he will drive for the remainder of uh, the injury period of Kyle Petty. Hillen leaves the Moroso car. And Buddy Baker will drive the Moroso machine for the uh, six or seven events that they plan to run for the remainder of the year. But I asked Bobby Hillen yesterday how the deal with Mellow Yellow Racing and Sapco, Felix Sabatis, uh, came together because it's a great opportunity to really show your ability. That's definitely what I'll be looking at. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things going into that deal. I'm going to be uh, uh, substituting for Kyle Petty, and I'm going to be uh, doing the best job I can do for Kyle and for Gary Nelson and Mellow Yellow and Felix and uh, they've got a really top-notch organization, and I just feel like if I go in there and, and, and race as hard as I can race and uh, bring everything that I have to the table, then we'll run up front, and I think that we'll win a race. I mean, I definitely think we'll win a race. So Bobby Hillen will take over driving the Mellow Yellow Pontiac at Pocono. 
A couple of other items. Uh, the Derek Cope team had some changes this week uh, on crew members. Uh, Brad Parrott left that team, as did uh, Greg Whitcomb. He is the son of the owner, Bob Whitcomb. He has gone on to pursue other opportunities. And uh, Bob Tomlinson will come over effective Monday, effective tomorrow. He will leave the Kale Yarborough Motorsports entry to become the business manager, the day-to-day operations man for the uh, Purelator Chevrolet. So a few folks moving around. That brings you up to date on the uh, news from the Winston Cup scene. 207 miles remain in the Budweiser 500 here at Dover Downs. Pitch stop for the Snickers Buick. Rick Wilson, who had been running uh, with the leaders all day and had the extended stay on the pit lane for a carburetor problem earlier. He's back in, Dick Brooks. Well, they're, then they're working on the car. Look at the car. Uh, looks like a NASCAR official told them Rick Wilson had a pretty good day going, but he's had to spend the extended time on pit road has hurt his chances of any kind of a top 10 finish here this afternoon. 294 miles complete in the Budweiser 500 for the day. This race has been pretty well strung out for the most part. Earnhardt dominated the early going and all the way through the first half of it. As a matter of fact, Earnhardt was the car to beat. He just drove away from everybody by as much as four or five seconds at a given time. Now, Earnhardt, for the moment, has got himself back on the tail end of the lead lap. Mark Martin is about a car length and a half behind him. Dale had pulled away by about four or five car lengths on that restart when he got his lap back a moment ago. But for the moment, Mark Martin not about to let him get out of his sight. He's been no no better than a couple of car lengths ahead of Mark Martin. Meanwhile, as Mark looks back, Harry Gant is beginning to close the gap between himself and the leader out of turn two. Gant's chopped it down to about five car lengths now as he continues to close in here on the back straightaway. Martin is working on Earnhardt. Got right up on his bumper a couple of times here several laps ago. Looked like he was going to go ahead and try to put Earnhardt back down off the lead lap, but now he's kind of dropped back by about a car length and lets Earnhardt hold his spot there for the time being. But again, he's certainly keeping him in sight. Both taking identical lines to the low part of the speedway while Harry Gant still maintains his spot three, maybe four car lengths behind Mark Martin. All single file here on the back stretch. Harry had a good run going here yesterday, driving at Whitaker's Buick in the uh, Busch Grand National Series Budweiser 200, a race you heard here on MRN Radio. And again, Harry Gant running well at, uh, at Dover is uh, not really the biggest surprise in life. He likes his racetrack. No, he's come off close to winning his first Winston Cup race right here. He and Darrell Walter came down wire to wire several years ago when Harry was driving for Jack Beebe and uh, almost won his first Winston Cup race right here at Dover. He's always had some pretty good finishes, and he's always been one of the few drivers to come here that's able to find a groove. If the car won't run at the bottom, he'll move up midway, and I think you touched on it earlier this afternoon. There was a time when you could just automatically make book on it. When Harry Gant came to Dover Downs uh, Speedway, you would see him running less than two or three feet off that wall, which is the long way around. It adds probably an eighth of a mile or so to getting the distance around this racetrack, but his lap times was as quick and in some cases quicker than anybody on the speedway. So Harry is pretty adaptable here at this racetrack. We're coming up on the 300-mile mark in one more circuit around Dover Downs with just 200 miles left in the Budweiser 500. We had talked about being comfortable in the race car and it being hot yesterday and Friday in practice and in the Bush Grand National race here yesterday. I talked with Ricky Rudd about coming to a place like Dover and some of the tracks that we'll be coming up to in the near future where the temperatures are certainly going to be in the 90s and maybe even in the 100-degree mark a possibility before the summer is over. And you look in these cars, you do the same thing. I go into garage here. We, we always look in the cockpit to see if there's anything new and whatever. Right. Sometimes it looks like a plumber has been at work in those cars. <laughs> there's so much duct work and pipe and everything else. And I asked Ricky Rudd about ducting a lot of air in the car. How much do you like? Does it help that much? And he kind of talked a little bit about that situation. 
Well, it really, some drivers have got hoses running every which way in those cars, but, uh, you know, they, they work real hard on the aerodynamics to make sure that you don't get any air, air inside the car. You try to have it hug the car as close as you can, but you don't want it to go out and uh, uh, you don't want it to come back inside the car. It slows the car down. So uh, you have to work on getting air vents at the right place to get some air in there. But even yet, I, some guys like a lot of air. Some guys like a little bit of air. I just like just a little bit. To me, if you put too much air in it, it sort of dries you out. And, uh, and and then it ends up getting you more tired. So I just I just get just a little bit of breeze just to move the air around. So it's uh, you know you don't have all the exhaust fumes and such hanging around you. Thoughts of Ricky Rudd about getting some fresh air into the car, and he's right. Some drivers like a lot of air pouring in all around them in the car. Some drivers like just a little bit, maybe on their face or whatever. They continually experiment and do different things to to get the driver comfortable in that race car. A lot of the fellows have gone to uh, one of those new helmets from Simpson that has uh, a little duct work actually built into what you would call the lower lip of the helmet, one of these full face deals, and uh, they can pipe air right into that uh, lower portion of the helmet. And you did a deal uh, last week at Charlotte. You were working on the telecast at, uh, for TBS, Barney, and you were uh, pointing out, although I think Kenny Stabler finally put it on the air, but uh, you and I were talking about Richard Bostick, who uh, fuels for the Mellow Yellow team, and he looked like uh, Mr. Air Conditioning Man down there last week. It was really hot. And we talked to Richard, and he said as long as that helmet was on full face and the air was circulating inside, that it really just made all the difference. It doesn't cool your body that much, but what happens is it keeps your head cool. And he said as long as the top of your head is cool and your face is cool, you don't really notice the outside air temperature and everything else around your body. I think we may see some of the pit crew guys using that very situation and several of the drivers before too much longer. 305 miles are complete here at Dover Downs in the Budweiser 500. Mark Martin continues to lead Harry Gant, Kenny Schrader, and Ernie Irvin and Dale Earnhardt will comprise the top five. They are all on the lead lap. Eli Gold alongside Barney Hall. We've got Joe Moore covering the action of the turns today. Dick Brooks and Jim Phillips are on pit road. Gary Montgomery is our man in the garage area. Our engineer is Harry Howard. Next weekend, to remind you again, Sears Point International Raceway. I'm looking for, number one, it's a beautiful country out there. And uh, uh, although for us, Barney. We were talking earlier this morning from our location at Sears Point. We can't see all the way around the racetrack. It is still, nevertheless, a unique approach uh, for Winston Cup racing, and it's always interesting to see how these fellows, each time they go to a road course, seem to improve. The more they get familiar with a place, uh, we've seen it at Watkins Glen also, the better the racing gets to be. There is some good racing out there, and there really is, and it's such a challenge for the drivers, but it seems like, uh, I know you did a piece on it this weekend, and we were talking about it earlier, I did not realize that in since, what, 1988, Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd have won all the road course races. I just didn't realize. I knew they both run well and won on them, but I didn't realize that between the two, they just kind of cut everything up. They really have. And that's next weekend, Sears Point. Hosting the Banquet Foods 300, our broadcast will be at 2.45 Eastern Time next Sunday afternoon. Looking ahead, June the 16th, we will be at the Pocono International Raceway. The Mattiolis will be welcoming everybody there for the Champion Spark Plug 500. June 23rd, the Miller 400 at Michigan International Speedway. July the 6th, the Pepsi 400 at Daytona International Speedway. Then also in the month of July, we'll be at Pocono, Pennsylvania for the Miller 500, July 21st. July 28th, the Die Hard 500 at the Talladega Super Speedway. And in August, we'll be at Watkins Glen, New York for the Budweiser at the Glen. That's August 11th. Also in the month of August, the 18th, the Champion 400 at Michigan International Speedway. And then August 24th, the Bush 500 at Bristol. 
Harry Gantz going after the lead in turn three. Gantz down to the inside of Mark Martin. Martin was forced high trying to lap the Dale Earnhardt car as he went high in the banking in turn two. Gantz dove down low, but now Martin's back out in front. Mark had decided he was going to put Earnhardt a lap down. He got alongside him coming down the front straightaway and went off into turn one probably a little bit harder than he meant to. The car kicked up. Harry Gantz took advantage of it, got alongside, but it kind of all balanced back out now, Joe Moore. Martin is back in the lead. All knows the tail this time. Once again, Earnhardt directly in front of the race leader, Mark Martin, and Gant right behind him as they head to turn four. The fourth place runner is Ernie Irvin. He is the length of a straightaway behind these three cars. Here goes Martin now to the outside of Earnhardt at the start-finish line. They'll draw even in turn number one. Martin's going to try and put him a lap down, and he may lose the lead again in the process. Same thing that happened last time. Gant takes a low line off the corner. Here's Martin now swerving to get back in between Dale Earnhardt and Harry Gant. Martin saves it again. I still say Dale Earnhardt is the best in the business in a situation like this. He'll let off just a little bit in the straightaway to make you think you're going to do what you want to do, which is put him a lap down in this case, and then going off into the corner, he'll get back in that throttle, make you run in there a little bit harder than you want to, and sometimes you get the car completely crossed up, and Mark almost did that a time or two. Now Mark's in trouble with Harry Gant. Gant dives down to the inside of the racetrack, pulls up alongside Mark Martin. Martin is stronger, though, getting into the corner ahead of Harry Gant. All he needs to do now is close down in front of Gant. Harry trying to stay right there. This is the best an Oldsmobile has run at this racetrack in a long, long time. As a matter of fact, Oldsmobile is the last of the car makers currently in Winston Cup racing that has never visited Victory Lane here at Dover. Never has an Oldsmobile won a race here. For the moment, though, it is an Oldsmobile showing the way as Harry worked hard to make the pass on Mark Martin. And in the process of all that that went on there the last few laps, Earnhardt may have created something else. If you can get Harry Gann and Mark Martin to battling each other, that's going to allow Dale to pull away from those two and maybe get himself in a little better position to get back up there and win this race or even see those two get together and wrinkle up a little sheet metal. Maybe they've realized that all of a sudden as they work back to turn three. Harry Gantz closing it down on Earnhardt momentarily. He had jumped away from those two for a while, but now Gantz is right up on Earnhardt's bumper. Harry Gantz closing in on the rear deck of that black and white machine. Earnhardt goes to the inside. Gantz takes his car to the outside, but Earnhardt's car gets wide again in the corner. Perfectly legal. Dale is a tough man to get around, and Gantz has to settle back in single file. It was close call racing seconds ago, Joe, for Derek Cope in front of you. He thought, I think, for a moment about trying to go three wide on that back straightaway, but when it narrowed down to 48 feet wide, he uh, decided to back off. Derek's had some problems all afternoon getting off turn number two. Several times his car has wiggled a bit coming off the corner. He's experimented up on the outside of the track coming off turn two, a place most drivers haven't dared go. It's worked most of the time for Derek Cope, but you're right, that particular time it was a close call for him. Derek... uh, Last week when he finished 12th in the Coca-Cola 600, he passed the $1 million mark in career Winston Cup earnings. That came last weekend at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. And another retiree from uh, the action right now. Jim Phillips is with Mickey Gibbs. They pushed his car behind the wall. Mickey Gibbs, you're behind the wall. What's wrong? Well, we're not really sure, Winston. Something on the steering's going to file on this thing. The steering wheel's like a half a turn off right now, and the wheels are straight. So something's got loose in the steering. So Mickey Gibbs are going to try to work on it and get him back in. 
Well, we have yet to see Dale Earnhardt go a lap down. Over the last moment, while you were away hearing a message of interest from your local area, Harry Gant has tried and tried and tried to bypass Earnhardt to the outside and put Dale a lap down, but it's not happened yet, and they're trying it again in turn number two. Gant is really staying with him on the outside each time going into turn one. Looks like maybe he'll go a little bit too high and slip, but he hangs on to it and still is dead even with Earnhardt as they go back to turn three. Fourth place car, Ernie Irvin, is four a little better than four and a half seconds behind that battle for the lead as they work out of turn number four and back down to the line. Harry Gant still outside of Dale Earnhardt, and Earnhardt's loving every minute of this because he's just making him use up the car a little bit more as hard as they're running through the corners. Now Dale tucks directly ahead of Harry Gant out of turn two. Gant looks to the inside of Dale coming off turn number two. No chance to make the move, so they'll go single file this time back to turn three. Barney mentioned that uh, Ernie Irvin in fourth is four and a half seconds behind the lead cars. Kenny Schrader, who's running third, is two and nine tenth seconds back. Now as they come across start finish to put lap 329 on the board, Harry Gant thought about making an inside move on Dale Earnhardt, but couldn't pull it off as they're back in the corner. I think he's tired of riding on the outside and decides maybe he can do it down on the inside. Again off turn two. Gant peeks down underneath Earnhardt. No chance to make the move. This time he swings out wide and again pulls alongside. Earnhardt will give him the outside lane, but he's not going to give him the inside lane. If he can get a, get a position on him going into the corner, Harry Gant can get underneath Dale. He's got a shot to put him a lap down but it's going to be awfully hard to do it on that outside because Earnhardt can make him go high coming out of the corner, really bind that car up through the turn. They're back out of turn two. This is some of the cleanest racing you'll ever see for the last 15 laps have been running side by side. They haven't touched yet. Again, back to turn three. Earnhardt down low. Gant taking that higher line. Mark Martin is waiting for one of the lanes to open up. Now, if you're just joining us, this again is not the battle for the lead. It is a battle for Harry Gant to put Dale Earnhardt a lap down. Earnhardt earlier today had a lead that seemed insurmountable. He was up by 16 and 17 seconds on the rest of the field. Then he had a tire that began to lose air. That brought him back with everybody else. And since then, Earnhardt has struggled first to get back on the lead lap and now to try and stay there. Gant again trying him here at start finish. And Earnhardt got squirrely coming off the number four corner. They might have made a little contact coming out of turn number four. The two cars bobble just a little bit. And Harry Gant is suddenly gone. And Earnhardt finds himself a lap down, and now Gant pulls away by four, make it five car lanes. Gant's getting away from him here on the back straightaway. Now Earnhardt has to worry about Mark Martin. He goes to work on the Chevrolet, taking up to the outside of the racetrack. Mark Martin, the second-place car, now also getting by Earnhardt. By the way, Martin's been running, though, once he gets clear sailing. I don't think Earnhardt will stay with him right now. I might totally be wrong, certainly, but Martin's got the run going on the outside, and Earnhardt is going to try and stay with him, but it's going to be tough as they come off turn two. Dale's got it hooked up there on the bottom of the racetrack while Martin struggles on the outside. The nose of Martin's car is out in front about halfway down this back straightaway. Into turn number three again, Earnhardt pulls even with him. I think more than the concern of keeping Earnhardt underneath Mark Martin, Mark takes a look ahead and sees what a big gap right now is suddenly developing between himself and the first place car of Harry Gant. While he and Earnhardt are going at it door to door, Gant is driven away now by a full two seconds. They're back in the back stretch. Harry Gant's all alone. Still the battle going on as Mark Martin's trying to clear the machine of Dale Earnhardt. Those two still race side by side back to turn three. Directly behind them, the Ted Musgrave car, and he's staying right up with Martin. I remember that Schrader was two and nine-tenths seconds back, and Ernie Irvin was four and a half seconds back before. Well, now while Gant pulls away, Schrader and Ernie Irvin are within just car lengths of that second place car, Mark Martin. So Martin has his hands full with Earnhardt, also has to start checking the rear view mirror with Schrader and Irvin closing in while Harry Gant pulls away. 
337 miles complete in the Budweiser 500. Harry Gant is a leader by a healthy margin now. He has a little better than a half a straightaway on the second-place car, which currently is Mark Martin. He had still been locked up there, and Martin may lose that second spot. Kenny Schrader gets underneath him going off into turn number three. They'll race side-by-side across the start-finish line, heading back into turn number one. As Eli mentioned a few moments ago, Martin was so busy trying to lap Dale Earnhardt, he wasn't looking back. Schrader now has moved by as Martin goes way up the banking. Martin now to lose another spot. Ernie Irvin pulls up to the inside of him at the back straightaway. Ernie Irvin staying to the low side of the racetrack, and Barney and I are just sitting here talking among ourselves. He might just have gotten those tires way hot as he uh, climbed the banking, as Joe Moore told everyone. When he goes off into that corner, and Dick Brooks, you've driven this racetrack here, so you can probably attest to this a little bit. When you put that car in a bind all the way through the corner in both ends of this racetrack, lap after lap, those tires will give up a little bit, will they not? Well, there's no question about it, Barney. They, uh, those guys were with Kent and uh, Earnhardt running the way they were. They were, uh, Earnhardt running down on the inside, and he started smoking the rear just a little bit. So he was having to bind this car down to stay under it. And when they go on a turn, that would get him loose enough that he could go ahead and turn the corner and come on down uh, and stay in the bottom. Well, Gant running on the outside like that actually were keeping his tires cooler than uh, Earnhardt was, and that's the reason I think he shot away when he finally got around him and got to where he could use the bottom of the racetrack. Uh, in the meantime, uh, the car of Mark Martin had bumped Earnhardt a couple times, and uh, and that that caused him to squirrel around just a little bit and slip and slide a little bit, and that runs the tire temperatures up somewhat, and uh, I think that's what happened to him. I think he just uh, got his tires a little bit hotter than he would have liked to, and he's going to slip back for a while until he cools them down. That's about all he can do right now is not lose any more ground than he already has to the front runners. 341 miles complete. Harry Gant is the leader. He saw Bill Elliott, and now there's problems on the racetrack. Chad Little has lost the engine, apparently, on the Labatt's car number 19. And there's a plume of smoke from behind that automobile that brings out the caution for the fourth time today on lap 349. Chad Little losing the engine on the Labatt's car, bringing us to a caution period. And Jim Phillips, I was about to say, with Harry Gant leading, we had seen an early pit stop from Bill Elliott before, even earlier than we had expected. Are they having any kind of problem? Yes, sir. My, uh, the hood went up on the Coors Light Ford. He has an overheating problem. They brought out the water hose, forced the water in the radiator, and sent him on his way. And uh, they're not sure at this point whether he will be able to finish. Uh, this uh, Budweiser 500. Richard Petty was in just a moment ago. Four tires in gasoline on lap 346. Lap 347, Sterling Marlin came in. He got four tires in gasoline. They're showing 350 miles complete in the Budweiser 500. As soon as the caution car picks up the field and they come back around, pit road will be a busy place. We'll see all the cars on the lead lap coming in for a routine pit stop, and they'll have the luxury of making this one under the caution. For the most part, early this afternoon, just about all the stops were made under green flag conditions. Chad Little's car is still sitting on pit road. The smoke has abated a little bit from it, but apparently he is going to be through for the day. Did a good job of keeping that car in a straight line as it looked like it expired right in the middle of turns three and four. Well, here's an interesting one here. Harry Gant elects not to pit. Now, remember, only the cars on the lead lap will pit on this first lap of caution. Gant stays on the track while Ernie Irvin, Ken Schrader, and Mark Martin have elected to come down pit road. Dick Brooks? Well, Mark Martin comes in. Is he gonna, They're going to do four tires. I think it'll be regular uh, routine for all of them. The Ernie Irvin car is the same way. There's a tire got away from the Ernie Irvin's car uh, from crew and rolled out to the outside wall, which is, uh, can be subject to penalize, I guess, but it's laying out there by itself and it's out of the way. 
So they'll get those down and get them out of the way. I'm not for sure why the Gantt card did not come in. That's uh, that's a little bit of a strange thing. He's now going to have to be back in behind those cars when he pits the next time by. So that's going to cost him track position, plus he's going to be uh, having to pit with all the other cars that are at least a lap down will be on pit road. It's going to be a little bit more crowded this time. 351 miles are on the board. Let's see what Harry does this time as the pace car brings him up into turn number four. Gant is down toward the apron of the racetrack, and he is going to peel off that banking and come on to pit road, so he will make a stop this time. And we'll see the other cars, just about two-thirds of the field, is going to follow him in the pits. Right behind him is Tommy Ellis. Sterling Marlin is coming back in. Dale Earnhardt, who is still a lap down, will make a pit stop. Here comes Rusty Wallace. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. Well, on this end of pit road, Jerry Labonte comes in. Jimmy Spencer, Bobby Hillen is in for service. Rick Mass is bringing his Oldsmobile in. Derek Cope with his Chevrolet. Bobby Hamilton is in for service. All these cars, the same scenario, getting four tires and gasoline. Tommy Ellis is in. And then let's go down to Dick Brooks. Well, they got Earnhardt, uh, uh, Walter Carr, sorry, Rusty Wallace. They're going to pit. Uh, they're going to put on four tires. I'm lost here, but they're going to put on four tires to go away. Earnhardt goes out in front of the Harry Gant cars. Rusty Wallace follows them out. So Harry Gant is going to not really lose that much distance on the racetrack, but it, uh, apparently there could have been a mix-up or something. We'll maybe check on that. It would be interesting to know why Harry did not elect to pit when he could have just a moment ago. 352 laps complete from the Dover Downs International Speedway. This is MRN Radio. Citywide to countryside. Whatever you drive, wherever you go. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. To learn more, visit HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. Grunt style. The American fighting spirit is in everything we make. We are 500 patriots and veterans strong, bringing clothing manufacturing back to the United States of America. Always moving forward, never retreating, never giving up. We are Grunt Style, and this we'll defend. Get yours at GruntStyle.com. Here at Dover Downs International Speedway, pit stops continuing for some. Bill Elliott, uh, Ted Musgrave on pit lane. Others have uh, come and gone. Chad Little's car, though, is still sitting in his pit stall. The car sponsored this week by Labatt's Beer, and Jim Phillips is down there. Chad Little, a lot of smoke. What happened? Well, I'm, I'm just guessing that uh, <laughs> something broke in the motor. Um, I felt a little vibration as I got about halfway down the back straightaway, and, <clears throat> and then um, just the whole car filled up with smoke, you know, and I was kind of hoping it was someone in front of me, but that wasn't the way. Um, I just, it's too bad, you know, we had a new sponsor, Labatt's Beer and Tyson Foods on the car, and oh, well, it's just one of those days. Um, these things happen, and uh, we'll be back next week ready to go. Going back close to home next week. That's right, uh, going home to the road course where I feel a little more comfortable. Um, you know, it's the second time I've been to Dover and the first time in about three years, and this is a tough track. Um, I felt good physically, you know, I'm fine. Um, it's uh, just too bad. We missed the setup a little bit, and I was struggling all day long, but the, the uh, Labatt's Tyson Ford, um, you know, it wasn't that bad. We're looking forward to a good run at Sears Point, though, next week. Thank you. That's Chad Little. He's out of it here this afternoon. Harry Gann has made three pit stops during this caution flag. Dick Brooks, is there a problem? Well, the last one was because when he went back out, he went, went above the line down in the first turn, and they uh, called him back in. 
The second time there was a problem on the right side of the tire and stuff. I'm trying to find out what it is. They're getting ready to go back to green flag racing. They'll go at lap 355. The leader is Kenny Schrader. Mark Martin is posted right behind him in the number two spot. Ernie Irvin is now up to third, and Harry Gant is still being shown in fourth. Earnhardt is going to be the first car down to the inside, a lap down. Let's see what he does this time to try to get his lap back away from Schrader. Under green, they take off, and Schrader's going to get the jump on him before they hit the corner and kind of shut the door on him, so to speak, before they get to turn two. Schrader puts it right there at the bottom of the racetrack. Earnhardt pulls up on him, tries to look down to the inside to pull back up and get back on the tail end of the lead lap. The move will not work. So again, Earnhardt behind Schrader, then the lap car, Rusty Wallace, then Hut Strickland. Mark Martin works to the outside, and Ernie Irvin's pulling up on him. But of all those names that Joe just gave you only Schrader, Martin, Ernie Irvin, and Harry Gant are on the lead lap, and Earnhardt's going to try and get back there if he can. He makes the move this time as Ken Schrader drives in a little bit hard. Earnhardt right at the bottom of the racetrack is able to get by Schrader. Now Schrader's got to worry about the lap car of Hut Strickland. They head back into turn three and four. One thing about Earnhardt, he does not hesitate when he catches traffic. He knows exactly what he wants to do. He's one of the few drivers that you watch out there that he's never in doubt about what he's going to do with his car. If there's a hole there and he thinks he can get through it, he just does not hesitate. He goes ahead and makes some kind of a move, and more times than not, it pays off for him. He is back on the lead lap. Meanwhile, the leader's out of turn two. Kenny Schrader suffering from being in the outside lane. He's lost a spot to Rusty Wallace, again, who's not on the lead lap, but he lost to Ernie Irvin, who is. Mark Martin has gone by Schrader, and now Harry Gant takes the inside line to get by Kenny Schrader. So Harry Gant, after his pit stop uh, rotation of moments ago, now beginning to climb his way back up towards the front of the field as Ken Schrader showed the way there uh, for a while. Ernie Irvin has led. Uh, Dale Earnhardt led earlier today. We have seen a number of different leaders, but uh, probably still none was quite as dominating as was Dale Earnhardt in the early to middle stages of the race when he built up better than a uh, 15, 16, 17 second lead on the rest of the field. Don't forget, later today, the members of the media in attendance here at Dover Downs will vote the Goodies Headache Award, the driver or the team, crew chief, whomever, with the hardest luck during the running of today's Budweiser 500 takes home the money from the folks at Goodies Manufacturing. We'll update you on that as our afternoon continues. Now we're on lap 360, 140 laps remain. Ernie Irvin is still the leader. Here he is across the start-finish line. Mark Martin has eased up into the number two spot. Harry Gant has worked his way back to third. Fourth is Kenny Schrader. Fifth is Dale Earnhardt. Sixth right now is Hut Strickland. Seventh is Morgan Shepard. In eighth is Jimmy Spencer. Ninth is Darrell Waltrip. Rounding out the top ten is Rusty Wallace. As we take you a little further back, Ricky Rudd will be the 11th place car. Terry Labonte is being posted 12th. Good run for Labonte here today, despite the fact that they've made some unscheduled stops and had a few problems. He's having a pretty solid run. Thirteenth right now is Derek Cole. 14th is Sterling Marlin, and rounding out the top 15 is Alan Kowicki as the leaders head back to turn two. Ernie Irvin beginning to feel the heat of Mark Martin has really snuck up on him. Martin's got to worry about Harry Gant. He's just inches off his bumper, and then Kenny Schrader follows that line as they go back into turn three. Three lap cars directly ahead of the race leaders, Earnhardt, Hutt Strickland, and Rusty Wallace. So as those cars hold their positions, Rusty Wallace sees Ernie Irvin right behind him, Rusty being shown in 10th spot. He is one lap down, and again, if you're just joining us along the way, uh, Rusty Wallace, they have not finished a race 
since winning at Bristol back on April the 14th in that span. They have gone from 5th to 12th in the Winston Cup points. And in the last four races, they had a 32nd finish, a 21st, a 26th, and a 22nd, and never did see the checkered flag. So uh, this could be a nice break for that little bit of a problem spell that has been uh, chasing down the Rusty Wallace team. As a matter of fact, I was talking about that with uh, his crew chief, uh, Jimmy Maycar, not all that long ago. We were talking about what do you guys do on a Monday morning after an aborted effort on a Sunday afternoon? First thing to do is sit down with everybody in the office and you know talk things out and uh, figure out what the problems were and then uh, hash out some ideas of what to do to fix them. Uh, right now we've got a lot of pieces and parts all over the country being tested and analyzed and uh, we're coming up with a lot of answers right now. Uh, you know, it may not show up tomorrow or, or the next day, but uh, in the long run, we're going to find out what our problems really were and, and fix everything, and I think it'll make a lot better race team out of us. And they are uh, right there within the hunt here again today. Granted, a lap down, but not all that far behind with a shot at uh, getting back on the lead lap. They can get by another car or two here before the day is over. I don't think there's a more dedicated race team to having total perfection in a team than that group of guys in Rusty's uh, shop down in Charlotte, North Carolina. 365 miles are complete in the Budweiser 500. Dale Earnhardt is still in a position to win this race very much so. He is on the tail end of the lead lap right now. This is about the second or third time this afternoon that he's been able to unlap himself and get back up there after having a tire problem about midway through the race. Since that time, he's had to play catch up, and so far he's been able to get back on the lead lap, but that's about all he's been able to do as he's not been able to take advantage of the caution flags to get himself in a position to pull right in behind the leaders. If he ever does, i got a feeling he's going to be the man to deal with again. As they work out a turn number four, Ernie Irvin is the leader. Mark Martin just two car lengths behind. About a car length and a half back to the third-place car of Harry Gantz. Some pretty tight racing at the front of the pack over in turn two. So far, no stepping out of line. Everyone's staying single file. Irvin, of course, hoping to try to track down the... Uh, the car of Dale Earnhardt. He's separated from Earnhardt now by about 10 car lengths plus the lap car of Hutt Strickland as they go back to turn four. Just looking at Rick Mast's car coming by us. A uh, right, uh, look, I don't know if it's right rear. It looks like it is. Look, he must have smudged the wall somewhere because the sheet metal is crunched in just a little bit on Rick Mast's gold classic Oldsmobile. And here he comes now, as a matter of fact. He must have just brushed the wall a lap or two ago because the right rear began to smoke. And as he came by us, we were able to see the uh, the smudge marks. He's coming to the attention of the crew, Jim Phillips. Well, they're going to go work on the right rear quarter panel. He just uh, got the rear end out of shape. And they're going to try to peel that sheet metal off and send him back on his way. They give him the go sign. So taking uh, a hammer handle and going around to try to get the sheet metal away from the tire on the right rear. Rick Mass is pretty happy in that ride this year. They haven't had all the success that they expected to have in the first part of the season, but he told me yesterday, he said, I'm sure I'm going to be there next year. We've got another year on our contract, and he said, I think we'll win some races before the year is out, and I kind of feel they will, too. He's had some pretty good, solid runs. They get the car repaired now and send Rick Mass back onto the speedway. 370 miles complete, 130 more to go in the Budweiser 500 here this afternoon. The leader is Ernie Irvin. Trouble in turn one. Jimmy Spencer spins, hits the outside wall hard. Now rolls back down the banking. Good evasive move by Joe Ruttman and Bobby Hamilton to get by. Spencer's car has come to rest up the banking about halfway up the racetrack just to the entrance of turn two. Caution is on the speedway. It'll be the fifth one this afternoon as Jimmy Spencer has hit the wall between turns one and two. Four cars at least are on pit road. Let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, Mark Martin uh, came in 
uh, and, and they're doing four tires on his car. Well, they're going to do four tires on all of them, I guess. But they've also got uh, I give uh, Dale Earnhardt a chance to come in because he was back on the same lap. Even though he was way back, he got to run around and jump into the pits because he had made his lap up. So that's going to be a big advantage to him. Uh, Kenny Schrader and Hud Strickland. Hud Strickland did the same thing. Kenny Schrader came in and got out and they had a little problem changing the tires on Mark Martin's car. And he just now goes Hut Strickland is back on the lead lap. Dale Earnhardt is a very big advantage for him. He's going to be able to pull right in behind the front runners now and go for the lead officially here, so to speak, the way he did the first part of the race. Uh, we should update you that Jimmy Spencer did climb from the uh, Mr. Peanut machine. He has gone into the ambulance for the uh, ride into the infield care center, but uh, uh, Jimmy did climb into the ambulance under his own power, and we have Gary Montgomery standing by. He'll check in with us as soon as uh, Jimmy exits following the uh, mandatory checkup. Most everybody has been on pit road, and uh, Dick Brooks, it doesn't seem to be anything out of the ordinary for anyone, really. I didn't see anybody doing anything except Rick Mass up there where he hit the wall a while ago. They were working on the fender just a little bit on the back fender, but uh, everybody else just normal routine stuff. They're, they're going to have to start getting ready for, uh, for a finish of the race, though. They may only get, if they don't have any more costumes, they'll only have one more stop. And uh, in that stop, they're going to have to, uh, uh, if it's a green flag stop, just probably change two tires and go on. So they got to get the best tires they can get on the cars and uh, get the thing as fuel, uh, full of gas as they can so they can do it one more time. So we continue under caution. A chance for us to remind you that the Trans-South Financial Corporation, the folks at Trans-South, they're again asking you to participate in the Dash for the Cash contest. And, uh, heck, they don't have to ask me twice to be part of it because it's a chance to win $5,000 a couple of different times yet this year. And it's also a chance for you to win the use of a 1992 Ford Explorer. You can pick the winner of the Die Hard 500 at Talladega on July the 28th or the Mellow Yellow 500 in Charlotte on October the 6th. If you guess the winning driver, you'll be one of those entered to be part of the drawing for $5,000. It's all part of the folks at Trans-South Financial Corporation and their Dash for the Cash contest. Good people. They, of course, sponsor the Trans-South 500 at Darlington each year. Why not swing by your nearest Trans-South office and be part of the Dash for the Cash? Kenny Wallace has just brought the car they call Rebel onto the pit lane. This is the first race that that car has run this year. He's in for service from Gary Nelson and the crew. Let's cover that stuff. Well, they're going to change the... Uh left side tire. They're working in the left rear. They're not changing the tires so much. They're working up under the rear of the car. Uh, might say that on the back of that car, there's a, there's a happy birthday, and I think uh, Linda Petty must have gone off to some hospital someplace or wherever babies come from about 31 years ago today, and that's where Kyle got started, so he's, uh, today's his birthday, and, they, and they've got it all over the back of the car there, so uh, happy birthday to Kyle, and uh, he'll be back in there pretty quick, but they're working up under the back of the car doing something. Dick Brooks, only he can explain it the way he does. The uh, Tyson Lickety Split Award in this most recent segment of the race, Mark Martin on lap 281 toured the speedway at 141.011 miles an hour. That was the quick lap in the third segment of today's Budweiser 500. And uh, we acknowledge the folks at uh, Tyson as the uh, folks who sponsor the quick lap of the race each and every weekend. Elmo Langley has the field in tow right now. He drives the uh, Oldsmobile pace car here. He had a pretty good run here, looking back in the record books. Elmo finished fifth here, uh, has the best uh, performance for him back in the late 60s, uh, early 70s. Let's go back downstairs. We've got Jimmy Spencer alongside. Jimmy, you're uh, obviously okay, but uh, you're something wrong with your feet. Well, I got my both feet caught in a uh, brake pedal and a clutch pedal and the gas pedal, and... Uh... I cut the one and uh, banged the other one, but I'm all right, you know. Uh, the banquet car was running pretty good. 
I made a mistake at the beginning of the race. I got out in that low, loose stuff and uh, tagged the wall, but that time was unnecessary. You know, a guy got into me, hit me, turned me around. Uh, we were racing for position, I guess, but uh, that's racing. The back of the car is a real mess. You really hit the wall a hard lick. I can't believe how hard I hit that wall, and, and uh, it took a long time for me to hit it. You know, and I knew I was going to hit the damn thing, but uh, I just thank the Lord that I'm all right, you know. Those walls don't move. Uh, we'll be back next week. He tested it. Jimmy Spencer from Berwick, Pennsylvania. He likes running up here in the north. It's a good opportunity for him to uh, see a lot of the folks who used to follow his career during uh, modified racing days. And uh, he's going to be a good one. You know, a lot of folks say he's got uh, some rough edges and he still has some experience to get, which I guess he does. He's not won Winston Cup as long as many others. But as far as raw talent is concerned, he might be one of the better drivers around, Barn. Nobody's going to intimidate him, I'll tell you That's that. That's for sure. He, he really gets out there and gets with the program. And tough break for him here this afternoon. They had a good run going. He and Travis Carter have got that team really humming, and I think maybe they could win a race before the year is over. Ernie Irvin feels like he can win this race today, but all of a sudden the equation has really changed. Dale Earnhardt, who had had to make up a lap a couple of times this afternoon, was able to do so. This latest caution flag has put him right back in the thick of things at the front of the field. He currently is being shown third with Harry Gant, the leader. They're up in the midway between turns three and four with a pace car with a field in tow getting ready to go back to green. Harry Gant is a leader. Ernie Irvin sits right behind him. Then comes Dale Earnhardt. Great job by Hutt Strickland to stay in the thick of things. He's fourth right now, and he is back on the lead lap. Green flag is out. Gant takes off. Tries to drop down in front of the lap car of Bobby Hamilton to kind of shut down any running room for Ernie Irvin, but Irvin will stay with him to turn two. Irvin's right there behind Harry Gant. Earnhardt's the one who really got shuffled out of line as he was trying to get around the lap car of Bobby Hamilton. Earnhardt went up the banking a bit. Hamilton got away. Now Darrell Waltrip is holding Earnhardt up in turn three. Hutch Strickland also getting shuffled out of the equation there. He went wide by the time he gathered the car back in. He's lost a lot of real estate, but at the point, here goes Ernie Irvin. He wants the lead. If he can get inside of Harry Gant, he's going to try him in one. He does it going into turn one, taking the inside lane. Gant was a little bit too high on the racetrack, so Ernie Irvin leads. Off turn number two, Gant is second. The lap car of Bobby Hamilton next. Then Earnhardt, the lap car of Darrell Waltrip. Then comes Mark Martin as they head to turn four. And Hutt Strickland definitely has some kind of a problem. That car is really kicking up in turns one one and two as he is losing a lot of ground going back in the field. Meanwhile, the leader, Ernie Irvin, he didn't hesitate. He's a lot like Earnhardt. When he gets up there, he makes a move, just does it. He knows what he wants to do, and for the moment, he wants to stay in front of the field. That's exactly what he's doing out of turn two. Stretching it out some five car lengths over Harry Gant now as they hit the end of the back straightaway. Still up there in the thick of things, the lap car of Bobby Hamilton. Earnhardt working on him to try to get around and catch Gant. Here at Dover Downs, 115 miles remain in this Budweiser 500. Ernie Irvin leads. Harry Gant running in the second spot. Dale Earnhardt third. Mark Martin showing in fourth. Fifth is Ken Schrader. The other car in the lead lap is Hutch Strickland. He's running in the sixth spot. Those six machines are uh, the only ones on the lead lap. Running uh, in seventh spot right now is Darrell Waltrip. Eighth belongs to Morgan Shepard. Ninth position now is Rusty Wallace. And tenth is Ricky Rudd. Eleventh is Terry Labonte. In twelfth spot, they're posting Chad Little, or correct myself, that'll be uh, Derek Cope in twelfth. 13th is Bobby Hamilton. First time he's won a, a full Winston Cup race here at Dover. 14th spot now. They're putting Alan Kowicki in 15th to Sterling Marlin. Ernie Irvin trying to put it together for his second win of the 1991 season. They've had some good solid runs since their win at Daytona and the Daytona 500 back in February. Wouldn't it be something if he pulled off the same thing that Derek Cope did last year winning the Daytona 500 and coming here and getting his second win here at Dover? And it could very well happen for Ernie Irvin. In fact, he told me yesterday we're talking about how well the car was working here, and he said it feels pretty good, and he thinks he's got a shot to win. He likes his chances. And, you know, uh, we really feel the car's been driving great here at uh, Dover this time. We've got a real good shot at the pole, and 
And the thing that I, that I really like is the car is driving good. And when it's driving good, it makes you feel like you can do anything with it. So, you know, to live with that, I, I think I'm going to be in good shape come the race. He is in good shape right now. Well, as good a shape as you can be. All you can do is lead, but when you look back and see three drivers like Harry Gant and Dale Earnhardt and Hutt Strickland and Mark Martin back there still on the lead lap and within striking distance, you don't have a whole lot of breathing room, and they're going to have to make at least one more pit stop, or I'm sure they'll make one more. They could get by with one more, couldn't they, Dick Brooks? Yeah, I think they can make one more if they got them topped off with them. Uh, no question about it. They can run them up to about 30 laps to go. So it's tough to see who keeps the tires the coolest and keeps the car in the best shape. Most of the guys are looking at about 117 miles from their last pit stop to the conclusion of the race. So uh, uh, at this point, actually more than that, they pitted on, on 373. So uh, most of the guys looking at about 127 miles uh, from their last pit stop to the checkered flag. So yes, uh, a stop would be in the offing uh, here before the checkered flag flies in about 109 laps from right now. Ernie Irvin leads. You know, this has been more like the normal, if there is such a thing as a normal Dover race. We have seen on occasion, we've seen Earnhardt twice totally dominate, uh, leading 400 and some odd laps. We saw Kale do it uh, once, as I remember. Neil Bonnet led for almost the entire race one time and uh, did not uh, win in that instance. But uh, usually you see a guy lead for 100 miles, another guy do well for 100 or so. And they're kind of seeing that today, more so than one man going out and making a, a blitz for the whole afternoon. Well, Earnhardt had the dominant car in the first half, but right now I'm just sitting here watching him, and he's not doing all that well. I kind of figured after he made his lap up, got a break on that caution flag, was able to get right back up there with the leaders and start in third position on that restart, and he would charge right up to the front. But for the moment, he seems to just be content to ride in third place. Ernie Irvin is a leader by about a half a second right now. Let's go to pit road. Well, Barney, uh, actually, Earnhardt is running as quick as he was running when he ran away from everybody a while ago. He's uh, still trucking along in the 25, 60s, and 70s, and... Uh, that's uh, as fast as he was running. Just everybody else is up there, too. There's uh, not only that, but Walter's in the mix now, and even uh, kind of playing with Earnhardt a little bit. So he's running about the same as he was. There's about five or six other cars that's got dialed in since then, too. Darrell Waltrip is a lap down, but Waltrip, if he can get himself up there and get around the leader, Ernie Irvin, he too would have a shot to win this race, and he's still got plenty of time to do it. Just 395 miles are complete, so there's still a lot of racing left here at Dover Downs this Sunday afternoon. What a switch next week, as we were talking about a couple of times today, going out to Sears Point on that road course out there next weekend. Here's Rusty Wallace making what would be an unscheduled pit stop. Let's go down to Dick Brooks. Well, he's got the front grill plugged up again. Remember, uh, he said that, that happened to him in Charlotte and burnt the water up. He's got some trash bags that uh, hung up on the front end on both sides of the uh, radiator cooling system. And uh, so they brought him in and kept him off with fuel and uh, wiped those things off. So he, went, he just only stopped for about three seconds. But like they could put something in that grill if they get a piece of paper or something like that on it it would be self-cleaning so to speak or something but i guess they can't because that will make a car heat in a hurry when you plug up the air openings in the front of any car so it's cost rusty wallace again here this weekend 397 miles complete ernie irvin takes it back into turn number one harry gant stays just about the same interval behind him that he has for the last five circuits around and that would translate to about four car lengths as they head for turn three about five car lengths back to dale earnhardt after the restart earnhardt was wide up on the rear deck and harry gant looked like he might be about ready to muscle up and go on around gant but he's fallen back significantly now and darrell walter the lap car is putting some pressure on earnhardt who does talking up here Darrell Walter really quick on the racetrack, but again, we remind you, he is a lap down running in the seventh spot, but nevertheless, one of the
the quicker cars on the racetrack. Those of you listening in on the West Coast or those who might be heading out to Sears Point for the weekend, we might remind you that Darrell Waltrip will be our guest on our television show Thursday evening this week in NASCAR from the studios of KTVU Television in Oakland, California. If you're in the area, listening in, or coming out for the race, uh, swing on by and join us Thursday night at 8 o'clock Pacific time. That's 11 o'clock Eastern at KTVU Television in Oakland, California. Darrell Waltrip's got it in the wind. He just moved around Dale Earnhardt. Now he has only a couple of cars to catch, and Waltrip would be back on the lead lap. They're in turn three. Waltrip's on the roll now, closing in on Harry Gant. Got about seven or eight car lengths to make up as he just swung by the inside of Earnhardt and got by him. So Darrell Waltrip comes off the corner right now, and he has his sight set on the next man in line. What kind of a year has it been for you, Darrell Waltrip? Has car owning turned out to be kind of tough for you? No, not really. I'm having a good time. It's something I've always wanted to do. Uh, own my own cars, own my own team, and uh, kind of call all the shots as far as how he's going to do things. And I, I don't want to sound like I'm an egomaniac or anything like that. It's not an eye situation at all. If it was, I'd be working on it. Uh, I know i got to have a lot of good people, and uh, I do have a lot of good people. And Knight Jr. always told me, uh, you don't have to be a real good boss if you got a lot of good people. And I got a lot of good people. And uh, I just want us to have some success. That's all I want. I want us to win. And uh, I told Jake when he came to work for me, I said, we like to have fun. We play basketball in the afternoons and we go to dinner together. And uh, we like to have fun as well as try to win races too. And that's, that's what we're all about. We are under caution for the sixth time this afternoon at Dover Downs. The incident happened off turn number two, Joe. And it involves the defending winner of this Budweiser 500. Derek Cope came in a little bit too high, as he's done quite frequently this afternoon. But this time the car got out from underneath him. It spun around, tagged the outside wall from the back end, then came down to the inside of the racetrack, hit the front end of the wall, and the car now being attended to by safety personnel here just at the exit of turn two. Well, now this uh, is going to present an interesting situation. 405 miles are complete. we got 95 miles to go. Pace car brings them around and the pit road is going to be full of all the lead cars that are on the lead lap, so they should be able to go the distance gas-wise. Most of them have said that they could make anywhere from 90 to 92, 3, or 4 miles. Let's cover those pit stops. Dick Brooks? Well, Earnhardt's in again. Uh, everybody that's in the lead lap, of course, is going to come in and they're going to change tires. They're going to uh, try to fill up all the gas they can. I'm not for sure that they can make it all the way. 95, uh, 95 miles. We're going to have to go down and check with some of these people. I don't think they can make it all the way, but they're certainly going to get everything to run as far as they can. To we're right at the end, all they need is just a splash of gas. D Jim Phillips. Well, we're waiting on, uh, of course, the lap cars to come in on this end of pit road. Kenny Schrader, the farthest car up on this end of pit road, and he got four tires and gasoline, and he rockets back onto the racetrack. The race off pit road is going to be won by Dale Earnhardt with 405 laps showing on the board. Let's check the situation back over in turn two. Joe Moore. Derek climbed out of the car, walked to the ambulance. We're taking him back over for the mandatory checkup at the infield uh, safety center. Here on the back straightaway of the car, they're trying to get hooked up. They've lifted the hood on the front end. A lot of severe damage there, and they're having a little bit of trouble getting the car hooked to the wrecker. But uh, they're out here sweeping, cleaning up, getting ready to pull the car away as soon as they can successfully hook the car up. Here comes the cars that are a lap down to make their schedule pit stop. Let's go back to Jim Phillips. Joe Rutman swings in with his uh, Oldsmobile. Tommy Ellis is coming down the pit lane along with Rick Mast. Bobby Hill is in for service. Richard Petty is, uh, will bring his STP Pontiac in for service along with uh, Ted Musgrave and uh, his uh, Oldsmobile will be in for, or I should say, Pontiac for service. All these cars, four tires and gasoline on this end of pit road. 
Derek Cope will be the latest car to go to the garage area. Let's update you as to the rest of the machines that have fallen by the wayside here this afternoon. Cope is out. Jimmy Spencer has wrecked his car. He is out. Chad Little is out of the race. Mickey Gibbs, J.D. McDuffie, Bobby Labonte, Brett Bodine, Michael Waltrip, and Dale Jarrett are the cars that we're showing now in the garage area and will not be around at the finish. This will mark the sixth caution flag of the afternoon. We went a long ways there before we had a caution. Actually, we had one early, really, at lap 19, but then it was a long ways before the second one came out at lap 193. Long segment of racing, and Dale Earnhardt pretty well dominated that. Now, Earnhardt could not get back up there a moment ago. Went on that restart. He was in third position, and that's where he stayed until this caution came out. Good pit work has put him back in the lead, so it's going to be interesting to see if Ernie Irvin and Harry Gant and Mark Martin and Kenny Schrader along with Hut Strickland, can do anything with him when this race goes back to green here in just a few minutes. At the conclusion of the Budweiser 500 today, Barney and I are going to select the Have a Tampa Close But No Cigar Award. The winning driver gets $500 from Have a Tampa Cigars and MRN Radio. The True Value Hard Charger competition, Barney mentioned earlier, Dale Earnhardt was at the top of the heap, and uh, he is still showing the way in the uh, third segment of the event. Dale Earnhardt, though... Uh, he led and is uh, leading the event, also leads the hard charger competition. I must admit, I, I never pay attention to wheel colors, but I just saw Darrell Waltrip's car go by with yellow wheels. I dare say he is now uh, using the team, must have gotten uh, wheels from somebody else at this juncture of the day. Maybe from his brother, I don't know, but uh, uh, it looked as though there were some yellow wheels on the uh, number 17 car. We'll check it again when it comes by here, but uh, kind of caught me by surprise. I hadn't noticed it either, but we'll take a look at it as he comes back. Either that, or my, this time. either that or my eyes are going, one of the two. Well, well, Eli, they got, uh, they've got car, uh, tires on there from his brother's car, and it does look kind of strange. When it comes by, it really catches your attention. I don't know if it matches or just shows up good, but uh, something wrong. They, they, uh, I talked to uh, Chillers, and he said that they, Richard Chillers, and uh, they said that they could probably run 92, 93 laps. They didn't think they could run 95. If they weren't leading, they'd probably come in and top it off. Now, some of these guys may do that. There may be, uh, if a caution stays out for another two or three laps, a couple of cars may come in and top the things off and then take their chance on, uh, you know, going from the back. So, I don't know. I have to see. It's going to be awful close at the end. Well, you got to remember, too, that they are running these laps under caution right now. They're not using nearly as much fuel as they would if these laps were being run under green, and it just depends on how many more laps they stay out there with a caution car. Somebody's going to gamble. You can bet your bottom dollar on that this afternoon here at Dover to try and pull out a victory. 408 miles are complete. And if they can make one more circuit around here under caution, I've got a feeling there will be a, at least two of those front five will say, hey, let's go for it. Oh, heck, yeah, they're going to try and stretch it, I'm sure. Are they having trouble hooking the car up on the back stretch, Joe? What are they working on now? What they've decided to do, Eli, is bring a rollback over here, and they're going to pull the car up on that because they could not hook the, uh, the hooks from the wrecker onto the front end of the car because of the damage. So the rollback has just arrived. They're going to back it around and load the car up on that and take it back in. So we remain under caution for the uh, sixth time this afternoon. Again, this caution coming out when Derek Cope spun and tags the wall in turn number two. Don't forget, Tuesday night we'll be with you. NASCAR Live, the name of our show, at 7 o'clock Eastern time. We'll open up the phone lines to you toll-free at 1-800-2-NASCAR. Todd Bodine, hopefully, will be able to join us in the aftermath of his first Bush Grand National Series win yesterday. And We'll also see what happens here today and uh, get an appropriate uh, guest from today's running of the Budweiser 500. That's Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock Eastern time. Let's go back down to Pitt Road. Well, we've got Derek Cope who's just walked out of the first aid center. First of all, Derek, you can tell everybody back home that you're okay, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm doing fine. You know, we didn't get hit too bad. It's just uh, one of those things, unfortunately. Well, tell us about one of those things. What happened over there in turn two? Well, you know, I just, we just changed tires and the car was a little loose getting in the corner and 
I just got down the corner and the car got up a little bit and hit one of them seams, you know, when the cracks there and with rubber on it and the car just turned sideways and I fought it and lost it and got in the fence. But you're okay and uh, you'll be back home uh, next weekend. Yeah, we'll be ready to go back to the, to the West Coast and see if we can't get a victory out there. So the defending champion of the uh, Dover race is out of it here today. Derek Cope, as we said, will join uh, Jimmy Spencer, Chad Little, Mickey Gibbs, and some of the other drivers that have gone to the garage area. We're looking for an indication to see when they go back to green. It'll be another lap or so. And talking about the West Coast next weekend, Ricky Rudd is all, I, mean, I guess you did the same thing I did. If you say Sears Point or Watkins Glen to Ricky Rudd, you see a big grin oh, on yeah. his face. And I asked him yesterday, so that's really your cup of tea out there. Well, it's one of those places that just, uh, it's kind of hard to believe your own record when you go to these tracks. I think between Rusty and myself, we've won every road course. But, uh, I think we've alternated just about every road course since about 1986 or 87. And uh, it's, it's just kind of an odd record to have, and I hope we can keep that string going. It's, if everything goes right, it's my turn to win at Sears Point this time. It uh, seems like I, I won the pole last time and Rusty won the race. The uh, year before, Rusty won the pole and I won the race, so it's my turn this time. But uh, there's a lot of guys that we, we keep going to these road courses, places like Sears Point, and finally, a lot of guys start really learning the little tricks, or uh, it might take some of them a little longer, but I think it's, I've got a feeling it's not going to be just one or two cars running for the win out there this time. I feel like you got Mark Martin that's going to run off a good. Earnhardt's gotten going good out there, and uh, you know, you got you got Rusty and you got Elliott. You get, there's a lot of guys. You can leave some names out. Terry Labonte is one of the best road driver, road race course drivers out there, and he gets his gets his equipment going for him. But I think the fans will see a better race out there this time. Goodyear's got a little bit harder tire. We went out there and tested, and uh, hopefully they won't get as many uh, punctures in them as they did last time we're out there. But uh, I think the tire is harder. It's going to make the cars run a little bit better when the tires get run out on them, and uh, see some better racing. I think. Ricky Rudd really looking forward to getting out to Sears Point next weekend. 411 miles are on the board, and all the speculation we were doing about stretching that fuel mileage went right out the window, Dick Brooks. Well, it sure did. I think just about everybody that's uh, everybody that's anybody, I started to say, well, anybody that's, that can be anybody today, I guess, came in and topped up. I don't think there's any problem now with them finishing the thing. Uh, of course, uh, there'll be a caution somewhere between here and there and blow all of our theory, but, but I think they're all scheduled to, uh, to finish out the day. Well, most of the, all the front runners came in and just topped off those tanks there just a moment ago, so now everybody should be able to go uh, without any problem whatsoever. From the Dover Downs International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Chris Crockett, straight from the NASCAR stands, here with another member of our Toyota racing family, Jason. Hi there. Oh, you seem impatient. Oh, well, I've been holding it in for a while. A while? Since it started. The race? No, the season. Wow. Guess you don't want to miss any action. Nope, I don't. Oh, did you just see Denny Hamlin take the lead? I haven't taken my eyes off him. Jason, you don't look so good. Can I offer you some water? Absolutely not. NASCAR and Toyota Racing. With a family like this, who knows the places we'll go in the playoffs? Learn more at toyotaracing.com. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of the National Association for Stocker Auto Racing from the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. All right, now as we get set to go back to green, there are eight cars on the lead lap, including Morgan Shepard. He is on the tail end of the lead lap, lined up directly in front of the race leader. So Ken Schrader, after the other cars have all come in to top off their fuel tanks, including Schrader, 
Kenny leads the Budweiser 500 as we get set to go racing. Green flag goes in the air, and they're down to it as they head back into turn number one. Now, Morgan Shepard is on the tail end of the lead lap, and he would like to stay there. Schrader would like to put him a lap down. They're in two. Schrader looks to the outside of Shepard. No chance to make the move. So off turn two, he'll look down low, but no chance to move there either. Here's Earnhardt on the move. Now, he's trying to get by the lap car of Darrell Waltrip directly behind the Ken Schrader car. Earnhardt will clear the Waltrip car, and he's right up on the bumper of Kenny Schrader. Waltrip tried to get back on the lead lap. He has one lap down. He couldn't pull it off. Now Schrader trying to dispose of Morgan Shepard's Ford as he cuts to the inside in turn one. Schrader gets by. Here comes Earnhardt to the inside of Kenny Schrader. They almost make contact in turn one. Turn number two. Here's Schrader going a little bit high. Earnhardt goes to the inside of the racetrack. The good rich Chevrolet gets out in front again. Dale Earnhardt just simply does not hesitate. If he finds an inch, he'll shove that car right on in there and go on. That's exactly what he did on Kenny Schrader, and he's got the lead. Let's see if Schrader's going to let him hold on to it for the next few laps. Kenny takes a look at him. Back in turn number one, Earnhardt pins it right to the bottom of the racetrack. Earnhardt's got a half-car length lead on Schrader coming off the corner. Earnhardt's right down at the bottom of the track. Schrader looks wide off the corner but can't do a thing with him. He drops back another car length behind Earnhardt as it go to three. Harry Gant now, along with Hutch Strickland, both getting around Bobby Hamilton's car. Hamilton's been running well here of late, but he is now being shown four laps down after problems of earlier today. So he made sure that Hutt and Harry Gant both got by without any problems. And the lead cars are now in single file formation on this restart. 417 laps to complete. It's been a fairly lengthy day, and to let you in a little bit of a secret, when we come here to Dover, halfway through the race, somebody always brings Barney and I some ice cream to enjoy. What does the hungry race car driver do in the middle of a race when you haven't eaten and you get hungry, Jim Phillips? What does Davey Allison do? Well, he said that they missed the setup today. They hit it seven weeks in a row. They missed it, and he said, uh, you know, he said, all this bad handling race cars got me hungry, so he asked for a chocolate-filled donut, Krispy Kreme donut. They didn't have that, so they stuck a regular donut on a broom and handed it in to him, and <laughs> he enjoyed himself a donut a while ago. Yeah, that's, that's the way happened. we feed Dick Brooks is with a broom. We said we put about two dozen donuts on a broom and just stick it out and nothing comes back. 419 miles are complete in the Budweiser 500 here this afternoon. Let's take a look at how they're running. The leader right now is Dale Earnhardt. Correct me on that. Yes, it is Dale Earnhardt. He just zipped around, and right now Earnhardt is in the lead. Schrader rides in the number two position as they work back to turns one and two. Darrell Waltrip still trying to catch up to those front two, get himself back on the lead lap. He's had a strong car, but he's just been unable to do it. He's had a couple of times a day on a caution when he was up there, still could not catch them. The third-place car is Ernie Irvin. Fourth right now is Mark Martin. Fifth is Hutt Strickland. He's had a great run here today. Harry Gant has fallen back to sixth. Seventh is Darrell Waltrip. He is a lap down. In eighth position right now, Morgan Shepard. Riding ninth is Rusty Wallace. Tenth is Terry Labonte. The 11th place belongs to Ricky Rudd. Bobby Hamilton is being posted in 12th as the laps wind down here at Dover Downs in the Budweiser 500. Earnhardt, the leader, takes him back to turn one, and Schrader is still right there on his bumper. Schrader's all over him. Last time off turn two, he got a fender up alongside, but Earnhardt beat him down this back straightaway. Again, Schrader looks there. No chance to make the move, so he'll follow the tire tracks of Dale Earnhardt back to turn three. A little bit further back, about a second and a quarter back, the battle between Ernie Irvin and Mark Martin is continuing, but up front, here goes Schrader. He'll make the move off turn number four as Earnhardt went a little bit wide. Schrader sees the inside opening. He'll grab the lead here at Dover. Earnhardt tries to come back at him, though, coming into turn number one, but Schrader closes the door this time. So Schrader hangs on for now. Earnhardt right on his bumper, though, as they hit the end of the back straightaway. Give Kenny Schrader a lot of credit there to get himself in a position to get underneath Earnhardt. That's the only way you're going to get around Dale. Very few times will you pass him on the outside, and Schrader was sitting on ready when they came through three and four, and as they came off that corner, he put a fender up there, stayed in the throttle, and took them both into turn one, I guarantee 
guarantee you, a little bit harder than they wanted to, but it paid off for the lead for Kenny Schrader. He has one car length ahead out of turn two. They'll go single file down this back straightaway. Meanwhile, back in the third spot, Ernie Irvin's trying to hold off the Mark Martin car. That was a good battle just moments ago. Harry Gant sits right behind Martin for now. They all go single file. Those cars have gotten around Hutt Strickland, who is also running on the lead lap. He is now being shown in sixth position. Those are the only cars on the lead lap. In seventh, it's Darrell Walter. Morgan Shepard is eighth. Ninth, Rusty Wallace. Tenth is Ricky Rudd. Eleventh, Terry Labonte. Twelfth is Bobby Hamilton. Joe Rutman is thirteenth. Alan Kowicki, fourteenth. Fifteenth spot now is Sterling Marlin. Sixteenth belongs to Bill Elliott. Richard Petty is seventeenth. Earnhardt's got a problem through three and four. Joe Moore from here. We can see him drifting way high. Car looks like the rear end is really kicking out, and he is smoking those tires. In one and two, he's able to keep it down a little bit, but in three and four, not doing that well. Similar to what happened earlier this afternoon, Barney, his car was making nice moves through turns one and two, but up in three and four, it just seemed to want to go up the banking a little more, and uh, Earnhardt was really trying to bind the car up. Actually, wasn't trying to bind the car up, but was trying to make that hard left turn and keep it down at the bottom of the track, and the result of that was a lot of smoke boiling off that right rear tire. For now, a little bit smoother as he makes his way off turn four, back into turn one, Again, Earnhardt right down at the bottom of the racetrack. He's not letting Schrader get too far away, but still about a car length separates the two, and Earnhardt so far unsuccessful in trying to get back around and take the lead. Here at Dolder Downs International Speedway, a scary moment for Terry Labonte working through turns one and two. Labonte's car shot right up the banking and slammed into the outside wall. He's done some damage to the right side of the car, has caved in some sheet metal on that right front tire. He's down on the inside of the racetrack, now headed back over to the pits. It's a tough break. Terry Labonte was being shown in the 11th position, had a pretty good solid run going here today, limping around on the apron of the racetrack up in three and four, and will be heading to pit road. 436 miles are complete in the Budweiser 500 here this afternoon. Right now, it is Kenny Schrader, and he has pulled away from Dale Earnhardt by a healthy margin right now of a little better than maybe a second. Meanwhile, the battle for third place has been a pretty tight one. Ernie Irvin trying to hold on to it. Harry Gant's been working on him. Mark Martin is within striking distance. Gant takes a look underneath Irvin here in the front straightaway. May put a charge on him in turn one. Gant puts the Oldsmobile right down at the bottom of the track, pulls alongside Irvin, and shoots right on by him already before they get to turn two. He's picked up a car link on Ernie Irvin. So move Gant up to the second spot. Irvin's in third, and now a fast-closing fourth place, Mark Martin. Up there, Harry's car is handling now as well as anybody's is on the racetrack. Harry Gant is riding the lower side of this racetrack. The track kind of will just whip the race car around when you're down there or down low, and Harry Gant taking advantage of it, diving into the turns and picking up positions as he goes. Terry Labonte leaving pit road after service in the crew. Jim Phillips, how bad was the damage? Well, they put the right side tires on it, trying to pull the sheet metal out as best they could. The right front tire uh, went down on him. That's what caused him to hit the wall. Of course, it's the toe end is not get on the car. So he probably uh, have to do the best he can to finish. Been kind of a frustrating year for Terry Labonte and the Sunoco team. They had kind of hoped to have a lot better finishes than they've had. They've run strong on occasion, but they've had a lot of kind of strange things, as they say in this business, happen to them in many of the different races that we've run. Very shortly, 440 miles on the board. Just one more circuit around. There'll be 60 laps to go here at Dover in the Budweiser 500 this afternoon. And Dick Brooks, it looks like Dale Earnhardt is not getting through the corners. Has Childress, Richard Childress, the car owner, said anything about Earnhardt's problem? Well, they're clocking it pretty close. They're kind of analyzing every lap as to where he's right behind the car or if there's a car behind him. I say this car's a little bit loose, and they didn't expect that. They thought they had the car plenty tight for him. One thing that may have happened was when Schrader was running right on his bumper, the Schrader was running down under him enough or low enough under him, which uh, he was running underneath him a little bit in the middle of the corner, 
that, uh, that would make the cars uh, a little bit loose. Uh, you guys had uh, said there was smoke coming from the tires off of turn four up there, which indeed it was. I've seen it a time or two. Earnhardt could have been turning just enough, uh, burning, the, burning the right rear tire just enough to soften it up. And uh, if he does, he's going to have to have another set of tires before he can get caught back up. He's not going to be able to cool it down. Another thing, there was uh, uh, Darrell Walbert was riding really close on Earnhardt at one time also. That, again, would loosen Earnhardt's car up some and cause a problem for him. Now, Earnhardt has slipped away from Walter and may be able to go back up, uh, back up towards uh, uh, the 25 car. And uh, we'll have to see as the race gets further on here. But I think, you know, you, I think you, you've had reports of drivers talking about a driver behind you a lot of times does a lot more damage to your car than a driver in front of you. And I think that's what's going to happen to Earnhardt. He's slipping the air off the spoiler and making the car more loose when the car's behind him. That can happen a lot of times, but right now, Kenny Schrader's advantage is about one and two-tenths seconds. That's going to be hard to overcome the way Schrader's getting around here and Earnhardt having a little problem. Dale may be able to cool those tires down and have one last shot at him without making a pit stop, but it's going to be awfully hard for him to do because he's not gaining any ground right now. He's losing ground. In fact, Joe Moore, if he looks back, he's going to see Harry Gant closing in on him a little bit tighter. Gant is chopping down the distance there. Still got a car separating Gant from uh, Earnhardt, but for Kenny Schrader, this may be a break for Earnhardt, too, because Schrader himself is in a pack of heavy traffic, just getting around Rick Mast and is closing in now on a couple other slower cars. Of course, that's traffic that uh, Earnhardt himself will have to negotiate here in just a moment or so with 55 laps, 55 miles remaining here at Dover Downs International Speedway. Ken Schrader continues to lead. Hey, Barn, did you hear the scary news? Chip Williams is going to be a father. That is scary. NASCAR's director of public relations, Chip Williams, and uh, his wife, Kathy, are going to be parents. Uh, they're expecting next February, we are told, and uh, another chip off the old chip. Yeah, he's hoping, he told me, uh, he's hoping for a little boy, somebody to help him do the dishes, so maybe it'll work out for him. <laughs> I hope so. Here at Dover Downs International Speedway, last time Barney had the stopwatch going, Earnhardt had cut off four-tenths of a second from the race leader, Ken Schrader. This time by, it is eight-tenths of a second. That is all. But now Earnhardt gets caught up behind a double-deck cars. Joe Rutman on the outside of Kenny Wallace will hold up Earnhardt momentarily. Rutman gets by Wallace, and now Earnhardt swings wide to clear the Joe Rutman machine. Dale definitely is catching the leader. Not all that much each lap around, but he still has plenty of time. 454 miles are complete. Schrader across the line, Earnhardt across the line. As they go back into turn number one, Kenny will go around the lap car of Richard Petty and head for turn two, and Dale gets even closer. When we're talking about seconds, we can start talking about car links very shortly as Earnhardt continues to reel in Kenny Schrader. Only the lap car of Richard Petty now separate the two. We'll mark it at about five car links between Earnhardt and the race leader. Further back, Harry Gant trying to work his way around some race traffic. He cuts to the inside of Darrell Waltrip. Did you notice this last time, though, Barney? Dale Earnhardt showed that smoke off the right rear tire again as he went high and turned three and four. Now Joey's doing the same thing in front of you. Absolutely, right up into that outer lane where he does not want to be. He had Almost gotten by Richard Petty, but now has to fall back. Now we'll go to work on Petty and get by in turn three. Dale Earnhardt making one last run at Kenny Schrader. Might have run the car just a little bit too hard in both ends of the speedway. And again, as Dick Brooks said, overheat those tires, get them a little bit soft and not be able to get through the corner. That 
uh, interval he had gained a moment ago and chopped it down to maybe eight or ten car lengths. He's lost it now back to about 12 or 15. They're out of turn two. He's fallen off definitely as he was trying to track him down. It closed in significantly, and now it's got quite a bit of distance to make up. Schrader, meanwhile, pulling up behind a lap car going through turn number three. Earnhardt was some clear sailing, but still a lot of ground to make up. Earlier, it was eight-tenths of a second. Remember, that was what, it, what Earnhardt was trailing Schrader by. After that last lap, it is now one and two-tenths seconds. So that was a costly excursion around the Monster Mile as we wind our way towards lap 457 right now of 500 here in Dover, Delaware. The leader is working up towards turn three, and so too Mark Martin and some of the others who have now found their niche on the racetrack but are running basically unchallenged either way. Ernie Irvin running in fourth spot, Mark Martin being shown in fifth, Hut Strickland running back in sixth spot. Those six cars are on the lead lap at lap 458. And there's about a two-second separation between the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth place car, so they're not really running all that close here in the late stages of the Budweiser 500. 458 miles are complete in the Bud 500 here at Dover Downs, and we'll take you a little bit further back. We took you back to about sixth position. Seventh is still Darrell Walker. Eighth, that's Morgan Shepard. Ninth is Rusty Wallace. Tenth is Ricky Rudd. Eleventh is Bobby Hamilton. Alan Kowicki is being posted twelfth. Sterling Marlin is thirteenth. 14th is Joe Ruttman, and rounding out the top 15 is Bill Elliott. Boy, it's been a frustrating day here for Bill Elliott. This is usually a racetrack he runs extremely well, but he has been behind since he just had more than his share of problems, made unscheduled pit stops, and is being shown several laps down to the leaders right now. He went flag to flag here last fall in the Peak 500. He won the uh, Unical Challenge in that instance. Today, $38,000 on the line in the Unical Challenge, but only to Michael Waltrip, who, of course, has... Uh, retired from the event with engine failure. So next weekend at a Sears Point, $45,600 will be on the line for the Unical Challenge. How many bucks do you think that Unical has given away eight times now that the Unical Challenge has been won, including that uh, that big, big payday for Kyle Petty at Rockingham last year? you have any idea? I, I added it up the other day. Got to be six, $700,000. Darn close to it. Uh, the actual total comes out to uh, $500,000, uh, give or take a few bucks, and that's still uh, a pretty good uh, contribution over the years. It really is. Half a million dollars is not anything to sneeze at, that's for sure. 462 miles go up on the scoreboard here at Dover Downs. They're still chasing Kenny Schrader. Earnhardt put a good charge on him a moment ago, but right now Earnhardt has fallen off the pace again, and we see that smoke coming off that tire as he works his way through three and four. About a half a straightaway separate the two now over in turn three. Earnhardt's having his uh, time, really having a hard time, but just getting around some of the lap traffic. That's where he was doing so well earlier this afternoon. Now it's Schrader who's able to pick the outside or the inside and get by. It's in that heavy traffic that Earnhardt really gets bound up and starts smoking those tires. It was just in turns three and four, but now we're seeing him taking a little bit higher line through one and two as well. As it stands now, there's two lap cars separating Earnhardt from Kenny Schrader. About three seconds, the margin between the two. Well, Ken Schrader working his way on the low side of the racetrack. His car is still handling very, very well. Ken Schrader has never won here at Dover Downs International Speedway. As far as uh, car owner wins are concerned, Rick Hendrick does have one win as a car owner here, but uh, has not uh, been the car owner, obviously, for Ken Schrader when uh, Kenny has yet to uh, get into victory lane. And you know what interesting thing? Remember for so many years, Barney, this was a Ford racetrack. Ford had dominated, uh, whether it was because of the uh, power curve or the Ford engines or whatever it was, Ford had dominated here at Dover for a long, long time. Now, all of a sudden, Chevrolet has 15 wins to Ford's 13 win. So uh, it has been a, a big turnaround over the last number of seasons. That's been the case in a lot of racetracks around the country in, in the last 
four or five years. What used to be a Ford track has turned into a Chevrolet track or vice versa. 465 miles complete, 35 miles to go in the Budweiser 500. At least one consolation for Dale Earnhardt. He may not win this race, but he sure brought the crowd to their feet and had a good run going, dominated better than half of the race all day long, and it's certainly been a factor to win it and still is because anything can happen in this business. But one consolation for him right now, he's not being challenged even though his car is not running as strong as it was earlier. He's got second place pretty well in tow as he works his way in through turns three and four. Nobody real close to him. Harry Gant was closing in a moment ago, but now Gant has dropped off the pace a little bit. As Gant looks back, he may be in danger of losing that third spot before this race is over because Ernie Irvin all of a sudden has chopped down some... Oh, a good second and a half on Harry Gant. That's a good battle heading over to turn two. Irvin had to deal with some heavy traffic a couple of laps ago. That held him up for a while, but he's finally cleared those cars. And one of the cars he was dealing with was Darrell Waltrip, who's not on the lead lap, but has been running right for the leaders most of the day today. Irvin finally getting by Waltrip. Now he's about five car lengths away from Gant. 26 miles remain in the Budweiser 500 at Dover Downs International Speedway. Still Ken Schrader leading Dale Earnhardt. Harry Gant third. Ernie Irvin is fourth. Fifth is Mark Martin. And Hutch Strickland running in the sixth spot. Those positions remaining unchanged. And Schrader continues at this point now to start to uh, pull away. He continues to pull away from Dale Earnhardt. I know, uh, Jim Phillips, you have been monitoring the situation in the Ken Schrader pit area. And, and we're just kind of, kind of looking on there uh, very, very quietly, it seems. Yes, they are. We moved out of the Harry Gant pit, uh, Eli, because Andy Peach has been named the Western Auto Mechanic. The race, $1,000 to you, Andy. Of course, that goes to a fun. At the end of the year, you could win twenty-five thousand. That'd be real nice, wouldn't it? How about Harry? He seems to be gaining a little bit on Earnhardt. Well, he's, he's gaining just a little bit, you know. Still a few laps to go. You know, maybe we can get him. Maybe we can. That's Andy Peters, the Western Auto mechanic of the race. And he's leading the seasonal battle going into this Budweiser 500. So uh, he is now padding his lead just a bit, Andy Petrie is, uh, towards that 25 grand. But, of course, that's not awarded until November or actually at the banquet in December. So uh, lots can change there as well. I'll tell you what. you got to admire Harry Gant. He's over. He admits to being over 50 years of age. He'll come out of this race car this afternoon at Dover, and I'll guarantee you some of the guys half his age will be in the shower letting the water run over them, and they're just totally zonked out, and Harry will bounce out of that car, go in there, take a shower, and go home and get his airplane and, and still be ready. He really could run another three or 400 miles. He stays in shape. He gets out, works physically. He likes to do carpentry work over around Hickory, North Carolina. He used to be a roofer. Uh, put roofs on chicken houses and things. In fact, out near where I live out there one day, I went into the snack bar, and Harry's sitting there. I said, what are you doing over here? And he said, I'm putting a roof on a chicken house not too far from where you live down here. And he just flat gets out there and works, and he hustles a race car as hard as anybody, but he is in really, really good physical shape to give it a good run here today. Let's go to the pits. We're in the Kenny Schrader pit. Richard, since you made that last pit stop, Kenny's been really smooth out there. Yeah, he sure has. We just uh, opened the stagger up on the car and cleaned it up a little bit. Car's really running good. I'm just hoping maintain it. Hang on for 20 more laps. Well, it looks like so. He still made it Earnhardt right now. He's not gaining any on him. I'm sorry, I didn't understand. I said, it looks like he still made it Earnhardt. He isn't gaining right now. Well, it looks like we're breaking even. So maybe, maybe our luck will hold out this time. That's Richard Broom, the crew chief for Kenny Schrader. And, of course, David Oliver is uh, one of the pit crew members. Martha Oliver is one of our storekeepers. And she's had a little surgery uh, a Tuesday. We'd like to say, uh, get well, Martha. We'll hope you come back soon. Yeah, we always look forward to having uh, Martha here. Uh, she's the one who uh, 
it makes Barney and I sound like we know what we're talking about. And uh, Joan Rue has been kind enough to fill in for uh, Martha this weekend. But uh, we do wish uh, Martha a quick return to the racetrack. We look forward to seeing you right back here uh, alongside of us. Somebody's got to brighten up this uh, radio booth sometime. She'll be back shortly, I hope. 481 miles, about 482 about to come up. That'll give us 18 miles to go. So if anything's going to happen, somebody on the racetrack's got to make it happen here very shortly. Let's go back to the pits. Well, Richard Chillers and the crew standing here watching their car, hoping for a caution. Richard, you guys, uh, you're about to keep up, but it's starting to slip away a little bit. Yeah, the, the car just getting running is good on a long run as it was earlier. You know, we tried to adjust to it, but we just hadn't hit anything good. Has Dale said anything at all of what he could do short of just getting some different tires? Now, you know, we've been kind of up and down. We've tried stuff and stickers and really hadn't found the right combination. Okay, well, they're sitting here timing themselves. Actually, they're running pretty good times. They're only, uh, Schrader's running about what they were when they were running away from everybody. And they're only running about a half a tenth off of that. They're about five hundredths of a second, so they're not they're not hardly off at all. And you know, if you was in a wheelchair, I mean if you was in a an electric chair, five hundredths of a second would go by pretty fast. On a racetrack, it's a fortune, you know, or just a long time. So that's what they're trying to catch up. 484 miles are on the scoreboard here at Dover. 16 miles to go, and there's not much you can do in the situation right now. Schrader has his car pretty well hooked up. You heard Richard Childers say that they had just lost the combination they had earlier today because he certainly dominated this race during the first half. Still getting good lap times, but the problem is that everybody else, by the time they got to the halfway point and Earnhardt had the tire problem, they too had started running pretty much the same speed that Dale did in the early going. 15 miles to go in the Budweiser 500. Kenny Schrader is the leader by a couple of seconds. Dale Earnhardt is second. It's about a two-second margin back to the third-place car of Harry Gant and a little better than a second and a half back to the fourth-place machine right now of Ernie Irvin and pretty much an equal distance of a couple of seconds also between the fifth-place car, Mark Martin. It's going to be an unusual finish here, Eli, because normally there's at least a really strong race going either for third or fourth or fifth or something, but uh, for the last 30 or 40 circuits around here, this field has been kind of strung out, and nobody's able to close up or get away any more than they have since they put them back under green. Alan Kowicki is on pit road for a fuel stop only. Interestingly, he came in on lap 412 when uh, Earnhardt and Ernie Irvin and Gant and Mark Martin and Hut Strickland all topped off. He was one of the uh, seven or eight cars who pitted on that lap, but here he is having to come in on 487. I would only have to assume he just didn't get a full fuel tank in Alan Kowicki's uh, situation. It's been a frustrating day for Alan Kowicki. It has in several races this year. They're, they, too, are a team that's trying to get things turned around in the right direction. As the laps are winding down, there'll be 12 miles to go. 488 are completed in the Budweiser 500. We gave you the top five. Let's look a little further back. In sixth place right now, Hut Strickland. He is still on the lead lap also. A lap down, running in seventh, is Darrell Waltrip. The eighth position belongs to Morgan Shepard. Ninth is Rusty Wallace. Ricky Rudd rounds out the top ten. Bobby Hamilton is 11th. Twelfth position belongs to Sterling Marlin. Thirteenth is Joe Rutman. Fourteenth is Alan Kowicki. He'll drop out of that spot after making that stop there just a moment ago. So he's going to fall back to 15th position, and that will slide Bill Elliott up into 14th, and that takes us back through the top 15 with a little less than 10 miles to go. Another driver who just came in on pit road, and here comes Sterling Marlin. This is unusual. Now, Sterling came in on lap 411 to top off. Dave Marcus came in on lap 412 to top off, and he has just stopped. 
you would think that these fellows would have no trouble going the distance, but uh, two of the cars that came in after the others had have uh, decided to come back in for a splash of fuel. Well, if they look at that fuel gauge and the pressure is going down, if the fuel pressure is going down, rather than take a chance of losing 10 or 15 spots, you're still a little bit better off to come in and make sure that you will be able to go the distance. Sterling Marlin trying to get back up to speed. 490 laps are being posted on the scoreboard, so we'll go into the final nine miles, make that 491 has just come up on the scoreboard out of the middle of the infield area here at Dover Downs. So nine miles to go for Kenny Strader to try to keep it all together. As he looks back there, Dale Earnhardt has faded a little bit more. Earnhardt has about nine miles to pull a rabbit out of a hat, so to speak, if he's going to win this race as they head up to turn three. Schrader just cruises off into turn number three. Earnhardt gets around a lap car, the machine of Bobby Hamilton, fighting that car every time he tries to pass some of that slower traffic. Again, we're watching Schrader pick his way through some of the traffic. No problems at all. He can go high or low, but you can just watch, at least from our viewpoint here, you can watch Earnhardt going around those slower cars. When he does, his car just slows down because it does seem to bind up when he goes on the outside of the racetrack, and we're continuing to see that smoke boil off the tires. So Earnhardt fighting that car, but still not able to close the gap much on Kenny Schrader. Here comes Terry Labonte. His Oldsmobile will slow on the racetrack. He'll come to the attention of Steve Lloyd and the crew on lap 493. Rick Hendrick could be a two-time car-owning winner here at uh, Dover Downs. He was the car owner for Jeff Bodine back in this event in 1986 when Jeffrey went to victory lane. And of course, he is the car owner for Ken Schrader and the uh, Kodiak Chevrolet. So we'll see how things go. We'll get the interval for you this time by. See how uh, Kenny might be letting off or Dale might be gaining just a bit. It is one and a half seconds, 1.56, with six miles of racing remaining. The leaders are back in turn two. Kenny Schrader closing in on the Joe Rutman car. He'll swing to the outside of Rutman. Rutman gives him plenty of racing room as he head down to turn three. Meanwhile, Earnhardt, just behind him, coming up on the Tommy Ellis car, he'll pass that machine going to turn three. Been watching a lot of smoke come off the tires of Harry Gant as he worked his way through turns three and four, a couple of laps around. Gant's car kicking up from the bottom also. So, but I think he'll nurse it on home with just five miles to go. Kenny Schrader still the leader. Earnhardt's got five miles to do something with him. They're out of turn two. Schrader swings off turn two, hits the back straightaway now. Some clear sailing for him. Earnhardt still to deal with the Joe Rutman car before he could catch up with Schrader. The front five cars remain. Kenny Schrader, Dale Earnhardt, Harry Gant. Then Ernie Irvin and Mark Martin. Hut Strickland, the only other car in the lead lap running in the sixth spot. Four miles to go. Four more miles for Schrader back in turn one. Kenny Schrader gets around the lap traffic, puts it right down to the bottom of the track. Again, smoothly sailing off turn two here on this back straightaway. He has about a 20-car length lead over Earnhardt. Earnhardt still manhandling his car, trying to keep it at the bottom of the track as he enters turn three. Boy, a tough break for Terry Labonte. He is off the pace considerably. He's out there just trying to nurse the car home. He'd been up in the top 10 or 12 positions most of the day. Now he's fallen all the way back to 24th, and he wants to stay out there and finish at if that all possible. 497 miles are completed the Budweiser 500. Kenny Schrader hanging on to the lead. Eases around this racetrack. Earnhardt pretty well knows right now that there's not much way he's going to chase him down unless he has a problem. Although, give him all the credit in the world, Earnhardt's cut down better than a half a second. He's pulled up there within some 12 or 15 car lengths of Schrader as they head back to turn one. Kenny works the lap traffic, getting around the Kenny Wallace machine. Now clear sailing back up into the corner. Here's Earnhardt going to the outside of Wallace. Earnhardt still having to deal with Joe Rutman. Rutman holds it down low off turn two. Earnhardt goes to the outside of that car and pulls even with Rutman at the end of the back stretch. Ken Schrader just a mile 
mile and a quarter away now from his second win of this 1991 racing season off turn four. White flag from Doyle Ford. One more time around for the Kodiak Chevrolet as he heads towards victory lane. He's back in one. No lap traffic will come into play for Kenny Schrader as he's all alone up about halfway the banking of turns one and two. Right down at the bottom of the track, the crowd cheers as he passes us here on the back straightaway. Still about a 15-car length margin over Dale Earnhardt. And that's just about what it's going to end up here. Here comes Schrader off turn number four. This crowd is on their feet to cheer him into his second win in 1991, and Kenny Schrader takes the checkered flag and wins the Budweiser 500. Dale Earnhardt will finish second. Harry Gant will cross the line third. Finishing in fourth position should be Ernie Irvin, and rounding out the top five will be Mark Martin. We'll be back to Dover Downs in a minute. Hey, guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they can work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code RACING. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code RACING to try it free. Blue Chew, it's the better, cheaper, faster choice. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio. We're back at Dover Downs International Speedway. Kenny Schrader will be heading down to victory lane here in just a moment. Unofficially, let's give you the top five. Schrader is the winner. Earnhardt will finish second. Harry Gant third. Fourth, Ernie Irvin. And rounding out the top five will be Mark Martin. Let's check in with Jim Phillips. Well, Dale Earnhardt's just crawled out of his uh, Goodwin Chevrolet. Dale, a flat tire seemed to spoil domination today. You had him covered till that happened. Well, the car worked real good. and You know, he's lucky to get back from that flat tire. And we're happy with it. We come to Dover and finish just good. We're all right. Yeah, considering last year you had so much trouble, but it seemed like today you had a, a trying to get that lap back was the toughest part of the day for you after that trouble. Well, it was. It was. Dale Earnhardt finishes second here at Dover today in the Goodrich Chevrolet. Good third place run today for Harry Gant. Ernie Irvin finishing fourth. Fifth goes to Mark Martin. Sixth, Hutch Strickland. Seventh will be Darrell Waltrip. Morgan Shepard, eighth. Ninth to Rusty Wallace. And tenth going to Ricky Rudd. We'll, of course, give you the full 35 car rundown in just a moment or so. Let's check in with Gary Montgomery. I'm standing alongside Ernie Irvin. Car number four finishing in the number four spot. Not bad to run, Ernie. Well, I tell you, you know, we were uh, saving fuel at the end. We, we, we weren't fast enough to run with the guys up front, but... Uh, we ran out of gas on the last lap, so we're pretty happy with the fourth. And, you know, owe it all to the, all these guys with the Kodak team, Morgan McClure Racing, Chevrolet, Delco Remy. They all did a good job, gave me a good race car today. A whole lot better luck today than yesterday, of course. Yeah, well, I almost didn't make it to the end, but uh, we did a little better luck. You were in the top uh, ten all day long and a good, strong run. We did. This car handled excellent all day. Run gave us a good motor. And, uh, you know, we just couldn't ask for things to go any better except for finish three spots up. Well, maybe you can do that when you get back on the West Coast next weekend. That's true. Ernie Irvin, fourth place finish in the Kodako Chevrolet. Here at Dover Downs International Speedway, the fans filing back out, heading towards home as we check down in victory lane. Well, we sure do. There's a pretty happy bunch of people down here. Kenny, second time this season you've been in victory lane. I guess the first time you've ever been in victory lane here at this place. This is, this is a tough one to tame. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. I mean, 
we felt good about the car all week. I messed up qualifying. I had the guys uh, chase the car and get it a little jacked out of shape. Started 19th, but I told them yesterday afternoon we were good, and I told them I, for change, I'm going to try to use my head and just see what happens at the end, and they put us in a position with pit work to, to be in the front at the end. Well, the car ran really well all day. I mean, you stayed pretty close in the front. You stayed, you know, well in the hunt, all right. And then all of a sudden, you just took off. Was it just the, just the right kind of tires, or just uh, everything get a feeling? I tell you what, we were we were good all day. At different times, we were better than others. There was times we were running fifth that we didn't need to be running fifth. We could run better, but we was taking a ride and waiting till the end, Dick. Richard Broom standing here. Richard, pretty happy day, huh? I'll tell you, this is what it's all about, Dick. Yeah, I think you're right. Did you ever think that maybe, you you know, Earnhardt ran away with everything so fast from the first, did you think maybe that they was just going to start slipping back up in there? No, they, Frank was giving my time intervals, and I could pick it up if I had to. You know, I run as hard as I could there for a little bit to make sure I could get away, and we were getting away. I knew he'd run as hard as he could. He wasn't going to come back on me. You know I mean? He was going to use up everything he had right from the get-go. So I thought, figure without a yellow, we'd be okay. All right, I'll tell you, there's a happy bunch here. They're... Getting a little bit tired now. After you get out of one of these things for a while, you kind of start getting into a sinking spell, you know, after about 10 minutes. And, and uh, so they're starting to get a little bit tired. It's a long day. I'm sure you don't realize how tired you are until you get out of one of these things after 500 miles at Dover. Let's check back in with Jim Phillips. Well, Harry Gant, third place finish today. And considering that smoke out of the uh, car those last 10 laps, uh, you must feel mighty lucky. Yeah, we, uh, we thought we was going to win the race, though. And, uh, you know, the car ran super. It's got a kind of a bad set of tires after last, and whatever's making it smoke took a little power away from the motor. And uh, I didn't know it was smoking. I know it got weaker. They said it was smoking. It seemed to lose some RPM. What happened on the sequence of pit stops when everybody came down pit road and you stayed out? Well, they said the flag wasn't out. It was closed. Pit road was going to be closed, and they hollered it's open, but the guys behind me went in, but it was, I couldn't get in. So I had to come make an extra lap. And after that, your car didn't seem to run as good. Well, I just had a lot hard time getting through traffic. That's Harry Gant, third-place finisher here this afternoon for the Budweiser 500. Harry has won the Goodies Headache Award today. That was voted on by the members of the press in attendance. He will take home $1,000 plus a $250 donation going to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So Harry voted uh, by the members of the print media today the uh, Goodies Headache Award. Barney and I have also, we've kind of talked about it, and Harry is certainly deserving of the uh, Close But No Cigar Award from uh, Have a Tampa and Philly Cigars. Yeah, he gave it a good run, and uh, he had to play catch up a time or two, and he slung that car around this racetrack as hard as he did all day. I'll have to cast a vote in that direction for Harry Gant. Here at Dover Downs, Ken Schrader is in victory lane, having won the Budweiser 500. Of course, his victory qualifies him for induction to the Gatorade Circle of Champions, and our congratulations to him. Barney mentioned that Dale Earnhardt won the True Value Hard Charger Award. He's also taken home top honors in the Tyson Lickety Split Award today, turning in the fastest lap among the eligible drivers in today's running of the Budweiser 500. It's time now for the MRN crew to vote the Peak Antifreeze Cool Move of the Race Award with $500 on the line from the folks at Peak. Let's open it up with Joe Moore out there on the back straightaway. Joseph? Eli saw a real good move pulled by Chad Little here on the back straightaway as J.D. McDuffie spun early in the race this afternoon. I'll pull a, a vote for Chad Little. Dick Brooks? Well, it's hard to see anything from over where we are, that type of, uh, you know, whatever. Anyway, I, I got I guess I see Dale Earnhardt. I, I hate to do that because they always get all the awards, but twice he got busted. He did pretty hard. Uh, once with the six car of Mark Martin and another time with uh, Harry Gant coming off the fourth turn, and he kept it together. So I don't know. I got to go that way. Jim Phillips. Well, even though he crashed, Derek Cope uh, made a couple of good moves before he did coming off uh, the number four turn there. He had it sideways and corrected it without losing it. Derek Cope gets my vote. 
Gary Montgomery? Well, I'm going to go with the guy that we hardly talked about all day long, and that was Joe Rutman. When Jimmy Spencer was crossed up and about to hit the wall, Jimmy said it took him forever to get up there. Well, while he was sliding across the track, Rutman took a great move. He was on the brakes big time, and the car got crossed up in both directions. He saved it, didn't hit anybody or anything, and he continued on his way. So I'll go with Joe Rutman. I had the same thing written down, but I had Joe Rutman and uh, Bobby Hamilton in that incident, but uh, the way Gary described it, and I must admit I didn't have uh, total attention on the incident, I'll uh, nominate Joe Rutman as well. Well, it's a good move for Rutman down there, so why don't we cast another vote in that direction? All right, so Joe Rutman will be awarded $500 as the winner of the Peak Antifreeze Cool Move of the Race Award, and we have now got uh, the final rundown in our hands. Take a look at them. Kenny Schrader will be the winner. Unofficially, Earnhardt will finish second. Harry Gant third. Ernie Irvin finishes fourth. Mark Martin fifth. Hut Strickland sixth. Darrell Waltrip seventh. Morgan Shepard will finish eighth. Ninth goes to Rusty Wallace. Ricky Rudd rounds out the top ten. Bobby Hamilton is eleventh. Joe Rutman will finish twelfth. Bill Elliott thirteenth. Alan Kulwicki fourteenth. Fifteenth position will go to Sterling Marlin. Davy Allison finishes sixteenth. Seventeenth to Richard Petty. Eighteenth to Ted Musgrave. Finishing nineteenth, Bobby Hillen in the Jimmy Means car. And Rick Mass will round out the top 20. 21st will be Tommy Ellis. More, uh, 20, uh, finishing in 22nd spot was Lake Speed. Do you ever have that happen to you? Only it once does a day. does right here. Dave Marcus finishes 23rd. 24th will be Terry Labonte. Rick Wilson, 25th. 26th will be Kenny Wallace. 27th spot today goes to Derek Cope. 28th will be Jimmy Spencer. Finishing in 29th position, Chad Little. 30th will go to Mickey Gibbs. J.D. McDuffie finishes 31st. Michael Waltrip takes home 32nd place honors today. 33rd goes to Brett Bodine. 34th spot will be Bobby Labonte. And first out of the race today, finishing in 35th, will be Dale Jarrett. That's the running order here at Dover Downs International Speedway. Next weekend, the Northern California beauty at Sears Point Raceway. It's a gorgeous area of the country, and we'll be on the air at 2.45 Eastern Time. And we'll have the Bush Pole Show out there Friday at uh, 10 minutes past 5 Eastern Time also. So we hope you'll tune us in out there next weekend from California. That road course is always a pretty good race, and we'll have all the action for you right here on MRN. Of course, throughout this week, we'll have uh, NASCAR Today each and every weekday afternoon. Alan Bestwick hosts that program, and I'll be with you Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock Eastern time with our next edition of NASCAR Live. We do want to thank those you heard on the air, Joe Moore, Dick Brooks, Jim Phillips, and Gary Montgomery for their fine jobs. Up on the scoring loop today, the pride of Halifax, Nova Scotia, Joan Rue joining us alongside Gussie Johnson. Our production assistants were Eddie LaRue and Mike Bagley, and we certainly hope you've enjoyed our coverage today from Dover Downs International Speedway. Until we talk to you next, for Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Thanks so much for joining us. So long, everybody. MRN Radio. Coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series has come to you from Dover Downs International Speedway. The executive producer of MRN Radio is John McMullen. Associate producer Alan Bestwick. Engineer Harry Howard. Affiliate relations Clay Stalker and David Hyatt. Assistant Cheryl Knight, Stephanie Ellison, Sandra Good. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. MRN's Throwback Thursday has been brought to you by Hercules Tires. Right on our strength. And by Sunoco and Grunt Style. Throwback Thursday can be found on demand at MRN.com, iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Throwback Thursday is a production of the Motor Racing Network. All rights reserved.